The pennants have been plenty since back in 1920. In 55, the Dodgers won it all. With Camille and Freddie Fitz, Dixie and Leo the Lip, the faithful love that crazy brand of Dodger ball. I'm talking baseball. Gil Hodges, Campanella, Dodgers baseball. Zach and Cuccinello, Pistol Pete and Robbie and Big Nuke. Junior Pete. And the Duke talking baseball forever, Dodger Blue. Well, Austin's guys devoured him, speed and pitching powered him in the Coliseum and in Chavez Ravine. Willie Davis, Norm Locker, Roseboro, Singer Parker. Don't forget Mike Marshall and Claude Osteen. I'm talking baseball. Tommy D and Sandy Dodgers baseball. Drysdale was a dandy. Maury, Sherry, Howard, Wally Moon. Padres, Paranowski, and Sweet Lou. I'm talking baseball. Forever Dodger Blue. When you're talking Dodgers baseball, Red Barber and Davey Lopes. Kirk Fernando, Donnie Sutton, Oral hardly giving up a run, and in '88 they won. Each year's a new beginning, and the Dodgers plan on winning. October baseball suits them best of all. Jason Schmidt and Derek Lowe, Carrada's set to go. Joe Torre's arrived and LA's alive, so let's play ball. I'm talking baseball for Cal and Russell Martin. Dodgers baseball. Kemp and Loney, they're just starting. Chad Pierre and Andrew coming through. Kent and Brad and Sido, Andy too. Talking baseball forever, Dodger blue. We're talking baseball Forever Dodger Blue Sandy, Pee-Wee, Robbie Talking That's Talking Baseball by Terry Cashman from 2008, in case you think the song's a bit dated. It's been nine years. The only name from that 2008 team that they name-checked at the end, he actually wasn't even mentioned in the song, I don't think, it was Andre Ethier. You want to create oh. a stunning website. Oh, I play this from YouTube, and it just it just bounces right into the ad there. just doesn't give me a chance to turn it off. Anyway, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the World Series edition. Not the World Series of Poker, but just the World Series Tonight was Game 7 of the World Series of Baseball, Dodgers versus Astros in Dodger Stadium. I attended Game 6 last night, my first World Series game I ever attended. That went well. Tonight did not go so well, and the Houston Astros are the 2017 World, Se- World Series champions. So that's that's not what I wanted to announce tonight, but that is what happened, and that's why this radio show is starting uh, again 
well after 9 o'clock Pacific because the game ended around uh, 9 o'clock Pacific and then I had to get ready. So I'll talk a bit about that tonight as well as the World Series game I attended and how that came to be. Uh, we probably won't have Calwatt tonight because it is nearly 1 a.m. where he is. I'm hoping we can get back to an earlier schedule by the time we do our next show two weeks from now. If you're not playing the free roll yet, you have 10 minutes, actually 11 minutes to get in there. It started at 9.30 p.m. Pacific time. It's a $65 free roll at 9.55 is the cutoff because there's 25 minutes of late registration on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find near the top of the screen. To find out if you're eligible for the $65 free dollars, go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll for the rules. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll, all lowercase, exactly as it sounds. The $65 this week was given by two people. 50 of those dollars was provided by our sponsor, Eric Benzamokin. And $15 was given by V12CL. So thank you to the two of you. Poker Fraud Alert has given away more money in its cash free rolls than any other poker podcast or radio show in the world. Look it up. We've given away a lot of money. It all adds up. It's not a lot each week, but it adds up. We've been on for five and a half years, and every week we have a free roll of $50 minimum. Once in a while we don't have the free roll, but uh, just about every week we do, as long as we're on the air. So thank you to all the very generous people who have donated to this free roll. And, of course, thank you to our sponsor, Eric Benzamokin, who's also helping to pay for this site. So less money comes out of my Jewish wallet to have to pay for this site, which does run at a loss. People like to joke about that on the forum, but it really does run at a loss. If you want to call in tonight, the phone number is 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355. Right when this intro is over, we'll probably have a call in from One Step who wants to give an update about something important. But 775-372-8355, that's our main phone number. You can also call the Mount Charleston line, which is our alternate phone number. Mount Charleston is a mountain near Las Vegas. It's about 45 minutes away by car. It gets snow in the winter, which is not too far away anymore. We're in November. That number is 702-430-1808. It's an old 70s rotary phone sitting in a cabin I have there. 702-430-1808. Forward to me wherever I go. 702-430-1808 is the Mount Charleston line. If you want to text the show, you can do so anytime before, after, or during the radio show. I will respond to you. The phone number is 775-372-8355, the same as our main call-in number. 775-372-8355. Text me there anytime. I may read your text on the air unless you ask me at the beginning of the text not to do so. We have what's known as the call to listen line that allows you to listen to the show from any phone in the world which can dial the United States. It does not require a smartphone, does not require a computer, does not require the internet or a data plan. And if you have a data plan, it will not use up any of your data. It's just a regular phone call. Any phone in the world that can dial, you can call the call to listen line and listen to the show. It's not a way to call into the show to speak to us, but it is a way to listen. That phone number is 712-775-8162, 712-775-8162. When we are not live on the air, the call to listen line plays reruns. It plays reruns of 
one of our more than 250 shows we have in our library that we've been doing since early 2012. It'll pick one at random, run it through in full, and then pick another one at random and just repeatedly do that until we come back live on the air again. In fact, this will be running nonstop for two weeks because we won't be back on until November 15th. And that's the next announcement I wanted to make is that we will not be on next week. So the week of November 8th, we will not be on. But we will come back the following week on November 15th. And I believe we will be on every week through the, through the end of the year. I, think, uh, I don't think we'll be taking any more weeks off, including Thanksgiving. We should have a show that week, too. So if you don't like it when we have our weeks off, I know there's some people who just get upset, who feel like there's something missing in their life when this show doesn't go. They look forward to this show. They feel like withdrawal symptoms if this show does not put out a new episode. But that will only happen next week. I think for the remainder of 2017, we should have a weekly show, even during the holidays. Can't be 100% sure, but that's what I think will happen. Of course, if I get sick or something else comes up, that uh, may change, especially because I'm, uh, I'm not getting a lot of money for doing this show. Though I, I'm, get, I'm getting a little bit of money now that we have a sponsor. Not making money, but I'm getting some money. So, let's see. Uh, do you have anything else besides the agenda? I think I've covered it all. You can go in the chat room. Not a lot of people there right now, but you can go and chat if you're listening live and chat with the other listeners. I don't read it very much during the show, but uh, the other listeners will interact with you, and I will check it every so often. Uh, Bad Guy 23 I guess he, uh, you know, he promised $200 for this free roll. It didn't happen, but I think it still may happen. I think he was like doubling it and betting on the Astros tonight. So I guess if there is one good thing that came out of the Astros winning, uh, I think bad guy may donate $400. I, I didn't completely understand what he was saying, but I'm going to ask him about it again. We'll, we'll get on bad guy. I, I do expect he, he will donate, though. For all of bad guy's faults, uh, he, he does seem to keep his word regarding things having to do with this show. So... I don't think he would have promised that and then uh, stiff us. But this week, it's $65 from Eric Benzmokin and V12CL because I have not received any money from Bad Guy yet. So if you were here to play the $200 free roll, then you'll be disappointed. But the good thing is we, we have kind of a smaller audience tonight because of starting late because of the World Series. So it's probably better that we have this two weeks from now on November 15th. Okay, so we're going to do the agenda tonight. Now, I don't know if one steps around... I don't see him in chat, but uh, if he calls, then he can do his announcement. He has uh, a very important announcement that he wants to make to everybody. So if he calls in, I will take his call immediately, and we will put him on here. I will talk about the first World Series game that I ever attended in my life, and that was yesterday. Halloween night, I attended the World Series. So I'll tell you about that, what led to that occurring how that was kind of a surprise even to me. I didn't think I would be going to a World Series game this year, even though I wanted to. And how the whole thing went, where I sat, and also why I wanted to go so badly and why it was meaningful for me to go. The big story this week related to poker has to do with poker news. In January 2016, Poker Fraud Alert published a report that Poker News was actually owned by PokerStars, by Amaya, the owner of PokerStars, that they owned Poker News. And that was never disclosed anywhere. So I published that 
I tweeted out the thread on Poker Fraud Alert, and it, it didn't get that much uh, play. But Poker News employees were aware of it, and they asked their management, apparently, if that was true. And they were told, no, it's not true. And the story kind of died there. I still believed it, but that's what they were told. Well, guess what? Poker News has announced just a few days ago that, yes, they have been owned by Amaya for quite some time. Hmm. Apparently, they lied to their employees. Not good. A collusion ring has been busted at Party Poker. I'll tell you a bit about that. Jow Poker is having some dissension within the ranks. I'm not going to name any names right now, but there's there's some former big advocates of Jow Poker who are getting very frustrated with them. And you might be seeing a civil war sometime soon, or at least some people speaking out against it that used to be very, very much in their corner. So I'll talk a bit about that, and uh, I think in two weeks we'll have a lot more detailed story on that situation, and maybe even an interview. Ace Play, which is affiliated with the Stratosphere in Las Vegas, it's a free money poker site in Nevada that will be closing. So we'll talk about Ace Play and its history to where it was actually tied to a possible real money site in Nevada that never got going. Speaking of real money online poker play, I'm going to give you a tip regarding getting your money back from Bovada or Ignition if you experience a disconnect or a crash that basically auto-folds your hand because you're no longer at the table. You probably just chalk that up to the way online poker is, and while it's frustrating, you just figure it evens out in the long run because other people disconnect against you sometimes. And in fact, sometimes that happens when you have the worst hand and you end up winning. So you just figure, okay, sucks, but you know I'll get it back at some point when someone disconnects against me. Well, that may be true, but uh, there's a way to get the money back sometimes when that occurs, and you may be overlooking it. So I'll give you a tip on how to do that. The Pennsylvania governor signed their gaming bill authorizing online gaming in that state. Question Is New York next? Why am I saying New York? I'll tell you when we get to that segment. Doug Polk received an award from YouTube called the Silver Play Button. It's actually a physical award. He sent out a picture of himself uh, sitting next to it. I didn't even know that button or that, that award exists, but it does. So I'll tell you a bit about that. If you are a Las Vegas local or any Nevada resident and you've enjoyed getting free parking at Caesars Properties in Vegas despite not having a platinum or above card at Total Rewards, that is over. You're going to start getting charged. I will tell you about that when we get to that segment. Finally, I will give you my thoughts about the 2017 World Series. There's been several games played since last week, and obviously the whole thing's over. The Astros have won, but I'm going to give you my thoughts. I watched all seven games. I saw one game in person. I won't go into all of that stuff during the first segment where I just talk about going to the game. Uh, I'll save the baseball talk as far as the World Series itself and yeah, baseball strategy talk and all that type of stuff that wouldn't appeal to those of you who are not baseball fans. I'll save that to the end of the show. Uh, the first segment I'm doing is more of just a, a personal story that you don't have to like or appreciate baseball to uh, 
follow with. So that is our agenda this evening. Again, you can call in uh, one step. If you're listening, you can call in. 775-FRAUD55, 775-372-8355. Here we go. Right on time. One step. Hello. What's up? So, one step. You said you have an announcement for the fine listeners of this radio show. Now, uh, so go ahead and introduce what you're talking about. So you don't just, you know, a lot of people don't know what you're going to talk about here. So give it an, would you like me to explain it or do you want to explain it? Yeah. Well, have you read the thread? I, I've read uh, parts of the thread. I, I I know what it's about, but uh, I haven't seen. I have not okay. seen who won yet. He who's running a contest. But do do you want me to explain it, or do you want to explain it? Sure. I, if you, uh, it seems like you have joy in explaining things. So okay. you go ahead and do so. Okay, I'm going to have great joy in explaining this one. Uh, this is a contest, <laughs> a, a real contest. One step was running, and this is this is serious. This is not just a joke. Guess one step's urine amount. And win fifty dollars. <laughs> that's, that's a real contest that uh, took place on Poker Fraud Alert. I, I I don't see a contest like that taking place on Two Plus Two. I don't think they would have a, a guess how much urine is in the bottle contest. What, why is there noise in the background? What what, what are you doing? <laughs> I apologize for that. Can you put mute, mute or something so I can explain? I'm trying to explain your own contest here. Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. I'm still hearing noise. Just just put muted or something. Okay. So th- okay. this is what one step wrote. To celebrate the near completion of my total bathroom renovation and savings of close to $1,700, although uh, I have put together this contest. Because I had no toilet or shower for 17 days, I had to shower, urinate, and defecate at the gym two blocks away. This was a huge pain because I usually would need to go in the morning, and that meant going outside, etc., I urinate a few times a day, so there was no way I was making that trip every time. Thus, I decided to urinate in bottles and throw them, throw them out all in one shot after construction was done. Here's a portion of the, of the urine that was stored. So, yeah, so basically his bathroom was, oh, not, fun- yeah, his, his, his bathroom was not functional, and it, it was, he decided he didn't feel like extending the effort to going to uh, the bathroom at the gym two blocks away. So if he just had had to piss, he would just say, I'm just, I'm just going to start going in bottles. And in fact, he didn't even want to expend the effort to dump each bottle. So he would just collect the bottles and dump them all at once. I don't know why this is so tough to throw away bottles. Doesn't your building like have a trash chute or something? No, I, I live in a house, but you have oh. to understand that there are neighbors around. So if I'm throwing out uh, bottles of urine, it's going to be, you know, weird, first of all, and noticeable. Well, okay, so hold on, hold on. Now I've got some more questions. If you have a house, why is there only one bathroom? Well, because uh, I have rent out the other parts of my house. So there's no just general bathroom, like near the living room or something that everybody can use? It's just one bathroom per bedroom, and, and everybody else, like, they each have a bedroom, well, so you can't go it's in? Two, if it's a two-bedroom two Two-bedroom house, so there's only one bathroom. I see. Okay, uh, but I don't yeah, understand this about isn't, like, this. Isn't like yeah, okay. Okay, but here, here, I I still have to I still have to question the thing about throwing them away because you you can just put it in a plastic bag and no one will see what you're throwing away. They're not going to go open the bag and say, "Oh, look, urine." No, but that's not, but what happens if like some of the like I don't know if you, they have it in your neighborhood. I, I doubt they do, but a lot of times there are old. Uh, people, uh, particularly of the Asian persuasion, that go out and collect these bottles. So I don't need people going into my garbage and see that there are filled 
bottles of urine because they'll go for the garbage for the bottle. Well, I, you know, that, that would serve them right. They should not be opening up people's personal trash cans. It's one thing to crawl into a bin of like a Burger King or something and, and, and get uh, recyclables out, but to actually open up people's personal trash cans in front of their houses, uh, I'd be happy if they got yeah. uh, urine on their hands. That would, that would serve them right for, for invading my trash. In fact, I would get mad if, course, I saw, if, I saw someone, if I saw someone opening my trash, I would also be worried that maybe they're uh, committing identity theft because uh, you have to worry that yeah. they're going to steal things. So, so I would not feel bad for these people at all. Screw them. Let them, let them find That's the piss true. bottles. That's true. But the, the law is that once it, it's put on the curb, then it's open for anybody. So anybody can call and, and, and take what's in the garbage. Well, they can, but I, 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 they shouldn't be. Okay, so anyway, that, uh, putting that yeah, aside. So he says, you have to guess how many ounces of urine were secreted by one step during the 17 days to win. The, the close, you, you actually put one step junior. Who's one step junior? Oh, my dick. Okay, that, I shouldn't have asked. Uh, <laughs> Glad the, you asked. I thought maybe you had like a son we didn't know about, and he was pissing in there. Okay, so the, the, the closest to the exact number without going over will be the winner. This is kind of like the Price is Right rules. It should just be the closest. Who cares about going over? Okay, well, you, I guess you make the rules. It can be yeah. Anything. Okay, in case of a tie, yeah. the first post the number wins. Funds will be shipped to Druff, who will then ship them to the user. In order to win, you must have had an account as of uh, October 29, 2017. Oh, isn't this nice? So, so one step's actually making sure that he will only give the money away to real users here and not ones who just register for the contest. That's very nice. Okay. Uh, I, I, have to, I have the right to disqualify anyone for any reason. Winner will be announced during the November 1st radio show. Good luck. So, uh, so he, I'm just reading down here. Here's the various guesses of how many ounces of piss were in here. So... Uh, 451 was the first guess. Then hockey guy guessed, uh, he said, this is disgusting, but I'll guess 173 ounces. Uh, 556 from Dark Star. 1270. Yeah. One, one second. Who, how are you only pissing 173 ounces over the course of two and a half weeks? Like, what am I, like a gerbil? I, I don't, like, understand. That's, that's literally like a bottle and a half. Well, okay, listen. Or like a couple bottles. Donald Trump's hairpiece thought that you pissed uh, 1,275 ounces, so he really thought that uh, you had a lot uh, excrete. Okay, so I'm not going to read all the guesses here, but uh, what was the winning you have, number? Do you have a Dremel? Uh, I, I can get one. You should have you you told me to prepare for one. Yes. Oh, my God. You didn't tell me. I thought this was a professional operation. Well, it it is if if you get it ready. Okay. Here. Here you go. Here you go. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. One step. Did you hear it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So the, the winning post, um, well, first, so first the, the number of ounces, it was 48.6 pounds. So you translate that into ounces, it's 746. Wow. Which means that the winner is A Hoosier A with 667 uh, ounces as their guess. And, and, who, and who is the so closest? Congratulations. Okay, hold on. Who is the closest, though, who was over? Was there someone who was closer that was over? Uh, closer? No, I don't think so. Okay, so 667, he said the answer is 746. So that was the closest one by 846, Hoosier. yes, that, that was the closest one. <laughs> um, you have to – I forgot your, your, your PayPal thing, so PM me your, your thing, and then uh, I'll, I'll ship you the funds. And, you know, I feel like this is the first time I've actually uh, given money away yeah, on the site right. in, you know, how many years. So I think it's, you know, it's nice that I'm actually giving back and, uh, you know, 
and 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 you know, hopefully uh, there'll be more good fortune coming my way from PFA. Okay, well, well, okay. Th- thank you very much, One Step, and I'd like to uh, give the congratulations to A Hoosier A for the winner of the guest One Step's urine contest. That's a uh, 667 ounces was the guess, and One Step had urinated 746 ounces. And I'll tell you, A Hoosier A, this is a man who must know his piss. So congratulations to him. $50 richer thanks to this, and I will send this to him. And now, of course, One Step has to tie this whole thing in. I, I appreciate, by the way, that you held this contest and gave away some money. But he, of course, has to tie this in to hopefully benefiting from this in the future, that people donate to him more than $50. So he's the, are you thinking this is like a positive EV move for you to give this away? I, I couldn't get. I couldn't catch your your last. Um, are, are you saying that this is like positive it. expectation that you gave this away, uh, thinking you'll get more donations to you in the future? No, it's just you know, uh, who knows what what 2018 will, will bring? You know okay. what I mean? Okay, good karma. Okay, so I'm going to throw a caller on here. He wants to probably talk to you. Caller, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, yeah, I can't hear this guy. I don't know what he's doing. I, I, I'm. I don't know if that was a TV. I couldn't understand it. Okay, so I, I let's, let's wait till he calls back again. I think I know who that was. Okay, let's throw him back on. Caller, go ahead. Yeah, I was just wondering if one step made it ounces, or did he translate uh, oh, oh, translate it translate it into fluid ounces? Oh, you're saying fluid ounces. Yeah, yeah, fluid ounces. I thought that was pretty clear if it's fluid ounces. I, I, yeah, technically it should yeah, have been stated fluid, fluid ounces. ounces, but yeah, I, I guess it could have been ounces weight wise. You know, someone could have challenged you on this. Someone could have said that they uh, that they were closest in, by weight. I, I'm not sure how much urine weighs, right. but it's probably close to what water weighs, and uh, they could have uh, they could have figured out how much uh, how many fluid ounces of urine how that translates to ounces by weight, and then said that they're yeah no I, I i actually i checked that before beforehand because uh i was actually curious myself if, if it was actually the right number <laughs> ironically enough though uh kilgore trout who uh chose 666 as the number for some reason ironically has she chosen 668 instead of 667 uh which is the winner uh, she would have won. Well, let me t- let me tell you the reason I don't like the over thing. And, and they, they sh- this is, I always noticed this is a problem. The Price is Right when I was a kid and I watched it all the time. Um, all you have to do to screw someone is guess one above what they guessed, and then they have like no chance. They have almost no chance at that point if it, if they can't go over. Mm-hmm. So so once uh, A Hoosier A once he guessed six sixty seven. I'm not sure if he guessed before or after Kilgore Trout, but that. Uh, her six sixty six had no chance to win. That was before, unless, oh, oh, yeah. So wait, he guessed it before, and then she guessed six sixty six. She must have not paid attention. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's the that's the worst guess to make. At that do you point. know why? Do you do you know why? You, do you know why that person was not paying attention? Uh, she's a woman. Okay. Okay. Well, hey, Jeff. Sorry about the Dodgers. Have a good show. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right, so one step. Uh, so thank, yes, I, I got. A, I got a question. I got a question, yeah. Jeff. Um, how old is Benjamin? Benjamin's seven. Oh, okay. Are you planning on having a, a bar mitzvah? Yeah. Uh, I mean, like not an American bar mitzvah, but like a, a re, like a real bar mitzvah where he reads the the mafter and all that kind of stuff. I did that. I did that in in eighty uh, five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you you had you had Israeli parents. That's different. No, no. Only one of my parents is Israeli. 
that's that's enough. enough. No, but my parents weren't religious. They they weren't like really religious, so it wasn't about that. I didn't grow up like an Orthodox home. Yeah, no, my my parents weren't religious either. But I I you know I did it the right way. Yeah, I actually agree with you though. Like I I actually attended some bar mitzvahs where. they they didn't read from the Torah and I was like you know this this is uh yeah it just kind of feels cheap you skip it that party feel... go straight to the party yeah it, it didn't feel like a real bar mitzvah to me so it just kind of felt like a thirteenth birthday party yeah. all right so uh, yeah he yeah. I, I plan on it it's still six years away but uh, you know six years can pass and fast it'll come quicker well yeah six yeah. years is poker fraud alert has almost been up for six years in March it'll be I six wonder what will happen first. Uh, either the Dodgers make it back to the World Series or Benjamin gets uh, Bar Mitzvah. I I think the Dodgers could easily make it back next year. Uh, nothing's guaranteed, but it's not like it's not like they're going to you know blow up the whole team. It's not like there's some team that's going to break out and uh, destroy them. There's a lot of ways that they could not make it back, but they they'll definitely be the favorite to win the National League West next year. So, and then from there, anything it's true. can happen. So, true. oh, and it just just in case. Um, you change your mind in, in the new year. I, I'm still open to receiving those uh, hotel comps. Um, uh, if you could provide those, well, I, those, I'm, those I'm glad for you, me in, in March. I'm glad you brought year. that up because I'm actually going to take a step, a page out of One Step's book. I almost forgot this again. I thank you for reminding me. I'm going to take a step out of your book, a step out of your book, a page out of your book. And I'm going to also beg for hotel comps. I really, I'm going to beg for my own hotel comps. <laughs> when the segment, I'm not, I'm not kidding. Listen, listen after I hang up here, I'm going to beg for hotel comps. So uh, th- thank you, One Step, for the $50, and please send it to me, and I'll send it over to hey- A. Hoosier A, and congratulations to him. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, PM me uh, info, info, and I'll send it over. All right. Thank you. Good night. All right. Bye. That was One Step for, for once giving rather than taking. Can't believe it. So s- since he reminded me, uh, I'm going to Vegas for New Year's, as I often do. And as often is the case, I have one comp room there. And if you are familiar with Vegas at New Year's, it is very, very expensive to get rooms. Uh, I need two rooms. So I've, I've had certain people in the past assist me with this. And I, and I can't get a second comp room. I just uh, I don't qualify for it. So if you are going to be in Vegas on New Year's and if you can get a comp room, either if you don't need the room or if you get two rooms and you stay in one and give me the other, uh, I would very much appreciate it. I will even buy the room from you, not for anywhere near the prices that uh, Vegas is charging. Otherwise, I would just get it myself. But uh, I, you know, I can pay you something for it. Or uh, we could even work out a deal for a World Series of Poker pieces of my play in 2018. Uh, Again, I'm not going to give you the amount that it's worth on the open market. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense. I would just go book it and pay the the retail price. But uh, I'm trying to avoid that. You guys know I'm a cheap Jew. And uh, uh, I want to bring other family members. And and I really can't. uh, I mean, I could. I could pay for it. But, you know, come on. So if you get entertainment out of this show, if you enjoy what this show brings to you, and if you happen to have the ability to get a second comp room and you're going to be there anyway, if you're not going to be there, you probably can't help because uh, typically you have to check it in and physically be there. You can't just transfer it to me. So I get that question all the time. Oh, can you call me a room in Vegas? I said, no. I, because when I'm there, I, I need 
to use the room myself. And then if I'm not there, then I can't check you in. So the only way I can ever give someone a room in Vegas is if I'm about to leave and I just give them like my remaining nights I don't need anymore. But I have to really trust someone to do that. Anyway, uh, obviously you can trust me. Obviously, you know, I'm not going to like run up charges on your room and, 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 if, and I'll put down my own credit card anyway. So it doesn't have to be on your credit card. Uh, but uh, of course I wouldn't screw you. And the, the people who'll be staying in this room are not at all the type who would trash it or anything like that. So, uh, I get, I will personally guarantee that nothing negative will happen. And I will personally guarantee if there are any kind of weird charges or anything else that occurs that is unexpected from the occupancy of the room of the people that I put in there, that I will personally take care of it in whatever way needs to be done that it will not be on you to fix. I will not leave you with a mess to figure out how to solve. I will take care of it no matter what, no matter how many hours it takes. So uh, that's my guarantee. There's zero risk to you, and I think you can trust at this point that uh, I would not uh, sully my reputation over something like this. So if you can help and you appre- and you, if you happen to have it and you appreciate the show, then uh, that would be very nice. So I, I guess I'm doing what One Step's doing here, is I'm, I'm begging for, for freebies. But I, I, will, I will give you something for it. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'll put it out there again. Of course, this is about two months away at this point. But uh, I would like to know so I could tell these people. I'm going to be there either way. I'm, I'm going to be in Vegas on New Year's either way. But uh, it's a matter of if I can bring other people that I like to have there with me. And, like, I like to have them there, but the prices are just insane. And it just isn't worth paying the prices for that second room unless I can get get it free or, or a lot cheaper. And I guess that's a good segue to the next segment. And that is about my attendance of a World Series game. I want to tell you guys a story about Dodger baseball and my fandom in 19... 19- 88, and before that, I went to my first baseball game. I, I think it was in 76, but my parents say it was in 78. <laughs> I think maybe it was in 77. I, I don't, I, I'm pretty sure it was in 78. I had been saying 76 all this time, but you know who remembers? I was uh, very young. I, I was uh, 4 and 76, 5 and 77, and 6 and 78. But some, sometime around there, I went to my first game. I do remember that the first game there was a complaint that I wasn't paying much attention. But then the next time, like the following year when my parents took me, I I paid a lot of attention. And I was really into it. So by 1988, I was a very big Dodgers fan. I was 16 years old. And I had a good feeling about that team. I just had a really good feeling. And I'm not going to go into a whole baseball talk. So if if you hate baseball, don't don't tune out. But... uh, they had just come off a bad year in 87. 86 was another bad year. So I, I just had a feeling in 88 they, they were going to do well. And sure enough, that team made it to the World Series, which surprised a lot of people because they had to beat the Mets, who had just destroyed them during the regular season. The Dodgers barely beat them four games to three, went on to the World Series, and then had that legendary game one home run where Kirk Gibson, who couldn't even walk, limped up to the plate and hit a home run in the ninth inning to win the game. It's one of the most memorable moments in baseball history. 
So everybody was very excited, and of course the Dodgers went on to win that series four games to one. That really deflated the A's, who were heavily favored, a great team, and they just uh, couldn't touch the Dodgers after that. And the Dodgers won four games to one, and they were the World Series champions, and everybody thought, uh, okay, I wonder how many World Series the Dodgers are going to win after that. Then they did not make the playoffs the next year. They almost made the playoffs the next year, but didn't. And then uh, this started a long period for the Dodgers, a 14-year period where they just were not good. And between uh, 89 and 02, which is a 14-season span, they made the playoffs just twice. And they lost in the first round both times. So it wasn't much to be said. Now, back in 88... When the Dodgers won the World Series, I thought to myself, oh, I wish I was there, especially after that Gibson game. They thought, wow, what if I had been there to see this? How exciting would that have been? And I was actually at some regular season games that year. Uh, my parents brought me, but I was at some regular season games. I saw a very exciting one where uh, Gibson scored from second on a wild pitch and won the game that way. So I thought, wow, that would have been really exciting. I said, if the Dodgers make the World Series when I'm an adult and I can afford to go myself, I'm going to go. Because my parents had never gone to a playoff game. They just went during the regular season. So I was 16 at the time, and I said, when I'm an adult and the Dodgers make the World Series, I'm going to go. That was in 88. I was 16. I was three inches shorter than I am today. Ronald Reagan was president. I had not even kissed a girl yet. I wasn't only a virgin, but I hadn't even kissed a girl yet. Uh, New Kids on the Block, which seems like uh, a boy band from ages ago. They didn't exist yet. Miami Vice was still on the air. Clayton Kershaw, star pitcher of the Dodgers, was an infant. He wasn't even one yet. We were a decade away for most people having a cell phone. A decade away. And two decades away for most people having a smartphone. And Corey Feldman, who's been in the news lately, he was actually still young and cute enough for the Hollywood perverts to want to molest. So that that's the way the world, the world was in 1988. In 02, when the Angels, which are the other Southern California team, when they made the World Series, I considered going just because the Dodgers just couldn't seem to get there and didn't seem like they were going to be there anytime soon. I considered going, but I, I've always disliked the Angels. The only reason I was rooting for them is because they were against the Giants, who I really hate. But I said, no, I'm not going to go to a World Series game for where I don't like either team. It's a waste of money. And besides, I want my first World Series game to be special. I want it to be the Dodgers, so I didn't go. The Dodgers then went on a run to where they were a pretty much perpetually good and competitive team. They made the playoffs in 2006, 2008, 2009, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016. So in that period of 11 years... They made the playoffs seven times, and they won the division six of those times. But none of those times, none of those seven times, they made it to the World Series. So here we are in 2017. The Dodgers had their best season, their best regular season in my lifetime. They won 104 games. Everyone in L.A. was excited about them. And I said, "Uh uh-oh. I think they're going to make the World Series this year, but I think it's going to be ridiculously expensive. I think since it's been 29 years... And since everybody was following the Dodgers' historic run of winning like 52 out of 62 games that they played at one point, they were just destroying everyone. And 
I just had a feeling that it was going to be so expensive that I was going to have a hard time bringing myself to go. So there was an an inner battle going on in my brain. Because the Dodgers fan in me really wanted to go to this World Series. But the Jew in me said, Oi! Thousands of dollars! Thousands of dollars for a World Series game! Oi! How could I spend such money? What do I have in my hands when the game is over? I have nothing, this is what I have. The game is over, and I leave, and my my pockets and my hands are empty. It really was a battle going on in my head. And I kept going back and forth. Oh, I should just spend the money and attend, I thought. I can afford this, I thought. But then I said, let's be rational about this. The seats that I want to sit in are going for like $2,000 or more. And I'm not talking about like the best seats in the park. Like anything that I find good enough to have a decent view of the game to where it's better than staying at home. So here's the problem is that I don't like going to baseball games where you can't see the action very well. I mean, yeah, you have the same experience with the crowd and with uh, the excitement, but it's not the same when you just can't really see the action very well. And that's why the games I go to, I tend to buy very good seats and I spend the money. But I'm very good at working StubHub normally to get like an excellent value deal where I, yes, I pay more than the people sitting in nosebleeds, but like the value I'm getting for the seat I'm sitting in versus the people who are paying for the lesser seats, I'm often paying less than the people sitting in seats that are considerably worse. And even the ones in the nosebleeds are not paying, uh, I'm still getting better value than they are because they're sitting in horrible seats and and I'm only paying like a few times more than they are, and I'm getting like great seats. So I'm very good at working StubHub, but I knew for the World Series that was not going to work very well because there's just such demand for it after all these years that I can't just wait for the right time to buy. There really is no good time to buy. Sure enough, for Game 1 and Game 2, both of which were at Dodger Stadium, it was $800 minimum, meaning the very worst seats in the park were $800 on StubHub and all other uh, ticket outlets. And any seat that I would deem acceptable was a minimum of 2000 and often approaching 3000 or even exceeding 3000 These types of seats I wanted to sit in would be first two levels, meaning field or loge, between first and third base, first eight rows of either level, and not right behind the foul screen if it's the field level. The loge level, okay, because you're kind of above it, but... Uh, Field level, no. I don't want like a fence in my face. So that's, that's pretty specific requirements. And I found that those seats really were uh, like 2,000, 2,500, 3,000, 3,500. It was just insane. And I could not bring myself to pay it. So game one passed by. I did not go. Game two passed by. I did not go. And I was watching. I was watching StubHub. It just never went down. Games 3, 4, and 5 were in Houston. It wasn't even guaranteed the Dodgers would return. If they lost all three in Houston, then they would have been out, and that would have been that. But they only lost two out of three, so they came back to L.A. down three games to two, having to win them both in order to win the World Series. Well, Game 5 of the World Series, 
the Dodgers were ahead 4 nothing at one point. And it was a crazy game. And I'll talk about that later in the show. But it was a crazy game. And the Dodgers ended up losing 13-12 to in the 10th inning. Well, while the Dodgers were ahead, or even just while the game was going, the prices for Game 6 were higher than ever. They were higher than Games 1 and 2. You couldn't get a seat in the stadium for less than $1,300 for the nosebleeds. But when the game was over and the Dodgers lost, they could no longer clinch the World Series. They could no longer be the world champion in Game 6. At Game 6, the best they could do was survive to Game 7. And people were just demoralized in general. So the prices fell like 30% the second the game was over. <laughs> and then they just kept going down. And they were slowly on a march downward. So I was watching real closely for Game 6, going, hmm, if there's one silver lining here, it's that I might be able to go to Game 6. But it still wasn't quite there. It still wasn't quite cheap enough for me to go. Now, I knew taking my son was out of the question. It was Halloween, and there's no way he was going to want to miss trick-or-treating. But I was thinking if it, I'll just look for a seat for myself, go by myself. And uh, that also takes down the whole cost for me because I'm only buying one ticket. But it still didn't quite get low enough. But I noticed the day of the game yesterday, starting about 10 a.m., the prices started to really fall fast. And I said, hmm, you know what? One of these good seats I described to you that it might actually get under $1,000. And that I'll pay. I'll pay. If it goes under $1,000, i will do it. So I targeted certain seats. Now, I, I, was, I had further requirements in that I could only buy one seat. So anything that was being sold in sets of two, which were most seats there, I could not buy. Anything that was two seats, four seats, they weren't selling to one guy. So I could basically only buy seats from someone who was selling a single seat or selling three seats. People are happy to sell to a single for three seats because then they can sell to two, which is much easier to sell. So I targeted like five seats that were willing to sell one ticket that were fitting my criteria and that had the price points that I thought would uh, work for me. But they were still falling. I, I watched them still go down in price. I'm like, okay, I, I'm out of time. I've got to leave. I've got to drive to Dodger Stadium. I don't live close to Dodger Stadium, and I've got to fight L.A. traffic. So the only thing I can do is not buy anything, get in my car, and actually buy it in the car. So I, I actually broke the law. I, I had an iPad in my lap, and I was furiously refreshing StubHub as I was driving. And I was careful. I was looking at the road, but every minute or so, I'd, re I'd refresh StubHub. And I was uh, looking to see when these seats I was targeting would disappear. Because there were, there were basically five seats that I was happy to buy. So I was going to let four of them disappear and then buy the fifth one with the thought that it's constantly going down. So I might as well wait till the very last minute until all these five are gone. Because if they're all gone, then, uh, then I don't have much of a choice anymore. Then I've got to buy something I either don't want or uh, is more expensive than I wanted. So it was really these five. So I figured I'll let four go, and then I'll buy the fifth. And I figured that the, I, I'll have some time to buy the fifth without that, that getting snatched too because it was only, you know, these, these single seats don't sell very well. So it takes a while for them to sell. So I was driving, driving. Well, I waited about an hour before the game. Four of them disappeared. And the only thing left for me of those five was front row of the Loge, which is the second level, behind home plate, slightly towards first base. So the very front row. So I bought it. 
Now, you may say, oh, my God, $787. Well, it's funny. Most people that I've told this, I, I expected the reaction to be, wow, that's like, that's a lot of money. How could you have spent that on a baseball game? Instead, I got like, wow, I can't believe it was that little. <laughs> like when I tell them where the seats are, they expect I was going to tell them I spent 2000 bucks or 3000 bucks. I tell them I, sp- I spent $787. They're shocked. And indeed, I got one of the best deals of anybody in the World Series, at least in L.A. Because for $787, you could not get a seat at all anywhere in the stadium for Game 1, Game 2, or Game 7. So the only game where you could possibly get such a seat anywhere in the park was Game 6. But not only did I get a seat, I got one of the better seats in the park. I got front row of the Loge level behind home plate. This, was, this wasn't like front row Loge all the way out in the outfield. I'm talking about like right behind home plate. Section 112, front row. Go look it up on a map. In fact, I posted on my Twitter a view that I had from, from my seat. You'll see it. It's very nice. So to get a seat like that at the World Series for $787 was an extreme bargain. So then the question became, would the Dodgers win or lose? Because if they lost, they would be out and the Astros would be the champions and I'd have to see the Astros celebrating on the home field. It would be very depressing. And Sure enough, the Astros got ahead one nothing, but uh, the Dodgers took a few innings, but they came back in the sixth inning. They scored two, got ahead two to one, got another home run there from uh, Jock Peterson to make it uh, three to one. Not another home run. They got they got one home run. Oh, Cal Watt just came on. I can't believe Cal Watt came on. Maybe we'll get him here. And there he is. Yeah. So uh, maybe his dogs woke him up again. <laughs> So it was a great game. Dodgers won, and it was a very nice experience, and it was definitely worth the $787. I was very happy I did it. I drove home very happy, not just that they won and forced a Game 7, but that uh, I got to achieve my dream of going to the World Series. You could say, oh, your dream, yeah, it just requires money. But, you know, I wasn't going to spend that money. I was not going to spend 3000 and then, And for Game 7 today, that same seat was 3500 So... I would not have paid that. I wouldn't have paid two thousand. I probably wouldn't have paid fifteen hundred. A thousand, I probably would have paid, but but uh, more than that, I didn't want to. Calwat, hello. Hey, Druff, how are you? Did the dogs wake you up? No, dogs didn't wake me up. But <laughs> you know, you, you miss a couple of shows. You just get taken off the list. You know. I I, I tried. Well, I. I I mentioned this to you. I I had a uh, a difficulty. I I couldn't text you because. Uh, my phone broke. My phone just stopped working. It, oh, no. Yeah, my my phone just just uh, I mean, it didn't break. Like I didn't drop it. It just stopped working. And it's 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 an older phone, but I I've kept it not not out of cheapness, but because it's jailbroken, and right. it's an iPhone 5s, and it just uh, the funny thing is it did this two months ago, and then miraculously a day later it just started working again. And so you're still hoping that's going to happen. I have, but it's been several days now. But I just realized yeah, today on, that dream on. I, just, I, I just realized today that well, I realized first of all when it broke, I'm like, oh no, I didn't back it up after the first time when this happened. I didn't back, I didn't learn my lesson and back it up. So everything on that phone from 2017 is gone. And nice. uh, so I, I do have a backup phone from 2016, the end of, of 2016, an iPhone 5 with a, a battery that's pretty much shot. So that's what I'm using right now. But I didn't have your number in that in that phone, so I couldn't contact I just, you. I just sent it to you on Skype. Okay, that's good. So so anyway, uh, not, are we through the agenda yet? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just uh, I just <laughs> told I just told people that I uh, 
I went to the Dodgers game. I was very happy about that, and uh, yeah, they, they won. And I'll tell you guys, the Dodgers win every single time I go to a postseason game. In, in the 2010s, they've won every single time. I think I've been to eight postseason games in 2010s. Uh, they've won every single one. Even in series, they've lost, like this one. They, hey, Druff, yeah. you can have some fun with this. So ask me who's playing. <laughs> well, it's over, but who, who was playing? I know the Dodgers were playing. Yes. And um, didn't you say there was some team that you would rather have them play? Yeah. Well, actually, what did I decide I wanted? Uh, I wasn't sure which of the two. Something I to do with some Texas something? Yeah, the Houston Astros, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so today so was I, the final I, ask game. Me, ask me what the uh, what the score is, like the number of, you know, who won how many games. Yeah, who, who, who won with how many games? That's a good question. No fucking idea. <laughs> well, it was tonight. It was four games to three. The Astros won, and I went to game six yesterday. So uh, and was, I heard it was like some crazy games, though. There, there were, yes. Yesterday like wasn't so crazy. Back but, and forth shit. Yeah, yesterday wasn't so crazy. But it was a good game, and the Dodgers won, and it was my first World Series game ever. So that was – anyway, I was happy I went, and uh, – the Dodgers, they, they always win in the postseason when I go. They should give me free tickets. They would have, they would have won the World Series. But, uh, they I don't win. mind going to a baseball game, but I'd have to be sicker than Benjamin to actually watch it on TV. Like, I just couldn't do it. it it's funny. Yeah, that's uh, a lot of people say that, and I can understand it because it, you don't know this till you're there. Like, it, it's just the entire atmosphere and energy is different when you're with all the fans in the stadium compared and to beer. To when you're home, I guess there's that too. We can drink beer at home, also. But I mean, you can, but I mean, also, I think it, it may be, I don't know, like a tech or generational thing. You know, like people these days are so used to, you know, just constant stuff going on, and just sitting there watching a baseball game is just, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I, I am wondering if that, what's it going to do to future generations who are just used to constant excitement that uh, it may be hard to. Learn to appreciate baseball, which is a slower game. And so, again, people still watch soccer or football. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, so, so anyway, uh, so I, I went, and I'm, I'm happy about that. So they they should have. Uh, people were telling me I should have paid the three thousand something dollars per you know, for the seats that I had yesterday. I should have paid today for the like thirty five hundred dollar price tag, just so the Dodgers will win because they always win when I'm at the uh, the postseason. And sure enough, I didn't. You're going to pay thirty five hundred dollars for a seat. Well, I just went through that whole story about the dilemma of where I really wanted to go, but then it, the seats were just crazy. At least the the good ones that I wanted to sit in. And then yes, the the list of things that I would pay thirty five hundred dollars for is pretty small. Well, right. So I couldn't do it. So so yeah, <laughs> no. Yesterday, yesterday I paid seven hundred eighty seven dollars for for a very good seat. So that was that was about like my maximum, and I yep. I was able to get that because of a few circumstances that came together. So. Anyway, uh, even though the Dodgers ended up losing the series, uh, they, they won the game I saw, and I was happy I did it. So I'll talk more about the actual series itself when uh, – oh, that's interesting. Someone's claiming that they can get me a room in uh, – hmm, okay. Well, that, the person who just messaged me about getting me a room for New Year's, uh, the answer is yes. I'll talk to you more about this later to this person. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree to the – Yes, you're going to give them head? I just said I agree to the terms. You can use your imagination. It, it may wow. or may not involve a stairwell. The but. devil is in the details, bro. What are you doing know. for no, this? I, what are you doing for this? I, I'm, I'm agreeing. Thing? I'm agreeing to the terms, and uh, you know, it may or may not involve a stairwell and some knee pads. I I can't confirm or deny that. So okay, let me get on to the first poker topic. Uh, Calwatt, I don't know if you were. Uh, 
you started co-hosting at the you know, regularly at the end of 2016. So I don't. I know you co-hosted occasionally then. But I know you've listened for a while. Yeah. Do, do you remember the story about Poker Stars owning Poker News? Yes. Okay. I think I was on during that. Oh, I might okay, have been good. on. Okay. Yeah. So this is one of these things where there's like a, a delayed reaction to the whole thing. <laughs> so in January 2016, I put out a report on Poker Fraud Alert, January 3rd, 2016, to kick off the new year. I put out a report that said the following, and this was nowhere else on the internet. No one was discussing this. A few people were like talking about it amongst themselves who were in the know, but uh, this was not widely known and it was not reported anywhere except here. I wrote, report, Poker News was bought by Amaya slash Poker Stars around June 2015. I said, I received this information from a source. Poker, Poker News is now owned by Amaya, you know, owner of Poker Stars, who purchased it around June 2015. The purchase was never made public and they aren't intending to make it public yet. The staff at Poker News did not change as a result of this purchase. Amaya has instructed Poker News to operate as normal and has not exercised any kind of editorial control over the content on the site. And finally, Poker News' successful running, long-running affiliate business will remain untouched. Therefore, Poker News is still promoting other sites competing with PokerStars. This has not been confirmed, but the source who provided the information to me seemed pretty sure about it. And they were also reliable, by the way. I didn't put that, but they are. Developing, I put. Well... It never really developed, but uh, almost everything I wrote there turned out to be true. So I put this out. I tweeted it out. It didn't get a lot of traction. Some people raised eyebrows and some people retweeted it. It didn't really catch on anywhere else. And it did make it over to some Poker News employees who didn't know. Some people who work for Poker News did not know this, and they said, "Oh, well, that's curious. Uh, what, you know, why is Dandruff posting this? Could this possibly be true? Could we not know that Poker Stars owns the company we work for?" So, awesome. so they went to their management and they said, "Does Poker News or does Poker Stars own us? Does Poker Stars own Poker News? And if so, uh, can you give us the details?" And they said, "No, Dandruff is incorrect. Poker Stars does not own Poker News." A bald-faced lie. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it sounds like complete bullshit. Yeah. So I don't know if these people believed it, but they accepted it, and they said, all right, okay, I guess it's wrong. And for 22 months, 22 months they went on believing this. They believed what their bosses told them, and they, they just accepted that I was wrong, that it was not true. But... Here we are, 22 months later, October 30th, 2017, an article on PokerNews.com says, iBus Media, which is the owner of Poker News, management explains company's growth and confirms ownership rumors. This is what their article says. IBUS Media slash Poker News has seen strong growth over the last few years, which has led to significant increases in both revenue and headcount. We are now in a position where we want to increase the speed of that growth and therefore actively considering acquisition strategy. This is like they're like setting you up to like, OK, we're, we're, we're trying to put some positive things out there about, you know, to, to make you feel good about the company. And then we're going to drop the bomb that, uh, yeah, we're kind of also owned by PokerStars. So, so 
<laughs> then they go on to say, iBus has been has always been run as an independent business, but as a result of the new strategy, we felt it was the appropriate time to ensure there was clarity around the ownership of our business. You know, not almost two years ago when I brought this out and uh, their employees found out about it and you lied to them. Tony G. Antones Guaga, is his real name, founded iBus Media as Poker News almost 15 years ago. However, since 2010, he has steadily sold his equity in stages to the Stars Group, who currently own a large majority of the business, which Tony has now exited. So Tony G is not part of Poker News, but Poker Stars owns the majority. Mm, A large majority, not just a 51% majority. IBUS Media has always maintained an arm's-length relationship with the Stars Group, and therefore there will be no change in the way business is managed moving forward. To put the commercial relationship into context, PokerStars and its associated brands currently represent less than 5% of iBus's affiliate revenues. Well, okay, but that doesn't mean anything. That just has to do with affiliate revenues. That's not, that doesn't really address the bigger concern here that uh, iBus Media, a.k.a. Poker News, has to cover poker stars and can't do so. Uh, they, they, it's kind of hard for them to cover negative stories about their owner. Oh, this is interesting, Drew. It says, iBus Media will continue its dignified policy of allowing content partners to purchase articles in our publication. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, at least that's still going on. So I'm going to say, iBus has always ma- maintained its independence and will continue to do so. Poker News will continue to be the voice of players and a promoter of online poker. Let's see. You're right. They, they are a promoter of online poker. Anyone who wants to buy an article there can and promote themselves. Uh, this is an exciting time at iBus, as opposed to 22 months ago when this was also true and I reported it. Uh, as we are growing the range and quality of the services that we offer our iGaming partner. I think they're acting like this just happened. <laughs> I reported this on January 3rd, 2016. Uh, this goes way back before then. It turned the only thing I had wrong there was the June 2015 date. It actually had begun a long time ago, you know, 2010. It, it started. It, it was completed in, in, in June 2015. So that was that was the one part I didn't have completely correct. So uh, I mean, they're acting like this just happened or just completed. Even neither of those things are true. Uh, they said. Uh, Several recent hires have brought increased depth to our management team, and we are extremely optimistic about the group's ability to continue its growth trajectory. We shall continue to work as hard as we always have to provide both players and clients with the best experience as we shall continue to grow high-value services for the iGaming sector. So some people were very upset by this because, number one, they took a very long time to disclose this, but number two... um, it was brought out that uh, the employees didn't know about this. So one of Poker Fraud Alert Radio's listeners and forum posters who goes by uh, Willie McFML, he's uh, known on Twitter as at Doug Lee Poker, except it's, uh, he's not Doug Lee. He, it, was, it was originally an account, uh, like a parody account of Doug Lee, but he's kind of just become, uh, he's kind of dropped that, but he kept the Doug Lee Poker name. So... He just he he posted a gift back to them with Trump saying you are fake news. So they responded to that, and they said the poker news staff was unaware of this until Monday morning. So then someone else asked, "Really?" And they said back, "It's true. 
had a company-wide call from the CEO giving us the brief about 11 a.m. Eastern Time Monday. No one on the Poker News team knew. So they're insisting that nobody on the Poker News team, aside maybe from the upper management, knew that Poker Stars owned a large majority of the company. I, I could definitely believe that. Yeah, I can too. So that's <laughs> so that's that's pretty amazing, and I, I would be upset about this, especially because it already came out. It's, it's it's one thing if they just didn't disclose it, but it came out in January on the site, and they asked about it, and then they uh, they were told a lie. And they, this is the type of thing if 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 the story gets out, and your employees come and ask you, okay, uh, does Poker News really own us? At that point, you have to say, yeah. You shouldn't, you shouldn't lie to the employees. You should just say yes, but we're not going to let them influence our, our content and uh, just go on working as normal. That's, that's what the answer should have been, not uh, no, he's wrong. And so Lance Bradley, who uh, – does he, does he still work at Bluff? He used to be the, the editor-in-chief at Bluff. I don't know if he still is. Um, no, now, he, now he's the president and editor-in-chief of Pocket Fives. So, what I was going to say, is Bluff even still a thing? No, no, I forgot. It's gone. I, I just, yeah, I forgot for a second. Yeah, so Bluff is gone. He, he's now worked at Pocket Fives, but uh, uh, same position, pretty much. He says, not at all surprised by this news. Wonder why the sudden need for, quote, transparency after telling employees for years the rumors were BS. That's what I was going to say to you, Drew. Why now? And uh, so nobody really knows why now. <laughs> so that's, it's a good question, but nobody knows. I mean, if if it wasn't uh, poker stars that owned them, I would say that the reason is that they're looking for investment. I mean, that's when you do these uh, press releases about transparency and growth tra- trajectory and all that kind of crap. Yeah. I- um, but I don't see them needing investment if, if Stars' this group is the one that owns them. You know? I don't think so. I, I think if I had to guess, if someone said give your best guess, I would say that maybe enough information got out to certain people to the, where they were thinking it's inevitable that people are going to ask questions again. Like maybe maybe someone got some reliable info and was going to was, was confronting them again, and they're like, we've got to just admit this now because it's, it's uh, uh, we can't keep denying this anymore. Something like that. I, I, there must have been something. They, they didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what, 22 months later after Poker Fraudler puts us out here and, and, and our employees ask us about it, let's, uh, let's put this out here now. It's, it's a good time to reveal for no reason. I, I don't believe that. I, something must have happened. Nobody knows exactly what. I, I agree with you that it sounds like you – know, it, it would normally sound like something investment-related, but yeah, that's, that seems unlikely given who owns them. So weird. Now – Haley Hintz had an interesting perspective on this that uh, I, I thought was interesting. She said that uh, she had an interesting perspective on it that you thought was interesting. Yes. Yes. All right. That's very that's very interesting. <laughs> so th- there there was a story in in September 2014 that that Poker News ignored. And that people at the time thought was curious why they were ignoring it, which makes people a little concerned that they really have any kind of neutrality. In September 2014, it was only four months after they had uh, Amaya had acquired PokerStars. <clears throat> and what they did was they terminated a bunch of deals they had with their affiliates 
related to revenue from longtime players on there. So the way it worked for a lot of affiliates is if you had a player that signed up through your ad, if you're an affiliate and you have an ad and the player clicks through and signs up on stars and starts playing, that you get a piece of their rake for eternity. Some of the affiliates had that type of deal. Some of them had a deal where they were paid immediately, just paid a one-time cash fee you know, for, for acquiring a, pl- a real money player. And then no matter how much that player plays in the future, they don't get anything, you know, they don't get anything more, nor do they lose what they were paid. So if, it's good getting the lump sum if you're getting a lot of players who kind of just join, play a little bit, and quit. If you have a lot of like grinders, then you'd rather have the other side where you're getting a piece of their rate because that could add up to a lot over time. So some of the affiliates, especially ones that have been around for a long time, had some grinders who just raked an insane amount, and they were making a lot of money each month off these people play, even though these people may have signed up 10 years ago. So Poker Stars had honored this, and some affiliates were making a lot of money this way off of things they did 10, 10 years prior. Amaya said, uh-uh, we're, we're, we're tired of this. You, you guys don't deserve anymore. You've gotten enough. And they just, they said, sorry, we're, we're a new owner. Uh, we're not obligated to keep, uh, to keep this. You know, they, they had, uh, you know, there's some kind of legal language in the affiliate agreements that they, they can change it at any time. So they were able to legally terminate those deals and just said, F you guys, you know, you'll get money for new players you sign up, but uh, you're, you're not, Going to continue. You're not going to get the continuous piece of the rake that you've gotten for all these years for these active players. That's just, that's just done. Okay, so that happened in September 2014. A lot of affiliates were very angry about this. They they felt that uh, they had an agreement, and that a new owner of Stars has to honor those agreements. They can't just say it's not cost effective anymore. They're just even if legally they can do it, it wasn't ethical. So there was a lot of anger about this, and there was not one article on poker news about it articles <laughs> a lot of other places but poker news did not mention it even once so i don't know now what's interesting there is you think about well how does that happen if, if the employees don't know that they're owned by poker stars how is there never an article so there's there's a few ways this could have happened one they could have just missed it uh two it could have just you know, it could have just happened to have been decided as not newsworthy because it's only about affiliates and they don't really feel like talking about that. Uh, or, or maybe because they were an affiliate themselves, they didn't want to piss off stars. That could have been it. Uh, uh, that, I, <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm going yeah. for. Uh, but that, they're, that they don't want to badmouth any of their sponsors or affiliates. Yeah. I mean, they're just not going to do it. So they, they did not cover it. And, uh, and now that it's come out that stars actually own them at that time or I don't know how much had been transferred over but most of it most of most of it probably had been if it started in 2010 and it uh, it ended in in 2015 in June 2015 then by September 2014 I bet stars probably had the majority by then they probably at least had 51% by then I don't know what percentage they have now but it was described in that release as a large majority so I have to think that six months or sorry, nine months before the transfer was over, they must have had at least uh, some kind of majority. Uh, there was also the complaint that um, that uh, this also hurt other affiliates. The, the, the whole thing that was done there. Uh, just hurt affiliates, and a lot of affiliates kind of uh, started to fall off once they didn't have that revenue anymore, that that was a big portion of their, their income, and once they didn't have that anymore, 
they were pretty much making peanuts and decided to get out of the business. And that uh, this also helped Poker, Poker News' affiliate business because that allowed them to become more prominent. So there was that uh, that complaint there. that uh, and, and also that... Uh, uh, Poker News, that was, uh, since they were owned by Amaya, another problem was that uh, Poker News actually had affiliates of other sites, not just Poker not just poker Stars. So you could sign up for lots of poker sites through Poker News, who would then get affiliate revenue. So people are saying, wait a minute. So Poker Stars competitors were actually paying Poker Stars to refer people there. Which, if you think about it, is kind of weird. You can say on one hand, well, yes, but but they're referring people to the competition. But you can say on the other hand, uh, this port puts more money in the pockets of their competitor. Maybe these other rooms would not want Poker Stars receiving their affiliate revenue. Maybe they they don't want to pump up uh, Poker Stars any more than they, than they already pumped up. They they don't want to give Poker Stars additional profits because they're their competition. So. Maybe they would not have let PokerStars be an affiliate, these other rooms, if they knew PokerStars owned it. So there's some people who are criticizing that. Now, Amaya is actually a publicly owned entity. So technically this could be some sort of antitrust violation. It it probably won't be... uh, Attacked that way, it probably won't. Uh, they probably won't ever face any kind of uh, consequences. But uh, you know, that's, that's a that's a possibility. But I, I don't think much will come of this. I think it's one of these things where people are raising their eyebrows, but not much more. But it is interesting that they came out after all this time. And the lesson here is that if you read something on Poker Fraud Alert like this, if I if you look at my Twitter account and I tweet something out like this, I, I've tweeted out a number of these type of stories, like like something that's kind of eyebrow-raising or interesting or strange, and then it gets very little coverage elsewhere. But you, you read it and you think, wow, I that, that's a pretty big story to me. Like, that, I really thought when, when I put this out there it was going to get a lot of traction, but it just didn't. But uh, the, the, the lesson is that Things that are posted here, there's usually some reason for it. I'm not just pulling things out of my ass. Sometimes the info I get is wrong, but this one, I even asked that person who is very reliable. I said, are you sure about this? That's, <laughs> that's a pretty big thing, if true. And he said, yeah, it's true. So, so I mean, just to kind of put this into context, like how would you feel if it came out that McDonald's bought uh you know the world uh the US's largest restaurant review magazine or restaurant review website or something like that you know what i mean i mean it's just i mean it's not like the uh any of the poker media was ever you know really interested in investigative journalism or anything like that but still i mean it's kind of ridiculous it is know? and and that's that's what's disturbing about it is that this should have been disclosed at the very least. And they claim from this point forward they're going to be disclosing whenever they write about poker stars that they, they're going to disclose that they own a portion of it. And, that, and that's what all other media tends to do, where 
like you'll read a story on CNN and they, they write something about uh, Turner Broadcasting and then they'll, they'll talk about their relationship. So just for those that don't know, that so they can understand that when they're reading something that uh, it's written by, you're reading something on a news site reporting news about the company that owns them. So it's, it's very important to disclose those type of relationships or ownerships when reporting news. And Poker News did not do that all these years. They did not say, oh, Poker Stars owns us, so keep that in mind. You know, we're disclosing that here. They weren't disclosing that. And that's, uh, you can't be genuine when you're reporting news if you don't do that. So that's, that's what's a little disturbing here. And uh, by the way, this was said by uh, Poker Fraud Alert user named Oz Gary, whose name is Gary Benson. He's a poker pro from Australia. Nice guy. I've met him a number of times. In fact, he actually knocked me out of, uh, of uh, an event this year at the World Series. First, Brandon Cantu took most of my chips, and then, uh, and then uh, Gary Benson took the rest. So this is what he wrote. He said, Tony G was at the Aussie Millions. He's, he wrote this back in 2016. So I took the opportunity to ask him about this. He confirmed that he made the deal to sell poker news to the Rational Group, now Amaya, with Isai personally in the second half of 2011 for $30 million although the handover was done progressively over a period of time. So I think the Poker News article is wrong. I think this probably did begin in, in the later 2011, not 2010. Not that it matters that much, but that it was done for $30 million, but that they did it progressively. It wasn't a $30 million sum of cash handed immediately. It was that they, uh, they probably split it up over time where they just uh, there were payments, and then for every payment they got a certain percentage of the company. So... Uh, Thirty million—that's pretty good. It's pretty good to. <laughs> you have a, a, a poker news site, and so uh, I would sell Poker Fraudler for thirty million. I, I I would do that. In fact, I'd sell it for three million. If anybody wants to buy the site for three million, I'm selling. I got three dollars. Can I have it? No. Three you million. Sell for three bucks? No. No. All right. No. I'd, I'd sell for three million. Though. If anybody has three million and says, you know, I like I like Poker Fraud Alert and. Uh, I wish it was mine. How about three thousand? No, but you I thought about it. No, I, you I thought I, about no, it. No, I was thinking of making this offer, but I'm going to do it. That, that if you buy this site for three million, and you still want me to do this radio show, I'll do it. I will continue to do the radio show. I'll even do the radio show for free. <laughs> I'll throw I'll throw in the radio show for free every week. What a guy! For three million. I, I won't even charge you. And you you can run it whatever way you want. You can do whatever. You can turn it into a, a hardcore porn site. I don't care if you give me $3 million. Not 30, just three. It's, it's a great deal compared to poker news. So so I know we talked about it at the time, but what do you think uh, poker news gets out of owning this company? You know what poker stars gets out of owning this? I'm sorry. Poker poker stars gets out of owning poker news. Yeah. Um, I... I think number one, they 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 saw that it had an income stream that probably, yeah, it probably made money. So they said, oh, okay, we're, at least we're buying something that's going to generate some income. And, and number two, it's it's probably the best known news site for poker. It has a very good URL name too. You know, poker news is very uh, memorable and straightforward. That uh, it's never harmful to own the site that's uh, reporting on poker news if you're a poker company and uh, you have control of the news and they they probably took the attitude like okay they're already not bashing us because they're our affiliate 
So they're already not bashing the hand that they think is feeding them anyway. So just in case, though, anything ever happens to where something negative can be reported about us, at that point we can reach in and stop them. At, at the moment, and I'm not saying this happened. I'm just saying I'm just theorizing here that at least they know they have this, this security in their minds that any really bad story they can squash if necessary, even if they're not exercising editorial control at the moment, that at any time they can. At any time they can step in and say, ah, 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 actually this time we're going to stop you. And guess what? We own you. So you're not going to report on this. Like I, They could do that. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing about it being a profitable business, I mean, sure. Um, but they could have just bought, you know, a bar somewhere that was a profitable biz- business, yeah. right? <laughs> so... I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's in their, uh, it's in their, uh, the same business. And honestly, I, I think part of it, uh, is also just access to, uh, being able to market to all the people that, uh, Poker News has data on and has captured email addresses and all that stuff. Yes, yes. And that's, that's true as well that they, they get to now, anyone that Poker News has, signed up to other sites but not poker stars that they can market to these people and and they know these are poker players it's a very valuable database of people who are signing up to other poker sites that haven't signed up to theirs yet and then they can easily market to them yeah a lot of times when businesses are acquired um a good percentage of the time it's because people want either their uh, their clients, their accounts, or their uh, their marketing contacts like this. Yes, um, in fa- it sounds like that's only part of the deal here. But yeah, in, in fact, when when Caesars was going through its bankruptcy, one of their most valuable assets, which they claimed was worth a billion dollars, I don't know if it really is, but that's what they said, was the total rewards program. And the main yeah. reason that's worth so much is because the of the massive database of names and play habits that they have of all these gamblers around the country. And you know, imagine if other casinos could get access to this of who plays what, you know, who, who are the biggest uh, losers, uh, it, you know, everybody's gambling habits, and you know exactly who to invite to your casino in each region. Uh, imagine how valuable that could be. So that's why they claimed it was worth a billion dollars. And, and the, the whole program is successful, and people like it, and that's, that's worth money as well. But the, the main value there is the database and, and all the information that it contains. So. Oh, yeah, I totally believe it. But you, you gotta. I mean, you gotta. Marketing database aside, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, whether or not the employees knew about this, I mean, you you kind of almost have to assume there's some kind of nefarious intent going on, right? I mean, there's gotta. Be. Yeah, there had to be at least at the at least yeah up until now when they've revealed it, which which I'd love to know the real reason. But yes, there was. They definitely were not just keeping this quiet by accident. They didn't just forget to tell people, and and especially. What's most significant here, I know I said this before, but the fact that this was reported and that people saw this report by me and went to them and asked them, is this true? And they were told, no, it's not. And they actually said no to their own employees. It wasn't just keeping it from them, but when a report was put out there that this was the case, they denied it. And 
I, I bet the excuse, if they were ever pressed for an excuse and give an answer, they may just not an answer, but if they're ever pressed for an excuse and give an answer, I bet the answer we would get is, well, we didn't want the employees to feel like that they have to give PokerStars special treatment. So we just, uh, we, we didn't, we told them that they didn't own us this way. They would write about PokerStars uh, honestly, because we didn't want them to make them afraid to ever report badly on PokerStars. I, I bet that would be the answer, but of course it wouldn't be the true answer. But yes, the, the whole thing is not a good look for them. The whole thing has a, an appearance of dishonesty between lying to the employees, between not disclosing this for 22 months after it was reported, between not disclosing this when they wrote about Poker Stars, which was often. And they, they have a lot of advertorials on poker news not just for poker stars but for a lot of different uh, basically yeah, anyone, no shit. anyone who wants to buy an article <laughs> on there so so yes they, they do run a lot of stuff like that and they don't say oh by the way you know we were paid to write this article but but it's a little different when you're actually writing about a company that owns you and and nobody knows this very few people know it so yeah that that never no matter which way they try to spin it it doesn't look very good and uh I wonder if, if uh, Poker News is going to be mad at me for this segment. Uh, because Poker News has actually treated me pretty well in the past several years. They've given me positive coverage during the World Series, and uh, they've uh, they even wrote a nice article about Poker Fraud Alert in uh, late 2013. You can go find uh, the one of the managers there, who is the CEO, I don't know, what his position is there now, but uh, he actually, he went from really disliking me when they first bought Neverwin Poker in 2008 to actually liking me and being a semi-regular listener to this show. So Poker News, you know, they've, they've treated me pretty well uh, over the years here, and I appreciate that. But I, and I hope they're not mad at me for this. I'm, I'm just reporting the facts. This, this, is, this is what I tell the World Series, too. This is what I tell Seth Polanski and everybody at the World Series, is that I don't have it out for anybody, and I'm I'm not looking to bash poker news. I'm not looking to bash the World Series when when we do. I just report the way it really is. And if there's something good to say, I say something good. If there's something bad to say, I say something bad. If it's something kind of mixed, I'll, I'll give both the good and the bad. But th- this is something that that isn't very good. And when I received the information that I received in January 2016, I I thought it should be known, and I put it out there. And now we're discussing it again because <laughs> they put it out there but the lesson is when this comes out you've, you've got to just disclose it at that point you, you you look really bad when you deny it and then almost two years later say oh yeah that actually that was true so interesting situation but by, by the way why are you up so late and i'm not complaining i'm just wondering why you're up at uh now two in the morning well so you know how I went to uh, Malaysia over the summer? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you're taking a drink or something. Um, yeah, so I went to Malaysia over the summer. Uh, my wife and I have both been longtime animal lovers. We both have volunteered at our local humane society and stuff like that. And uh, she was actually involved with some uh, with this uh, organization in Malaysia to help out the uh, uh, the homeless dogs that were there. And as I think you can probably imagine, the situation of uh, homeless dogs in, in countries like that, third world countries, 
I mean, it's pretty bleak. Oh, I've, seen, know, like I've, I've seen that. I've seen when I've, I've been to countries like that, like Thailand. I've seen like a lot of just stray dogs running yeah, around. Yeah, Thailand, bad. there are tons of stray dogs, but they, they tend to treat them kind of okay. It's like a Buddhist kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are tons of street dogs there and, you know, they're, they're going to get hit by a car, get disease or get mauled by other dogs or whatever. Anyway, while we're over there, she found this one dog outside of her parents' house and, uh, she fed it a little bit and apparently there was a love connection, Druff. There was a big time love connection. So when we got home, she organized a posse to go find this dog because it's a street dog. You know, yeah. it doesn't have a home. So they had they had people, like, scouring the city looking for this fucking dog. <laughs> they found the dog, and they, you know, got it vaccinated. They chopped its balls off. They cleaned it up. They did all that kind of stuff. And uh, then uh, it got stuck on a flight, a 30-hour flight in a crate from uh, Malaysia to JFK. And guess who drove down to JFK to go pick up this dog? Oh, isn't that nice? Now, isn't there a quarantine period? Um, no. Shockingly How enough. How is there not a quarantine period? There's no quarantine period. As long as this dog has got the, the requisite shots and that type of stuff, there's no quarantine period at all. Like, you go down there. Wow. You get the paperwork. You have to clear it through customs. And then you go back. And in this case, it was just a big warehouse, like, you know. One of those huge warehouses out of the movies where you can just, like, lose some government top-secret weapon, you know, that type of thing. That, and yeah, Does the dog appear to be young and healthy? Yeah, so you – and then you give the paperwork to the forklift guy. He goes and gets it. And the dog was obviously, like, kind of pissed off. I mean, it had its balls chopped off. It was stuffed <laughs> in a crate. It was, you know, on a flight. Yeah. And God knows how many times it was able to get out and piss and everything. And, and oh, and uh, the drive – uh, to JFK is about six hours each way. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, that's right. So, that's yeah, right. I had this pissed off dog in my car. He was actually really chill, and he was in a really good mood and all that kind of stuff. And so that's a long way of uh, kind of answering you that the reason I'm up this late is I'm all, I mean, my time schedule is all messed up from doing that. That was on Monday that I did it. And, uh, and today I was, uh, I mean, I'm already kind of on a late schedule now because of that but i was also got distracted by uh by doing some work and then i was like huh that's weird i texted druff like around midnight if they're asking him whether it's gonna be a show or not and i never heard anything back Hmm. and then i checked and i'm like holy shit it's actually on maybe i'll give him a call well uh so yeah it's it's interesting you know i i I thought about when i was in malaysia we actually there was a dog that uh, we were on some kind of tour, and it's like a private tour, but it, it, they stopped somewhere, and they it, it was something where lunch was quote included, but the, the lunch was absolutely awful. It was some kind of meat that was terrible. It, it was some very cheap included lunch. I always hate these included lunches with tours because usually it sucks, and this one really sucked. So none of us liked it. So we we just there was a dog around there that was really skinny and hungry looking. So mm-hmm. the dog uh, had a nice meal that day. It, uh, well, this dog, <laughs> and we already have two dogs, right? And they weren't real happy that there was a new dog in the house, but um, everything seems to be working out pretty well. That is good. Yeah, so I got up to take the dog out and do that kind of stuff. We got to train him on the, we got like 12 acres that's fenced in, an invisible fence, but we got to 
we figure we give this dog a week or two of chilling out here before we put a shot collar on him and <laughs> start freaking him out. You know? So yeah, that actually it's interesting because last week you were here because of a dog, and this week you're here because of a dog too. Yeah, that's basically the only reason I exist now, Druff. I'm, <laughs> I'm a life support system for a bunch of dogs. Well, at least, at least it gets you on the show late at night. Okay, so yeah. I, I have some possible breaking news. I bet you that was. I thought I turned the sounds on. I did. It stopped working. Okay. Well, anyway, that, it was that. So, Five Dimes, a well known sports book that, in fact, I was just discussing with Bad Guy tonight before this news occurred. It may be nothing or it could be huge. Is down. It went down tonight. And the Pino, who also used to post as Pino Never Wins, he said this. Yes, there's a thread on Sportsbook Review that's gotten little traction about this. A few people called the customer service line. That's not working at all. The site looks pulled, and it's not just down for maintenance. Not fully freaking out just yet. But damn, what a bad time to worry your customers half to death, especially after Game 7 of the World Series. Then Bad Guy 23 said, right after the game, I was able to get into live chat after I couldn't load the page. A lady named Jessica said they're aware and the team's working on it. Uh, but then he says, if they happen to go belly up, I know where Tony, that's the owner, where his daughter lives, so we can all go to her house and get, go to her house and get our money. The funny thing, I was just talking with Bad Guy tonight about Five Dimes and how I didn't really trust that Tony character and that I've barely bet on there because there's just I, I've just never liked that site. In fact, you'll love this, Calwatt. When you sign up for five dimes, you need to call customer service. They say, okay, give, give, can you give us your account number, please? You give your account number, which is standard. And what is your password? I go, what, what? <laughs> What's your password? I go, uh, why do I have to give my password? That, that's what you have to do to identify yourself. Like, that's how you identify yourself is you give your site password that you log in to the customer service oh. rep. And here's the worst part. You could say, okay, well, it's just a sports book. How can they really steal, right? Like, uh, the only way you can lose on a sports book is just by placing losing bets. Well... They have a poker room attached to it now. So that, so that I, I'd be terrified to have a lot of money on there. Because even if they don't go down, at any point, one of these customer service reps could just go onto my account and dump my money in the poker room. So that's a very... I, I don't like that place at all. So I, I don't... I, I put a little money on there, like very little, to place a few like long shot prop bets that Daily has suggested, which are not going to win, by the way, but... That's it. I otherwise never bet on there. I I trust other sites a lot more. So maybe that was a good decision because imagine like you're winning in sports betting, which is very hard to beat. So you you actually are winning in sports betting, and then you're feeling all good. You have a lot of money in your five dimes account, which has been around forever. That site, and then it just disappears. So what if they were? kind of on uh, their last legs and they needed a good World Series Game 7 to continue surviving and they just got killed. What if there were like a lot of Astros bets and not many Dodgers bets? And that was like the final straw and they just decided to say, screw it, <laughs> we're just going to turn it off. I don't know. Now, I, I hate jumping to these conclusions when it's just like for a few hours at this point. So this could sound very stupid if like later tonight it's up. But I just want to let you guys know that it's, uh, 
it's down, and uh, then someone said customer service wasn't even answering. And I guess bad guy got through in the chat, but I just tried it right now. Five dimes is number five d i m e s dot e u, and they're they're down. So that's just uh, some breaking news, just in case that this really is the start of the collapse there. Uh, let's let's go to the next topic. Of course, I lost the agenda already. Okay, so. A collusion ring was busted on party poker. And this is a pretty interesting story. Now, party poker is not, it's only open to non Americans. But on October 21st, a 2 plus 2 forum poster named Farseer Finland posted a thread called Huge Collusion Ring in High Stakes MTTs, that's multi table tournaments, at party poker. And uh, the person who posted this plays under the name of Duke of Suffolk at Party Poker. And this, this is a successful player on Party Poker. And he's, he says that he's been playing online poker since 2004 and mostly plays $109 and above buy-in tournaments and plays a whole lot of them. So... Apparently, there were six screen names on there that were colluding. That was Sorcian, Domingo661, Scissor XX, or Sire XXX, Dimitrax, Gas Gus, and Power Carl. You think Power Carl is a uh, power bottom? You think that's where that came from? God. Anyway, uh, Power Carl it just kind of seems like a, a gay thing to me. Really? Yeah. Power Carl just it, it just makes me think of like especially because there's like a, a like some gross thing called like a hot Carl I forgot what it is but some kind of gross sexual thing and then you mean a dirty Sanchez is is that the same thing I'm not sure if a hot Carl is the same that's thing one of them I know it's one of them I, a hot Carl is something similar to rusty that. trombone yeah so there's a hot Carl and there's this well what if he he said he's a power Carl right yeah like what if he was like a power forward or something like I I just thought of I thought of the Hot Carl and Power. Hey, your mind is in the gutter, Drew. So, well, these are colluders. They're not fine people. So there's, okay. there's these six guys who were uh, colluding, and uh, they all started p- playing in May of 2017. All these uh, same tournaments that this guy plays, a uh, hundred nine dollar buy-in and higher. And starting from August, all these six guys participated together in tournaments that uh, were called clubber twos so they every time one of these clubber two things would run like all six of them would register it just seemed like they were always playing together they weren't uh they, they didn't have it seemed like if you listed all the tournaments that each of these guys played it was very similar it was unlikely that one would play and the other wouldn't so um on October 20th, he noticed that four of these guys were enrolled in uh, a high roller event. And then uh, right before the registration closed, the other two joined. So all six of them were in the high roller event. He also noticed that uh, four of those six had not played any tournament since the last high roller they were, they were all in together. Uh, then he also discovered eight more players 
with similar tournament histories as those six since May 2017. So he also added... Wow, Druff. I just looked up what a hot Carl was. Yeah. So <laughs> I remember oh it was gross. God, that's, that's, that's all I remember. I remember I found out like in about 10 years ago and it was gross. How does someone think of this? So a hot Carl is the act of putting saran wrap over, the fa- over someone's face and then taking a dump on it. Yeah, see, I remember it was really gross. See, now, now you see why hey, the word you're Carl's... To, you're supposed to get, like, the the feel of the warmth of the... Yeah. Nasty. Who the, who I don't the know, fuck I don't, I don't, thought of this? I don't know who would want it. At least they put saran wrap. Thank goodness for that, but still. Uh, I mean, I guess, but... <laughs> no, I, I, I can't see what would be a turn-on about that, but... Yeah, I remembered it being gross. I, I fortunately I blocked it out of my mind of what it actually was. But so now you see glad why I, I'm glad I've jogged your memory. So now, now you see why when I read the word power Carl between the Carl part and the power bottom part, like it just kind of comes together. All right, let me see if, if power Carl is anything. <laughs> no, that's oh, too bad. There's there's a power call. No, no power Carl. Okay, that's, that's why I'm glad I have a co-host here to look these things up. Yeah. So the other the following eight players were also found to be part of this ring. Pensnokviv, Ven.pax.soy, False Falser, Diabolico X900. I think if you're, if you have a collusion ring and you call yourself Diabolico, I think that's kind of giving it away. (laughs) Diabolico X900. Yeah, Uh, but all the dumb scream names that people pick, like no one's going to bat an eye at that. Coco Paga 090. Chef LOL. I guess he, he's laughing that uh, they think he's a chef, but he's really a colluder. Uh, a ten, A10 coming. And uh, pre-Pez, except the pre is PR3. So these 14 accounts, including Power Carl, were all basically uh, taking a hot Carl on uh, all the other <laughs> players. Okay, and, and colluding. And uh, and so this guy Duke of Suffolk, you know, credit to him, he he figured out the whole thing and reported it, and then posted it on Two Plus Two as well. Uh, there is a poster on Two Plus Two called Party Underscore Rep, which I guess is really a representative of Party Poker. Otherwise, it's a good troll, but it it seems to really be a rep there. And uh, Party Rep said uh, that the accounts mentioned there were all suspended and were under investigation. And uh, and of all things, he provided a screenshot of yes, Power Carl <laughs> registered in a tournament. You're just getting a mental image every time you say that, aren't you? You hearing the sound effects now? By the way, no. Oh, great. Why? Why? Okay, I'm 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 stopping this whole thing. I'm going to figure this out. Okay. Oh, we're freezing the whole thing until I can get you your sound effects. What about now? I should have just said yes. <laughs> yep. Okay, I can hear the laughter. Okay, beautiful. Okay, so where's Trader Ruski? By the way, you lose his know. number too. That I, I think I might have. <laughs> now, Trader, <laughs> now, Trader Ruski, call in uh, if if you're around. Otherwise, uh, you know, I, I actually never texted him. I was I was too just the World Series just kind of spun me, you know, and it just it was frustrating. I mean, I'm going to text Trader Ruski just in case he's up. Yeah, do it. Let's see, radio on. Okay, so we'll see if he calls in. Um, probably because your phone's all screwed up. You probably texted like a ex girlfriend from 14 years ago or something. Oh, well, that's fine. She'll, she'll... Like what the hell? <laughs> I'm getting a booty call from from Todd. What's going on? 
Okay, so let uh, so anyway, going back to Hot Carl here. Or, I'm sorry, Power Carl, Power bo- <laughs> Power Bottom Hot Carl. Oh. Uh, so so after uh, after it, it was claimed by the by the poker rep that everybody was suspended, that the Duke of Suffolk posted a screenshot saying, "Oh, well, Hot Carl isn't suspended. Yeah, he's still in there. He's still in the, the in the two hundred fifteen dollar uh, tournament. How's that possible if he's suspended?" So it's very very embarrassing. So the party rep uh, said that uh, they're they're going to investigate it, and relevant teams will uh, look into it. And uh, he also said that the original poster and myself have been in a discussion, and all details have been shared with the risk management team for review. We treat the accusation of collusion very seriously and ensure that uh, relevant action is taken pending investigation. So uh, then later he admitted that uh, some accounts may have remained active for a time by mistake. <laughs> so they suppose they suspended them supposedly for collusion, but then some were still there. Some were still playing and by quote by mistake. But uh, then at that point they assured that uh, all of the accounts identified there, all 14 of those accounts were shut down. And uh, he also noted that 99% of collusion accusations are proven to be false. He says a lot of people get suspicious based upon the emotion of losing or, or running, running under expectation in general and against specific players. He says it's important that our secu- security team is informed as possible to quickly identify if it is indeed collusion or not. We cannot simply close every account that's emailed to us as being suspicious of collusion. Yeah, but you, once it's brought to your attention and it really is, and you say you're suspending them to not suspend them when you say you have, that's that's not very good. But what is good is we have Trader Risky here. Hello. What's happening? Trader Risky, did you know that? Did you know what a hot Carl was? I knew it was something nasty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I did not know. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, go- I, I never, I'm not, I'm not really usually too critical of people and their kinks or whatever, but as soon as you're getting the shit involved, I mean, you're kind of, I don't know. Yeah. You're kind of spraying off the reservation a little bit, you know what I mean? My uncle once told me a story where he knew this couple, and I guess she used to cook her boyfriend like certain types of di- food, and then she'd like be under the... Uh, glass table while he sat on top of it and shit or something. <laughs> oh, man. So nasty. See, yeah, did, he, did he cook the shit, too? No, no, no. Just, I oh, guess, okay. they wanted different types of... Who the fuck knows? I was getting so disgusted. I'm not going to try to evaluate that one. No, I, I'm glad you're not. The, the, the three things I've said before that I, I just absolutely cannot understand as far as... Uh, people finding sexual pleasure out of like i just not only am i not into it i can't even understand how anyone could be into it there's three things three big things one of them involves shit one of them involves animals and one of them involves children all three of those things just seem so foreign to me how they any of those things could be sexual i'm with you on all three (laughs) mr hands aside you know (laughs) so yeah so so uh, aren't you glad that power carl had the name he did so we could discuss this 
It's it's fascinating. I'm sure everyone listening just is thrilled to death. Because I, I hadn't thought of a hot Carl in so long, and then I see Power Carl, and it just it just comes rushing back to me. Not not what it was until you told me, but uh, I knew it then, and I, I forced it out of my head, and now it's back in my head. It's probably going to stay there. So you're saying that you used to think about the hot Carl quite a bit? I, I, well, I was aware of it, and, and then knew what uh-huh. it was, and then slowly over time, the memory eroded, and, and uh, I, I pushed it out of my head to where... I, I pushed it out of my head the same way that uh, people... You know, push something out during the hot Carl, and it was gone, and then, now it's back. So I thank Power Carl, the colluder, for that. Anyway, if you suspect wasn't Power Carl, wasn't that one of One Step's old usernames or no? Uh oh, maybe maybe we know who did it. Maybe we know how he got fifty dollars to give away now. So all right, so Drev, you told us the three things that you just cannot deal with. If someone had a gun to your head and said, "Pick one," you got to do it. Which one is it? <sighs> I think I'd have to go with the shit, unfortunately. <laughs> you go with the shit? Yeah. Take that big old dump bread right on at your least face? It's, at least yeah. it's not hurting any animals or children. Right. So Yeah. And there, and there is the saran wrap. Yeah, that is heavy right. duty. There's a saran well, wrap. No, 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 there's no, there's no saran wrap involved uh, here. Yeah. Just leave. Yeah. Okay, this so it's horrible. There, there's a, let me get this out of people's heads. There's a there's a new <laughs> there's a new there's a new collusion email address. If you play on Party Poker, if you're a Euro or someone else who can play on there, and you suspect collusion, email collusion at partypoker.com. That is collusion at partypoker.com. Uh, it says players can send their suspicions directly to an expert team. You know the same ones that forgot to suspend uh, Power Carl. Uh, an expert team who will review the case immediately. We have also formed a player panel of elite online players who will review hand histories in difficult cases and make a fair and impartial decision. I have a question, though. If they're so elite, why are they wasting their time uh, reviewing other people's hand histories? Wouldn't that be a poor use of their time? I think these are broke elite online players. So uh, we, are, they said, we are already working closely with a number of players for certain matters. Over the coming months, we'll be rolling out some highly advanced detection techniques that we are building with the help of some of our players. Shouldn't they have done this like many years ago? How could they just be getting on this in late 2017? They also said uh, bot and collusion detection technique can require a large number of hands to accurately analyze the information and identify rogue accounts. Therefore, sometimes players are, identif- are able to identify suspicious activity faster depending on what they've experienced at their tables. We have sophisticated fraud control mechanisms in place that are continually being updated to counter new and more advanced fraudulent techniques. This isn't new or advanced. It was like the same dudes entering all the tournaments together. Like That should be very easy to detect. This wasn't complicated. Also, this guy noticed that they were never going all in against each other. So, so you have a bunch of guys always play together, rarely play without each other there, and never go all in against each other. Like, What are your techniques even catching if you don't catch this? And they did this over a long period of time, since like May. So the fact that this Duke of Suffolk had to catch this himself and their crack expert team could not catch this obvious case of collusion. I mean, there are ways to collude that are very difficult to to detect. But these guys weren't even trying to hide it, it seems. You'd think they would just enter some throwaway tournaments separately for for show. But no, they just they pretty much were only entering tournaments together and, and never going all in against each other. So all right, that's that's pretty obvious. <laughs> I got a friend of mine who's a detective drug and we were talking about, you know, 
I was just asking her some questions, like, is it hard to catch these guys? She just kind of looked at me, and she's like, you know, fortunately, Andrew, most criminals are just not that fucking smart. Yeah, they aren't. Yeah, you see, that's the thing. You see this on TV with these masterminds who have these, these, these amazing plans who are so smart that come up with really, yeah. really creative ways. But what you're seeing on TV are, are writers who spend a long time devising these clever criminals in these situations that allow them to be clever. In reality, yeah, most of the criminals, they, they are criminals because they're, they're, they have failed at other things. And, uh, yeah. and now they're trying if you're, to... If you're really bright, I mean... You know, you can find ways to to legally fuck people over. You know? Yeah. So so yeah. A lot of times, it's, it's incredibly uh, careless and boneheaded mistakes that you just wonder how they could have thought they would get away with it. So, uh, hey, so, Druff, when you're done with the story, you got to play the breaking news. I got some breaking news. Um, another breaking news. Okay. Right. Another breaking news. Yeah, the breaking news show here. All right, here we go. You're going to have to tell me when it's over because oh, it's not working. That's because I had a trade of risky. Damn, okay, it's over. I played it, yeah. All right. So, breaking news, congratulations, goes out to the World Series of Poker Player of the Year, Chris Ferguson. Oh, boy. Has clinched it by winning his six-gold bracelet at the WSOP Europe in the 16... $1,650 Pot Limit Omaha High Low 8 or Better Tournament for 39,289 euros. So the the World Series of Poker, it's not even uh, it's a certainty now that they're going to have to deal with uh, the fact that this this guy is going to be the fucking player of the year. Yeah, it's, people predicted this would happen because after he came so close to the leaderboard at the end of the regular World Series of Poker, they knew that he would have the means and desire to go chase this in Europe to finish out the year. And sure enough, like I haven't even done the math, but I'm just assuming that him winning this six bracelet, like it's done. Like he's just got it locked up. Yeah, and, and he has got to be right. right. And, and he has the money and the time to go chase this around the country. Yeah, he has no other responsibilities, so he just he just chases this around the world now and uh, just plays a, a massive number of tournaments. And, and yeah, so that's that's frustrating. And yeah, I'm checking. I'm checking the scoreboard here, and yeah, currently, and I don't even know this hasn't. This has not been updated with his uh, bracelet win. So Chris Ferguson was already in first place with two thousand four hundred and four points, and uh, second place was at two thousand three hundred and forty-one points. John Raisner, and that's not counting the fact that he just won a bracelet. So I, I mean, I think it's done, right? It's got to be done. Yeah, probably. I think. I think there's probably uh, some tournaments left, but yeah, you got to think that he that this is going to be. Uh, by the way, the someone criticized the World Series that they uh, they tweeted out some picture of like him and helmets together, <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, you have to think that uh, they would realize that this is going to get criticism before tweeting that out. Oh, uh, so I just, that was actually the. Um... Uh, the one I read from was the Global Poker Index, and I just looked it up on the World Series of Poker dot com. <laughs> First of all, this is fucking hilarious. So, the uh, World Series of Poker Player of the Year—if it couldn't get any more tarnished—it says WSOP Player of the Year presented by Kings Casino. <laughs> well, that's appropriate. That's perfect. <laughs> that, that, that's absolutely perfect. This, this couldn't be a better year for him to win. 
So it's presented by King's Casino. And uh, <laughs> you know what would be the best? What would be the best here is uh, if, if he wins it, that whatever the prize is for it, that Leon Sukernik refused to pay him, refused to pay him, accuses him of cheating. Yeah. So anyway, they, they also have Chris Ferguson in first place with 1,046 points. The next closest they have is Ryan Hughes. Who's at 961 points? Um, but again, this is not counting uh, his recent bracelet wins. So, so this is great. So, so it's it's uh, player of the year sponsored by the casino, owned by the guy who doesn't pay his poker debts. Yeah, and the winner is someone who was in charge of full tilt poker when they stole from all the players. That's that's yeah. and has and reported by the news organization that's owned by Poker Stars. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the whole fucking industry is you, just a joke. You, you can't you, really you can't get better than this. It's uh, every segment of this. The uh, the sponsor, the winner, and those reporting it are—they're all corrupt. All of them are corrupt. Uh, and we're not saying anything about the employees of Poker News. Like I know some good guys that actually work there. It's not their fault, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Man. Wow. I open it up. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. That, that really Fer- is like Ferguson's going to win it from bilking everyone at Full Tilt Poker, and it's sponsored by King's Casino, and he's just ripping people off left and right. <laughs> And then Poker News is reporting on it, and not disclosing owned, owned bought and paid for by Poker Stars. There we go. That's that's really that that's really all you need to know about the state of the poker industry right now. That's <laughs> that that's what you need to know right there. That's that's the, that's the picture that's worth a thousand words about the current poker industry, right there. Dear fucking God, do you do you see it? Did you go to the website <laughs> and look at it? Wait, I'll put it up. I'll, I'll put the link in in the. Uh, and Skype chat, okay, and also yeah, okay, I gotta and, take a look here. Yeah, this, this. it's just funny. You know, I mean, it's just really funny. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ah <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. And then, and then I'm also gonna give you the uh, the link to the poker news story. You know, <laughs> yeah, the poker news story reported on by Poker yeah, News Stars go. or Poker Stars News or whatever the hell they're gonna be called. Yeah, there we go. Pokernews.com, uh, Chris Ferguson wins six gold bracelet in, in a World Series of Poker Europe, number seven. That's perfect. Takes a commanding lead in the Player of the Year race, sponsored by King's Casino. <laughs> uh, oh, so good. In other news, <laughs> in other news here, we've, we've determined that Poker Stars is an absolutely perfect place to play poker. We, we can't find any fault with Poker Stars. We've, we've gone over it with a fine-tooth comb. It is the dream poker room that could never do anything wrong. We have investigated with neutrality and honesty, and we can tell you you can put your trust in them and us. That's a side story here. Well, Drew, this is interesting. At the footer of this article on the, the Poker News site, it says, have you ever wanted to write your own articles about poker? Maybe you've got, you've got some experience or opinions about poker that you'd like to share. Hmm. Poker News is proud to launch the Poker News blog, where you can have a platform to make your voice heard. <laughs> so, can you bash poker stars on there? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I should try doing. I should, I should just create like the anti-poker stars blog and see how long it lasts. It would be, I mean, it would be interesting to see. You know, yeah. I should actually cut, like cut create... and paste some. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, what should happen is, you know, 
Tide and uh, Lou Father and some other guys should just start accounts on there and just start blocking. <laughs> I can only imagine the fucking shit that's going to be up there. It'd be great. <laughs> so anyone could just sign up and immediately get a blog on there? I mean, apparently. That, that I don't know end, what kind of vetting that they do. Yeah, that, that could end up being pretty bad if <laughs> the wrong things says, appear up there. I mean, it says blah, 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 how it works. Users will have access to a special Poker News CMS to help them craft great stories and articles. You know, oh, okay, here's the problem. Here's the problem. Poker News editors will review all content and spotlight the best on the Poker News homepage. Uh, okay, so, okay. Uh, yeah, we're fucked. Okay. Can't so, do it. I, I was going to say, if, if it was just open for people to just post what they wanted, I know that a high percentage of the people who would go and abuse it would be ones who were like from this site. Yeah, like that. I would bet like 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 eighty five percent or more of the abusers of it were would be affiliated in some way with Poker Fraud Alert. Affiliated meaning not like uh, owning Poker Fraud Alert in any way. It's only me, but but you know, users or li- of the site, listeners of the show. That that's that's always who would show up and do it. If you wanted to really have fun, <laughs> someone could sign up with an account and then just start copy pasting stuff from two plus two <laughs> into the blog. <laughs> So Mason would, you know, I mean, it probably would be like, like yeah, the Mason would, then Mason would sue Poker News. <laughs> Mason, you could start like this huge war, you know, you'd just like light fuse and walk away. Yeah, yeah, like like all these people could start copy pasting there, and then I could like email the lawyer of two plus two. Go, hey, you might want to take a look at this over here. <laughs> Especially because Poker News is profiting from all this. I mean, whenever whenever companies set stuff like this up, it's so that they can get free content. Right. Yeah. They don't have to pay. They don't have to pay people to write for them. They can get them to do it for free. I can imagine this really happening too. There's like there's so many like trolls that listen to this show and, and read the site. It's amazing. It would be the ultimate troll yeah. if someone like just took content from Two Plus Two and put it on the <laughs> Poker News blog, and then and then because alerted it, the attorney. It probably would be good content. Yeah. Know? Yeah. It News probably would... would pass the editors, and it wouldn't be for you know a reasonable amount of time before <laughs> anyone caught on. The Poker yeah. News uh, editors go, "Wow, this is working out real well. Look at these great posts. Look at these great blog posts. Yeah, this, this is fantastic. This is the best content we've seen in blogs in a long time. Okay." <laughs> They're putting a lot of effort oh, into this stuff. That, that I mean, I'm not encouraging anyone to do it, but that would be fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so there's some dissension in the ranks at Jow Poker. We we had on uh, Tam Wen, who identified himself as a manager, but I th- I really think he he's very high up there. I don't know if I think he's probably like number two. Now, like Tam Wen is he is on the short list for being approved by Mint Poker to get a franchise. By yeah. the way. <laughs> Tam Wen, uh, he's probably number two, not the hot Carl type of number two. Though maybe that right. too. But uh, and, and he's very willing to have like open battles on social media with people, as, as chronicled on this show, and, and call people uh, bad names. But anyway, I've I've reported before on this show that I was surprised at certain people who were convinced that Jow Poker was. Okay, they, they they were they drank the Kool Aid. These were people who were not scammers, who weren't bad people, but just kind of eh, they kind of bought the whole story. And and no matter what you told them, they had an answer for you. They just could not be convinced. And and I gave up. I wasn't gonna. There's certain people who are on like an anti jow poker crusade. Like there's a guy uh, named Alex Lombardo who I know. He's a good guy. He lives in in Vegas and an older guy. 
But uh, he hates Jow Parker with a passion, and it's just it's like his life's mission to destroy them. He just constantly goes all over Facebook and uh, and, and bashes them and bashes people who support them. And anyway, he's still doing it, by the way. But Jow Poker, it really did have some people who very much believed in it. And I think they believed in it because they felt like they had to because these were people who, in many cases, were struggling for money. And they were pitched this idea that they thought could make them rich. And they have to believe in it because these aren't bad people. They're not ones who say, hey, I'll make money by cheating people and feel good about it. These are people who, if they thought they were making money by cheating people, they would feel bad about it. And, in fact, they wouldn't do it. So the only way that is they can... Melanie Wisner, is she involved in jail poker? No. And she'd be one who I don't think would be feeling too bad, no matter how she made the money. But uh, there are people who are involved who I think wouldn't do it if they thought that anyone was getting cheated or screwed in any way. So they pretty much drank the Kool-Aid and forced themselves to believe what they were told. And... I will tell you, I can't go very much into the story yet, but there are some affiliates of Jow Poker who have contacted me who are unhappy, who are now changing their minds. And we might have a segment. I mean, this is pretty much just a teaser. This isn't so much of a story because I can't give you details, and I know it's frustrating when you hear something like this, and I can't give you details. But uh, we will have our next show in two weeks, and we may actually have someone on here with some evidence and some stories about Jow Poker, so one of these people who got kind of deep into it and is now very unhappy, and you know, one of these people who I don't think was ever out to cheat anyone and just you know, really believed what they were told and now doesn't believe very much anymore and wants to come forward. So th- there are some people who are unhappy. I-, I knew the whole thing would come crashing down. I mean, it's, it's a multi-level marketing version of poker that's U.S. friendly. That's... Uh, not one that is likely, and it's using PayPal to pay people. That's one that's not likely to end happily. So that's something that may be coming up in two weeks. I don't want to promise it because the person may change their mind or whatever, but uh, this is happening right now, and they will be welcome to come on here and give their story. And, of course, Tam Wen, who's been on the show before, and we gave him ample time to explain himself, and we were even... Yeah, you know, fairly easy on him. We let him uh, explain, and we were polite and everything. We, you know, he, the funny thing is, he did his segment. He was sure he convinced us. He was sure that we were like done with it and believed that everything he said. And then, and then he listened to the show later and was pissed that we weren't endorsing it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but if he wants to come back and refute the things that are claimed, then he's welcome to. I give everybody equal time here. Uh, there's, there's no agenda I have. I'm not a competitor of Jow Poker because I don't. I'm not an affiliate of anything. I don't represent any poker room. I'm totally neutral. So What about that mint poker franchise, buddy? Well, but Chico Loco doesn't have it yet. When when Chico Loco has a mint poker franchise in, in, in Tijuana... That will be a conflict of interest. Then then it might be at that point. And, uh, mm-hmm. But you know, maybe, maybe there can actually be some live poker fraud alert free rolls at the mint poker franchise in Tijuana. That's uh, sponsored by uh, money that Chico Loco doesn't want to exactly explain the source, but you can guess in Tijuana, Mexico. So that may be coming up in two weeks. Stay tuned. Uh, have you ever heard of Ace Play before? Not Ass Play, but Ace Play. <laughs> no. Okay. I don't know why there's so many uh, scatological references tonight, but there are. This is a very ass. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder. Well, maybe I just have to go to the bathroom. 
I don't know. Maybe this is just uh... get out the saran wrap. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I have, I have an ad I can play, but I, I don't think I can do all this whole thing in, in two and a half minutes. I don't think I can get to the bathroom and do that and wipe and wash my hands in two and a half. It's just not enough time. So, okay. Well, before I life is a struggle, Drew. Yeah. Well, okay. So since I brought it up, though, uh, I am going to play our advertisement. This is for sponsor, who is actually renewed to sponsorship. Amazingly enough, uh, uh, Eric Benzamokin, who's an attorney. And he does arbitration and mediation for anyone who may have any problem related to a poker or gambling debt, whether you're the one who owes money or money's owed to you. Eric Benzamokin is a licensed attorney, and he can help you no matter where you are, even if you're not in the U.S., he can help settle it and... Here is some more information about him. Oh. Sorry, Eric. That's that's not the information. I, I clicked on uh, the wrong sound effect. Okay, now most of you guys know that I'm very picky regarding which sponsors I take. If I don't believe in the product or service being offered, I don't take the ad. And that's why I lose money on this site every month, even though I'm a cheap Jew, and it kills me to send out that money every month knowing that it is not coming back in. But I'm really, really excited about this new Poker Fraud Alert sponsor because I feel he's providing a service to the poker community that they really, really need. Eric Bensamokin is an attorney and a longtime poker player who provides arbitration and mediation for poker and gambling-related disputes. Now, simply put, if someone owes you money or if they think you owe them money, he's a fully impartial third party you can trust to listen, understand, and decide who's right. The reason you can trust him is because Eric is a licensed attorney in the state of California and federally. And he's able to arbitrate and mediate for you no matter where you live. So you don't have to be in California. You can be anywhere and he can arbitrate or mediate for you. What makes Eric perfect for this is the fact that he's an attorney bound by the rules and ethics of the state bar. And he's also a longtime poker player, so he understands the issues of our community. And at the same time, he's an outsider, and he, he's probably not likely to know anybody connected to your dispute. So you're not going to have to worry that he's friends with a guy that you're disputing with, or even friends of a friend. He's really an outsider to the community who plays poker for fun, but knows the community really well. It's perfect, and he's a licensed attorney. You can't do better than that. This means you will get a completely impartial decision from a qualified attorney who understands everything. And I'll be honest, if I had a poker-related money dispute with someone, Eric is the exact type of arbitrator or mediator that I would be looking for. Take down his email address, eric at eblawfirm.us. That's eric at eblawfirm.us. If you feel you're being scammed or if someone owes you money or if someone's accusing you of owing them money, just send Eric an email. It's not going to cost you anything. It's not going to hurt you. Just send him an email, and he'll tell you what he thinks of the whole situation, and then he can go from there. Eric can perform both arbitration, where he decides who's right, and mediation, where he helps both of you figure out your own agreement. Keep the email address around, even if you don't have a dispute at the moment, because you never know when one will come up, and Eric is exactly the man you need for the job. That's eric at eblawfirm.us. That's attorney Eric Benzamokin, eric at eblawfirm.us. Okay, so that commercial's long, but not quite long enough for me to uh, relieve myself the way that I think I would need to to stop talking about ass-related topics on this show. So um, I, I got some text messages I was checking out while this was playing. 
I got one from uh, Scott from the East Coast who sent me a picture of five actual dimes, you know, 50 cents total. And he said, uh, rumor has it that this is all that's left and will be the new pick on the five dime site. <laughs> that might be true. From the 512, uh, also this person has noticed that uh, five dimes uh, may be down. From the 916, there's a police chase in L.A. right now. That's a shocker. Uh, a Hoosier A sent me his uh, way of payment for winning the uh, – he said, please don't re- read this on air. I just kind of did anyway. From the 507, the stream keeps dropping. I hope that's not true. It was sent uh, about uh, an hour and a half ago. Hopefully it's uh, the stream's okay. Uh, person was asked, said, go Astros. <laughs> it's not go- it was done by this point. When this person sent me the go Stros thing, they were, they'd already won. It was over. Don't, don't send me that. Come on. Don't rub in the loss. The 774, related, if this is in regards to the Dodgers, uh, sorry, bud, you got a good core group of young guys. They'll be back. And uh, this was from the 510. Druff, you have so many customer service issues. Ever think you may, maybe you lack tact? I mean, you're usually right, but you seem to have a hard time communicating that to others. That's, that's not true. I don't have trouble communicating. It's just a matter of uh, getting them to... Uh, take action they they understand what i'm communicating to them that that usually is not the problem so i i told this person back uh no it's just that i speak up when things go wrong but most people don't and he said i respect you for doing so druff and these encounters you report are very insightful but i do and i do the same i get what i need and i still get thank yous and discounts as well as provide proving my original point but i've worked in customer service once upon a time so maybe i should relate better Sorry about those Dodgers, by the way, but at least they aren't my 49ers who won't be relevant until the next election season. Yeah, the 49ers are horrible. Uh, so, I don't want to touch too much on that, but uh, about the customer service thing. But, you know, I, I'm very careful when these things happen that I don't just go off or uh, attack the customer service rep when it's not their fault. In fact, I'll even say, like, I know this is not your fault. You didn't, you're not personally responsible. I know this is the policy or this is someone else's mistake. Or like, I'll, I'll make sure they understand that so they don't think it's me attacking them or, or, that, uh, or me yelling at them. Uh, so, and, and, I, and I try at first to just be businesslike and explain everything. And, in fact, I, I wouldn't say I'm, like, super friendly, but I, I, don't, I start off now sounding pissed and, and more just kind of am asking for help, their help. And it's only when I get denied and, and given BS reasons of why they can't do anything or why I'm wrong, that's when I start to get agitated. First, first I'll do it patiently, but then if I get, to, if it seems like they're arguing because they just feel like they want to win an argument against me, uh, then that's when I start getting mad. So, uh, let's see. And then from the seven seven three, wait till next year. Yeah, that's what the Cubs were always saying. They finally ended that last year. The Astros, by the way, won their first World Series ever. In fact, they never even won a World Series game until this year. They had to do it four times to win it. Okay, so I want to talk about ace play. They actually are, or shall I say were, a free money poker site based in Nevada. And they were actually associated with the stratosphere. You know, that casino that's next to that tower that you can go up there and there's rides up there, there's an observation deck. It's been around for almost 25 years now. 
So they actually got a license at one point to operate real money online poker in Nevada. Uh, the company is called American Casino and Entertainment Properties, and they're also referred to as ASEP, which is the acronym, American Casino and Entertainment Properties. And they're a subsidiary company of Whitehall Street's real estate funds, which has owned it since 2008. And they own the Stratosphere, which was originally built by Bob Stupak at the location of his Vegas World property. But uh, ASIP bought uh, the Stratosphere in '96. So they actually got a license. And I reported this on the show way back in 2013 when this happened. They got a license. They submitted an application for legalized online poker in February of 2012. They were the 14th company to apply for that. In September 2012, then they were approved. They received a preliminary approval. And then it was a fully approved in September 2012, uh, later in September, like two weeks later. I'm not sure when I reported it, either then or early in 2013, but uh, they never ended up running a real money online poker room in Nevada. just never happened. They did end up launching the aceplay.com poker room, which was an on-game site. Now you may wonder, what is on-game? On-game was actually software that was used for a lot of real money poker rooms, and uh, they don't operate for real money anymore. But there were a lot of on-game poker rooms back in the 2000s, including uh, PokerRoom.com and various others. Uh, on-game was also infamous for having a lot of bad skins at the time, ones that wouldn't pay people or would just close down and cheat people, and on-game just wash their hands of it. So this is that same software. If you played on, on Poker Room or other on-game sites in the past, and you know, these go back more than 10 years, it's the same software that uh, AcePlay was running. So they are now gone. They've shut it down. I didn't even know this existed. So, are, Were either of you guys familiar with AcePlay? Uh, CalWatt, did you know about AcePlay? Uh-oh. What about you, Trader Ruski? I've never heard of it. Okay. Calwatt, I don't know if he fell asleep or if he's gone, but yeah, I hadn't heard of it either, but uh, apparently... Oh, no, I, I was, it was on mute. Sorry, man. No, I never heard of it. Yeah, I hadn't either. So I, I don't know how well it did, but it couldn't have done that well because uh, it's gone. What happened was that uh, the their parent company was sold and they've decided that uh, they are not uh, going to continue with it. So it says, why are we shutting down the site? The company owning AcePlayCasino.com and ASEP Interactive uh, was recently acquired. The site is not part of the new company's immediate plans. By the way, I see there's a few calls coming in. We'll do that at the end of this segment. So if you could just hold, hold on for a second. So they just decide, whoever bought them decided they're not going to continue with this project. It's just uh, worthless to them. Now, what's interesting about this, you may wonder why am I even bothering reporting like of the closure of a play money poker room associated with the stratosphere. Like, who really cares? 
because it seemed like online poker might actually have a chance at finally being lucrative. So it got approved in Pennsylvania. We talked about the, the terrible taxes that will be associated with it, so that may be a problem. But it got approved in Pennsylvania. New Jersey has agreed to combine its player pools with Nevada, which has already combined its player pool with Delaware. So right now you'll, you're going to have New Jersey, Nevada, and Delaware all with a combined player pool. You have to imagine Pennsylvania will probably join in with that as well. And even New York might be joining the online poker legalization group sometime soon, which I'll get to later in the show. So given that they got a license back in 2012, you would think that maybe they'd want to take a second crack at this, even though the initial online poker in Nevada has been a fail and a money loser, that maybe with uh, many more players in the pool, it could be something profitable again. So why, why would they shut down? But they have. They've decided it's not worth pursuing, and uh, they're basically giving up on the whole thing. Right now, the only two approved and licensed operators for interactive gaming in Nevada, and I'm looking at this on uh, nv.gov on the official website of the state, are WSOP.com and Real Gaming, which is associated with South Point. Real Gaming is, is a the fail site of all fail sites. It never has anything running. Like it's, I don't even know why they don't just give up. But uh, this, the reason only these two are listed, I'm assuming, is because no one else is renewing their license that they were originally granted, like ASIP, because they weren't actually running a room. It wasn't worth continuing with the license. But I bet they could easily get it again if they were originally approved five years ago and nothing bad has happened with them. So they've deemed it unworthy. So if, if you... Played on ASIP or Ace Play, it's it's gone, and it's not coming back. I have some tips for actually before this, let's, I'll take a, some phone calls. Seven seven five fraud fifty five seven seven five three seven two eight three five five is the number or the Mount Charleston line seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight. It's seven zero two four three zero eighteen zero eight is the Mount Charleston line. If you want to call in, I saw we got a call from the three two three. We got a, a, a call from. Uh, I forget something else I didn't take. If you want to call in, I'll give you a chance. Dial quickly because I'm not going to sit here forever. It's already uh, midnight Pacific time. Even for me, it's late now. So we have some other topics to get to. If uh, you do not call in, then we will start another topic. I have to wait to the end of that topic. Okay, so nobody's calling. <laughs> that always happens. They call in when I don't want to take calls, and when I do want to take calls, they don't call. It's it's like they do this on me. On purpose to me. Okay, so I want to give you guys a tip. I don't think I've done this before. If I've done this segment before, I apologize. But I I don't see in my notes that I did this segment before. So if I did, then I guess you'll just hear it again. I want to give you a tip as far as getting money back. If you play on Bovada or Ignition and the software crashes or you lose connection, which unfortunately happens fairly often, there's a lot of connection issues. I don't so much have crashes, but a lot of connection issues with... Bovada and Ignition. So, here are some tips on getting money back if this occurs. Because what happens if you get disconnected in the middle of a hand, you get folded out. The only way you don't get folded out is if you're the very last one to act, it'll auto-check. Otherwise, you're going to get folded out. And you'll lose the hand, obviously. So, 
If you get kicked off of the table, if, if either you time out or you lose connection or the software crashes and if you were in a hand where you put money in, I don't mean a hand which you had for free anyway, like let's say you're under the gun and you, you hadn't uh, acted yet. Okay, we're getting the call. The, I'll answer this call before I continue. Caller, you are on the air. Caller, go ahead. Don't breathe. Talk. Hello? Yes. I was just kind of curious uh, what you thought about uh, start not starting uh, Kershaw, this game. That's, that's all, you know. Okay, you want to know about that? Okay, well, um, but do you think do you think that if you started Kershaw, that uh, you would have a better chance at the World Series? I mean, he went fourth uh, innings, and uh, he pitched very, very well. Yeah, he did. I was kind of yeah. surprised. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this, I, and I'll talk more. He should have started Wood. I think. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think too. I, I'll talk about this later. Yes, Kershaw ended up doing well. Uh, had he been, of course, he was losing five nothing at that point, so it's easier to kind of relax when you're not the one who gave up those runs and you're just coming in to clean up someone else's mess, and and the other team. Yeah, doesn't... Well, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 one second though, because my whole point is like, why would you start Darvish? Over Kershaw, when you could start Kershaw, you know what I'm saying. That that is my whole point, right because there. he because he had just pitched in Game Five and was tired. But 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 I'll I'll say this that you Darvish, given how terribly he did in uh, the game he did pitch, which was a disaster, which was a while ago, so he was rested, but uh, it was a disaster against the same Astros team. That given it's Game right. Seven. And that you should have given him a super short leash. Roberts should have said, I'm going to watch real closely. And even if after one or two batters, Darvish looks bad, we're not messing around. We're taking him out and, and, and putting wood in. You have the whole pitching staff to burn on game seven. There's, there's no more games for the rest of the year. So Yeah, there's no, there's no more games. Exactly. Yeah, so, so, That's so, my so, so you don't just leave him in for a few innings saying, well, we can't burn our pitchers because what about tomorrow? You know, there's no tomorrow. You, you, so the second he looks bad, you don't, you don't sit around and, and let him blow it. You, you, you see after two batters he sucks, take him out. And then, and then you put so in – So, Todd, yeah. Todd, Todd, what, in your opinion, what is your play if you, were, if you are fucking uh, – if Dave I'm, Roberts. If I'm Dave Roberts, I, I, would, I would have started Wood. But if I did start Darvish, I would have watched super closely and taken him out after two batters. That's what I would have done. In okay, that. wait, wait, wait. wait. No, hold up, hold up. So if you were to start Darvish, who the fuck you put in after? You put in Wood or, and then, or, and then or, or, or Kershaw. One of those two is fine. I would have, I would have started uh, Kershaw personally. Okay, I mean, why not? It, it, well, because he pitched uh, in Game Five, which wasn't very long ago, so he's, he was tired. But but uh, but definitely the big mistake I yeah, think Game Seven, and you have the best pitcher in the fucking planet, uh, and he he actually isn't sucking like he normally does when he plays in the playoffs. So you might as well roll him well, out. No, his last start, his last start was his last start was good. Game Seven, Todd. I know, but his last you have to roll him out. His last start wasn't good either. That's the other problem at Kershaw. So I, I'm not saying it, it, they shouldn't have pitched him. I'm just saying I, I think I agree with Trader Ruski. They should have started Wood. And if they didn't start Wood, if you're, if you're going to start Darvish, you can't let him in there to flail and give up five runs. You can't do it. You've got to, you've got to drop him as soon as it seems he doesn't that have it. That was the worst. I, I agree. It was. I could not comprehend how he kept him in the game. Giving up all those runs. I yeah. mean, it's just totally ridiculous. Well, a, lot, a lot of people will be questioning that. So I'll talk more about the baseball towards the end. Just curious, who is this? You know who it is. Okay. Okay. 
All right, thank you. So, uh, yeah, so thank you for that call. We'll, we'll talk more about it later. And uh, I don't, I don't want to bore too many people with baseball talk that uh, who, you know, people who may not be interested in that. But uh, just wanted to answer that. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let me go back to the Bovada thing. So if you get disconnected, if you get disconnected and it folds you, you may just think, okay, that's a fact of life of online poker. Uh, you may have just gotten used to the fact that there will be disconnects in online poker, especially with a, with a poor software. Um, now we're getting another call. Okay, I'll take this last call, and then we're going to finish the damn segment. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, long-time uh, radio listener, forum lurker. I just wanted to know, is there any truth that Barry's wife is aggressive? I'll hang up and listen. Thank okay, you. thank you. Now, Barry's wife is not aggressive. There's some discussion on the forum about Barry. and some, It's not worth getting into. Barry's wife, we're talking about Dirty B from the forum. He's a longtime member of the community. doesn't play poker much, but uh, I've met his wife. It was, it was a long time ago, but I met his wife. She was very nice, uh, actually pretty. You know, So Barry actually did pretty well, and I did not find her to be aggressive, even though there's been that discussion on the forum recently, so... No issues with Barry's wife. And they've been together a long time, too. Okay, so th- thank you guys for these uh, questions. I'm getting, now I'm not answering further phone calls until we get past the segment. That's it. So people have just gotten used to the fact that if you get disconnected on whatever poker site you play and you lose money, that is just a, it's just a fact. You just It's frustrating, but then you figure you'll play someone else who will get, also get disconnected, and then you'll beat them maybe when you're not supposed to. I, I have had it at times where, like, I miss a flush draw on the river and I win the hand because my opponent got disconnected. Unfair. I'm sure, I for sure had the worst hand, but that's what happens. But I've had it also where I've, I've had top set on the river and, and there's no straighter flush draw out there and, uh, you know, there's no straighter flush that hit. And I try to bet. It, it, it doesn't respond and I time out and, and they win, which is infuriating. So... It, it happens both ways, and people just get used to the fact that it happens both ways, and they, and they just kind of explain that to themselves, and when they lose hundreds or sometimes even thousands of dollars from a pot that where they should have won because of a disconnect, they just chalk it up to the way online poker is. Well, you don't necessarily have to. If you get disconnected or the software crashes or whatever, you don't complete a hand where you've put in money, even just the blinds, any money you put in that you lost because of a disconnect, and don't worry about whether you're ahead or behind in the hand. Don't, don't say, oh, I would have lost anyway. That's not important here. If you put in money and did not get to complete the hand, then you may be entitled to the money back that you put in. Not, you're not necessarily entitled to the money that you would have won, but at the same time, if you had a bad hand, you're not, you also would be entitled to the money. It doesn't matter that your hand sucked or that you missed a draw or whatever. So you should check the hand history. Every hand has a hand number. It should be in the corner of the screen. If you can't find it or, or the software just crashes and you don't have it, you can go back into the hand history tool. You can call the customer support for help on how to find that or use it if you don't uh, know how to use it. And you can find the last hand you played and get the hand history number there. Then call up the support for Bovada or Ignition. Uh, but before you call support, you should look at the hand history. And if you see that others got disconnected. If it wasn't just you, then it was likely an issue on Bovada's end. Either their server had a problem or there was some internet connectivity issue that 
multiple people experienced. If that's the truth, if that happened, they might refund you the money that you put into that hand. So for example, I had it where I was on the small blind in a 30-60 limit hold'em game. So it was $15. Not a huge sum of money, but it was still $15. And then the whole thing just crashed. So in the past, I just said, all right, well, that's the way it goes. It crashes sometimes. That's it. So I went and pulled up the hand history. I was a little annoyed I had queen-jack suited in a three-handed game. And that's a pretty good hand, small blind, queen-jack suited in a three-handed game. I for sure would have three-bet that. So I was a little annoyed, and I said, you know what? Let me go check this. I went and checked, and, and sure enough, uh, all three players were disconnected. So who won? The big blind won. Because basically, I posted the small. The big posted his big. Before anyone could act, we all got disconnected. So the button automatically folded. I automatically folded. And who's left? The big blind, who also automatically folded. But, but because he's the last one to act, he, he wins. So that was the way the hand went. So I called up. They looked into it. They said, yeah, we see. All three players disconnected. Okay, here's $15 back. So what if it had been more than $15? What if I put in, uh, what if, let's say I flopped a queen, top pair or something, and I put in a lot of action, and then on the river I got disconnected. Well, believe it or not, if the same thing happened, if all three players got disconnected, they would have given me back what I put in. They would not have given me what I would have won in the pot if I were ahead, but at the same time, let's say, let's say it was queen-jack versus ace-queen, the flop was queen-high. We put in a lot of action, and I didn't improve. And then river disconnects. Uh, there's a good chance they still would have given me all the money I put in, even though I would have lost. At the same time, let's say uh, the other guy had queen 10 and I would have outkicked him, I, I, I would not have gotten his money, only my own back. But it's still a lot better than losing it. So this is what Set of K's said in response. And he's, I, I posted about this, and he is a, a frequent player on, on those sites. He says, yep, the server sucks ass, but they are very good about giving out refunds. This doesn't affect you, but I have a tip for sit, for sit and go players who are disconnected. If you disconnect, it will refund your buy-in if you can't reconnect. But let's say you disconnect with twenty five hundred chips, and you're finally able to reconnect and have two hundred fifty chips left. You won't get a refund. So, depending on what your stack size was, just sitting it out might be the best plan. So, what he's saying is, that at any point, if you get disconnected, even if it seems like it's if it's even on your end, that if you're playing sit and goes on Bovada or Ignition. And you just you, you get a disconnect, whether it's your fault or theirs, that their policy is, according to him, I haven't verified this, but their policy is that they will give you a refund for the buy-in of the sit-and-go, but only if you reconnect after it's over. Because if you reconnect and you still have chips, it'll just sit you with whatever chips there are. So he's saying if you had a ton of chips and you reconnect with very few chips, then they won't give you a prorated refund for the equity you lost. It's just tough luck. So he's saying that if you think you've lost enough chips from being blinded off, uh, you're probably better off just uh, not logging in again for an hour. <laughs> and then uh, then you'll have surely blinded off completely and, and lost, and then they'll give you the refund. But but then again, if you if you have a ton of chips and you can reconnect like a minute later, then probably the blinds didn't eat up most of your stack, and then you're probably better off just uh, continuing to play. So uh, that's something also to know, that if you disconnect from a sit-and-go, that you can get the full buy-in back. So um, then I, I, I asked a set of Ks for his opinion. I said, I just played a cash game where I was the only one disconnected from their crappy server. So do I have a shot at a refund there? He said, well, you should be able to. If they were having no server issues at that time, there's a decent chance they'll say it's your connection and maybe won't refund you. Um, 
but he said, uh, I, I think it would be strange, though, if you disconnected because of their server when nobody else on their site was having issues. See, he's wrong about that. Sometimes just uh, there's crappy software causes a disconnection, and it's not about uh, like everybody getting disconnected. So he says, I've never had a disconnect when the site wasn't having issues. If I disconnect, I go right to the 2 plus 2 Bovada thread to confirm others are having issues. That, that's a good policy, actually, to go onto the 2 plus 2 Internet Poker Forum and then go to the Bovada discussion thread and read others posting, hey, is Bovada down? Hey, anyone getting disconnected? And if others are experiencing what you, you were, for sure call up and tell them you got disconnected and others were too, and you have to give them the hand history number. And uh, they will give you a refund for whatever you put into the pot. So definitely worth doing. Now, let's say you play one, two, no limit, and you and you get you lose a dollar from the small blind. Then I'm sure it's not worth your time to do. I, I felt fifteen dollars was worth it. One dollar I would not have called about, even me. So just something I wanted you guys to be aware of. I don't think I've discussed it before. Do, do you remember uh, either of you? Did I discuss this before, or, or is this new? Doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, I, I meant to. This is like an, a month old. <laughs> I, 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 Trader Ruski, you sound like you're on trial. <laughs> I don't. I don't recall. <laughs> that depends on what your definition of is. Is. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's worth doing, you know, especially if you put a good deal of money into the pot. And. So, okay, let's let's uh, move on here. Just wanted to put that tip out there. It's always good to get f- money back from Bovada or Ignition. The Pennsylvania legalization of online poker and online gambling, which looked like it was uh, going to happen, just needed the governor to sign the bill. Uh, he has signed the bill from... Uh, what I have been told. All right, everybody get in line. Get out that 10 million bucks. Pony up. Yes. So that has that's that's what I read somewhere. I haven't let me let me make sure. I I had read it but don't now I'm not seeing absolute. I don't want to report this for sure if it's not I, I read it in one place and I never verified it independently. Let's see. Uh I think, uh, yeah, he did sign the bill. Yes, that was correct. I I should just trust my initial thing I said. Yes, he signed the bill. So it's going to be reality. The problem is those horrendous taxes, the 54% taxes on gross revenue. We don't know how they're going to manage that one without other income streams that are not taxed at that rate like the brick and mortars have. But that's, and and the, the millions of dollars per license that uh, people have to apply for where they can <laughs> they can apply for like the bundled license for 10 million bucks. So we're not sure where that's going to go, but it has been signed into law. And we're not going dis- to discuss that further. If you want to hear more of a discussion on that, you can go to last week's show. But here's an interesting side note to the whole thing. In addition to the fact that Pennsylvania is probably going to, then they haven't they haven't said anything about this yet, but it just it makes sense because I'm sure they will have looked at the online poker situation in New Jersey and Nevada and Delaware and see that the whole thing has been a fail and that the way they're trying to co- to combat that is to combine player pools, which is very important to do. 
I have to think Pennsylvania is going to take a page out of their book and combine with them. They haven't said they will, but they haven't said they won't, and I think they probably will after they look into it. So you have Pennsylvania. You have New Jersey. What do these two states have in common, for those of you who are U.S. geography experts? Uh, I'll ask uh, Cal Watt, who lives in that area of the country. What, What do New Jersey and Pennsylvania have in common geographically? They border New York? Yes. Exactly. Thank you. They border New York. So New York is the one that does not currently have legalized online gambling, but they do have legalized daily fantasy sports. And there was uh, a pretty high-profile battle over that, and it ended up with legalization. So now that that's over... Now it's time for New York to consider, and they have been talking about this. It's not like they've been ignoring it. They have been talking about legalizing online gambling or at least online poker. And New York does have some budget needs at the moment. They might be tempted by the prospect of uh, pulling in tax revenue on this, especially if they think Pennsylvania is getting away with charging people 54%, or not people, but uh, the companies 54% who get licensed. So New York will probably take a page from their neighbors in Pennsylvania and New Jersey and do this as well, because they've already been thinking about it, they've already been discussing it, and I would think Pennsylvania, which is a more populous state than New Jersey, I I would think that they're pushing it through will probably be a catalyst to New York approving this. Maybe something very similar to Pennsylvania as part of the state's uh, 2018 budget. And if not, then maybe for the following year. So let's say Pennsylvania joins with New Jersey and Nevada and Delaware. And suddenly you have what's starting to look like a viable player pool. Maybe they won't be fail sites anymore. Can you imagine if New York joins that too? then we can start to have a legalized online poker market that can look decent. There's still a very, very big omission of California there. But those three states combined, plus Nevada, Delaware's inconsequential, but those three states plus Nevada, I think you could have a pretty functional room with a lot of players. New York has the second biggest population in the U.S., only behind California. So if you get those three states together and Nevada and throw Delaware in for good measure and all of their players are into one pool, then we could have something. And then if it starts to generate revenue, and this is all exponential the way it could happen because in poker, it's not like blackjack where you can play solo. Poker, you need other players. Poker... You you need action to create action. And that's why rooms dating back to the old days of of brick-and-mortar poker would pay prop players just to get games going and keep them going. So if you really have a a decent-sized player pool and a lot more games get going, then that helps all of the states that are cooperating with one another. And then... It can actually start to make money, 
And then other states can start to say, hey, we, went in, we want in on this too. Because right now, nobody is, is dying to have online poker because it's been a fail. That's why at Pennsylvania, they pass not just online poker, but they also have online gambling. They're, they're going to have uh, slot-type games and also table-type games played virtually. So if, if this is successful, then other states are going to want to get in on it. And it's already thought that perhaps Pennsylvania's approval of full online gambling not sports betting, where they can't do that, but the but full online gambling, which includes table games, slot type games, and poker, that a large state like Pennsylvania doing this will be the catalyst to other large states, or maybe even other medium states, getting involved and also approving it. So this this might be a very very important decision that came out of Pennsylvania because it may influence other states, and especially once New York gets on board, then you're going to have a lot of states really taking it seriously. That, hey, if New York's doing it, maybe we should too. And maybe one day we will finally have something that resembles online poker pre-Black Friday. And will anyone give a fuck by the time that actually happens? That's the question. <laughs> that is the question. But, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm still holding out hope that it can happen and that... Uh, I can open up uh, an online poker room that is legalized and regulated, and even if it's running competently, that at least I have someone to complain to. At least I have regulators I can complain to. At least, uh, at least there's certain rules they have to adhere to. I, I just, uh, it's always a little unnerving. Even the bigger rooms like Bovada, that just they can just do whatever they want. It was like, yeah, you know, it was so frustrating that like when when Bovada's payment processor was just skimming from from my deposit and charging me extra, and Bovada just said. F you. We're not doing anything about it. And I had to I had to threaten them to, to make them look terrible on this show in order to get them to pay me. And that, that, that was the only way I got them to get to give me my damn uh, 80 bucks that they stole from me, that the payment processor stole from me, was by threatening them with this show. And I said, you know what? If I didn't have this show, there would be no way they would have given it to me. So it would be so nice to at least have poker rooms that won't do this. And, and believe me, we've seen plenty of fails with WSOP.com and the other legalized rooms. I, I've had a lot of critical things to say about them, and some things they've done have really surprised me. But at least they're, they're licensed and regulated. At least there's only so many bad things they can do. And, they, and, and the best thing is that they cannot disappear with your money. At least you know that. At least you know that any balance you have shown on there, you will get paid. And that's a big thing. Because any other site could just disappear at any time, much like Five Dimes may have done. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to check right now. Is Five Dimes up? Nope. This site cannot be reached, it says. So, again, not quite time to panic, but uh, I, uh, I have to say it's, it's a little unnerving. Not for me, personally, but for anyone who has money on Five Dimes. Uh, this was what... I just clicked on the link... Of course, it has to autoplay something. It says, uh, R.J. Bell in Las Vegas uh, tweeted out, confirmed rumor. This was uh, yesterday. Unknown Vegas better, who's 5-0 and in the World Series, letting it all ride on each game. Now up $8 million. He bet it all on Dodgers tonight. Now, that was not tonight. This was last night. So the Dodgers won. 
So then, after he was six for six, it says he's expected to have fourteen million in action tomorrow. I'll let you know who he's betting ASAP. So, let me see if he ever updated that. I want now. I want to know who he bet on tonight. <laughs> Who did, who did he bet on tonight? It, it, it did say on the news that he decided not to bet Game 7. Oh, okay, money. okay. I was, I, was, I was searching R.J. Bell's page, and I couldn't find it. Okay, good. See, this is why I keep you around. But he was leaning Dodgers. That's what this says. What, what, was, was it uh, – boy, he's got to be happy he didn't do that. So was, was it uh, ever reported who it is? I don't think so. They still say he's anonymous. Uh, so th- this is what R.J. Bell said about him. He's Eastern European. He's younger than 30. And he's spreading bets across town in Las Vegas. He tried to bet $2. million at one book, but I guess he wasn't uh, successful. This sounds like an online poker player <laughs> the Eastern European. Actually, it's probably like some uh, organized crime figure. Like, how are you going to have $8 million? I guess he won some of it by letting it ride on five games in a row, but is he just like an extreme degenerate, or is he just some rich guy who just wanted to take a shot? So anyway, if he really did just check it out in the final game and, and it was leaning Dodgers, that's like how how happy does he have to be right now? Well, that's interesting. Thank you to the person who uh, texted that to me. I did not bet on any of these games. People people criticize me for this. Like, how can you be a big Dodgers fan and not bet on them? Especially because I'm like posting NBA plays at the same time. So. People thought it was strange. I'm betting on like early season NBA and not betting on the team I'm really a big fan of in baseball in the World Series. But I I didn't want that to interfere with my enjoyment of the World Series. Even if I bet on the Dodgers, I didn't want that as the extra effect of uh, whether I want them to win or lose. I just want I just wanted the pure Dodgers fan experience of just enjoying their win for the fandom of the Dodgers not not winning or losing money with them winning and losing with them winning and losing so I didn't do it I've actually done very well in the NBA I've been betting on actually I came up with a a completely new uh, handicapping strategy for for the NBA and I'm not I'm not going to describe it out here but I I just I took a hard look in the mirror which which one has to do sometimes when when you lose money in poker and any other kind of gambling you have, you have to take a hard look in the mirror and say Am I really positive expectation here, or am I throwing away money? And I, I did. I took that hard look in the mirror regarding the NBA, and I said, you know what? I'm an NBA sports betting fish. I, I'm not doing anything that I am convinced that I, I that I've given myself an edge. I've just basically uh, going on certain feelings, certain games, and you know, and other factors. It was, it was more than just feelings, but I, I, I didn't see myself doing anything that was significantly different than most others are doing who are coming up with uh, reasons to bet games. And of course there's the, the house juice, which you have to beat. So I said, if I'm going to continue with this and I didn't bet much NBA last year for that reason, because I just, uh, I got to a bad start and I just, I, I just gave up on it. But I said, okay, if I'm going to do it this year, I've got to come up with a completely different strategy. I've got to, I've got to redo the whole thing. And come up with something I'm more confident with. So I did. I came up with a completely different way of doing things. And so far, I'm 13-2. and two. 
which is I've never had a, a, a 13 and two run in the NBA in my life. Right? I don't think in anything. I, I, I don't think I've ever bet any sports 13 and two in 15 games. Whatever, man. My my wife just beat us. We we play cards every night before yeah. we go to bed. She beat us four games in a row at Uno, and now she's going to go pro. Well, she's she's not thirteen and two though. It's four and zero. Oh. That's a different story. Four and zero, oh, man. They're undefeated. I know. It's, it's, it's uh, anyone can go four and zero. Oh. <laughs> thirteen and two is a tougher. So and oh, not only that. Let me tell you about this. Of these thirteen, these were not like cheap wins. Most of them, including the three today that I had, were like blowout wins for me, where I, where it wasn't even close. Where if that happens, you're feeling really good because you're not just you're not just happening to land on the right side of the spread. Like you're you're just blowing it away almost every time, and that's a most of my thirteen wins were were by wide margins, which is especially tough. So, yes, I, I've obviously had some luck in there. I'm not going to continue at a thirteen out of fifteen pace. There's no chance. But uh, uh, so that that's what I've been focusing on as far as the sports betting. I was not uh, betting on the World Series, but I'm not going to let it ride, and I'm not going to bet eight million dollars on anything. So, Doug Polk won an award. He won an award I did not know existed. I didn't know that YouTube actually gives out awards to people. Were you aware of that? Any, either of you? I, I think I heard something people. about it, but I'm not... Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know much about it. Yeah, so there's a an award called the Silver Play Button. And uh, this uh, this is from uh, YouTube. This is from their own page. It's called. It says uh, it's called the Silver Creator Award. Reach 100,000 subscribers, and you'll receive a Silver Creator Award that you can proudly show off to your family, friends, and fans. And this is really a physical award they send to you. It's not. A, it's not an email award or. A, a virtual award is a physical thing you can hold in your hand with a silver play button in a frame. They also have a gold play button, which is if you get a million subscribers. And then they have a diamond creator award, which is a different looking thing. It's like a little diamond on, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's, it's a, it's not in a frame. It's it's kind of a strange. It's like a diamond in a diamond. I don't think it's a real diamond, and I don't think the gold award is real gold, and I don't think that uh, the silver award is real silver. But nevertheless, these are physical awards they give you. And it says once your channel qualifies, we'll notify you to redeem the award. All you'll have to do is sign into the awards redemption portal and input your information. After we get your info, you can expect your award to arrive in six to ten weeks. Come on, six to ten weeks? Really? Like, this is so easy for them to make. And they said, we'll keep it honest. Each channel is reviewed before an award is issued to keep the playing field fair. We only recognize creators that have played by the rules. That means creators to keep their accounts in good standing without copyright tracks, community guideline violations, or, or artificially increased subscriber counts. So, let's talk Don't about... bring up Thomas. Uh, <laughs> I know you're about to with his botting. <laughs> so, so uh, Doug Polk has won that award. He's won the Silver Creator Award. He actually took a picture with it. A person behind Doug Polk's channel, someone who's been producing the content and a very good job of it, is Seriously Serious. But Seriously Serious, unfortunately, had a scandal a few years ago 
where he was viewbotting one of his songs he created. Not even a poker song, just like a general song he made. Uh, he viewbotted it to give himself like millions of views when in reality it got nowhere near that. Uh, he was caught by someone on 2 Plus 2 and then he owned up to it. Now, Sears is serious that generally an honest, he's an honest guy. He's not, I, I like him. He doesn't make a habit of doing things like this. It was just a lapse in judgment where he wanted to promote something new he did and thought, okay, well, you know, if I give myself a lot of fake views, maybe it'll get more people to see my song. So, but, but yeah, you have to think, okay, Seriously Serious is the man behind Doug Polk's channel. Doug Polk accumulates 100,000 subscribers. Hmm. How, oh, did, no. how did that happen? How I can, knew you were going there. Are there really 100,000 <laughs> poker players who want to hear, I mean, Doug Polk, I know he's pretty popular, but are there really 100,000 who want to see Doug Polk's work or... Might we have had some bots there, but I guess I guess he really does because uh, he got the award. They they vetted him and he got the award. And... Oh come on! <laughs> so I mean it, that very well could be true, but let's put this in perspective. So the number one YouTube channel, how many subscribers do you think it has? Uh, Twenty million. 97 million. Oh, wow. Is that PewDiePie? No, it's actually it, the channel yeah. is called Music. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I mean, I'm sure it's, it's music. music. Yeah, but I, like, who runs it? I, I think it might actually be a YouTube oh, channel. Oh, okay, okay. That's, that kind of doesn't You know count. where they got the categories and stuff yeah, like that? So the, the actual. Okay, okay. That doesn't count. Fine. The actual, like, number one that is not a YouTube channel thing. What, how many do you think he's got? I, I think it's probably that PewDiePie guy. I think it's probably like 20. It is PewDiePie, and he's got 56 million. Oh, wow. Crazy. And according to this, holy shit, 15 billion video views. What's That's amazing, he, he made all this He makes millions a year, and it's just by like playing games on there. Like a, It's just so crazy to me. People could just make money just, just like playing games on YouTube. And when I see that, and we've talked about this before. At least I don't feel bad because I know I couldn't have done it because I'm too old and I would not have appealed to that demographic. They'd say, who's this old guy playing games? I don't want to watch my dad playing games on here. That's what they would have thought if I was playing. So, but, but still, it's just amazing to me that these, guys can, these young guys can just like play games on there and then get this following of all these kids and, uh, and just make huge money like this. Well, not, not only are you too old, and I, I'm sure that any of these people would be perfectly candid to say that um they just got lucky yeah <clears throat> you know i mean there are there are millions of people that would love to be doing that for a living oh i know i know there's there's a lot who have tried to imitate that and have failed uh, by the way i have tried a uh, poker fraud alert has a channel it's, it's uh the just called poker fraud alert on youtube and, and <laughs> it's I, not called the hot carl <laughs> no and, and i actually maybe if it was called that i get more more views but i actually got a, an award from youtube also and uh, I, I got the, the Cubic Zirconia play button for, for having uh, more than 200 subscribers. <laughs> but let's, let's keep putting this kind of in perspective. And, you know, I don't think it's that ridiculous that these guys uh, can make a lot of money doing this. It's, it's no less ridiculous that people can make money doing dumb shit on TV. You know, like, what's the difference, really? It's the same thing. Um, 
but let's get back to so who what do you think the the hundredth um youtube the the top you know the number hundredth place how many subscribers do you think he has uh eight million ten million half close so let's go to the thousandth subscribe uh youtube channel how many do you think it has three million you're really close uh, 2.8 million. Wow, goodness. and it's it's Sesame Street, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, it's Sesame Street. <laughs> um, but let let's go all the way down to number five thousand on the list, the five thousandth most popular YouTube channel. How many subscribers do you think it has? 1.3 million. You're yeah, you're a little high. 850,000. Okay, but just think about that though. The five thousandth most popular YouTube channel has got 850,000. There have got to be an incredible number of YouTube channels that have more than 100,000 subscribers. Yeah. Not that I'm saying it's not a, a you yeah, know, I'm not trying to belittle the accomplishment because I think that uh, Polk has put in a lot of work and I think that he's created, uh, you know, fun, compelling content and deserves the accolades and it's not easy to get to 100,000. Especially but, in poker. You know, that, just, that, that's the amazing thing to me is with, with yeah. poker, it just doesn't have that big of an audience. So the fact that he accumulated 100,000 uh, subscribers who, who want to watch his videos about poker, is that, that's really amazing. Because, like, how many are you going to get as a poker channel? I, I think a decent number of them have got to be, you know, just for the entertainment aspect. Although it is, I mean, from the ones that I've seen, it is pretty poker heavy. But like Jason Somerville, for instance, like... He got an incredible number of people watching him on Twitch, and I'm sure a large percentage of them have no fucking idea what he's doing as far as poker goes. You what? know, he just, they just found him entertaining. What, what's interesting also is he passed Negranu, uh, Doug Polk, in, in uh, number of subscribers. Oh, uh, uh, Negranu ain't going to like that. And, and he stayed ahead. Like he passed him, and, and they, they've kind of grown, uh, grown around the same rate, so he, he just kind of stayed ahead of him the whole way. So. Yeah. Let me go and this, you know, I mean, I've said it a couple of times, and I still think it's true. I think that Polk wants to become a, a media personality, and this is showing that he's well on his way to doing that. You know? He's barely ahead of Negreanu, but Negreanu has 143,000, and Polk has 149,000. So this shows you how long it takes to get that damn award, because he, he passed 100,000. He's, he's almost at 150, and, and yet uh, he just got the award. I wonder if Negranu got this award. He, he must have, but maybe he hasn't received it physically yet. I don't. It's it's. Uh, no, but it said you had to like. He might not even know it. Oh exists. yeah, yeah. He may, right. He may not have known or, or applied to get it. Yeah. You oh, have, you have to apply to get it. Well, sort of. Well, yeah. you just have to put in. You just have to ask for it. Yeah, it's like so they have some portal, like the award portals. Is it you? You have qualified for the silver play button, and you have to they enter your address, and if you don't do it, they just won't send it. Oh, this is funny. Oh, <laughs> okay. So in Wikipedia, it says, in December 2016, YouTuber PewDiePie received the Ruby Trophy, known as the Ruby Play Button, as a gift for reaching over 50 million subscribers. It was made in the shape of his channel's logo, (laughs) a hand in the process of giving a fist bump. It came with several mini awards to give out to subscribers uh, that was with him the longest and are still active is not referenced in the creator's award page, and it is unknown if such a trophy will be given out to any other YouTuber who surpasses that milestone in the future. So it's a fist? Like you're getting fisted by him? 
I mean, apparently. It's a red fist, too. It's like a ruby. <laughs> it's appropriate, I guess, depending on where you, <laughs> yeah, depending where you, depending on where you fist. Uh, yeah. so, uh, by the way... By the way, I, smart move to apply for this thing and, and to make a big deal out of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. From a PR point of view, definitely a smart move to do it. I, I, I wonder how many of these decisions are managed by Seriously Serious. Like, I wonder if Seriously Serious is like, hey, Doug, you, you got this award. Uh, we're going to apply for it. We're going to make a video about it. Like, I... I, I could totally see seriously serious being the one to bring that to his attention, and then telling him he should. Yeah, that it's out probably there. him or or someone else. I mean, I have no idea how many people work on uh, on the team with him. I have no idea, but I'm sure I'm sure Polk isn't out there cruising YouTube to find out about the fucking silver play button. <laughs> you know? By the way, I, I, think I just can't see it. Seriously serious is being paid pretty well because. He posted this publicly. That's the only reason I'm going to talk about this out here. Otherwise, if he had just told me privately, I wouldn't say this. But uh, Marty was bragging about the fact that he was getting $15,000 a month for, for going on these ships. Now, M- Marty's not on these ships 12 months a year, so he's not getting 180k a year. But uh, he claims he's getting 150 He's claiming – and he even posted like, a picture of a check – getting uh, $15,000 a month when he is on these ships when he's uh, – he's the one who's like – making the food for the guys on the ships. So he was mocking seriously serious and talking about, I, I don't know. I, I think he wasn't fully aware of seriously serious as, uh, I, actually, I, I can't tell you. I, there were some, they, they kind of always argue on the forum there. So seriously serious responded by saying something like, uh, I make roughly what you do. And I don't consider myself rich. Something like that. I think Marty was, was bragging about all the money he was making and seriously serious responding like, hey, I make that too and I, I don't consider myself rich. So that's interesting. Now, I don't know if he means he makes overall what he thinks Marty makes a year. He's Marty's not working 12 months a year or if he means like per month. But if he really is making 15K a month from Doug Polk doing these videos and seriously serious is doing quite well. I mean, I have no idea. I... Unless he has a profit-sharing arrangement, you know, he gets some percentage of the money that the channel makes or something, I would say 15 k a month is way, way too high. <laughs> Don't let Doug Polk hear this, but... Uh, no, I'm, no, no, no. I mean, if it was just a salary, you know what I mean? Well, he, he, uh, he did say that he got a raise when Doug won all that money at the World Series, so right. maybe... That- I'm just saying I know people that are, that are video editors for a living, and they're not making no 15 grand a month. Yeah. They're making good money, you know, but it, it, it definitely could be something where there's some kind of a profit sharing arrangement or, I mean, we have no idea. Maybe he does, he manages more of the, the business than we know and he, and he yeah, is more or, or, or it could just be no that the, the channel started to do so well and, and, and make money and, and upswing poker is making money because of that. And, and, and Doug's like, okay, I, do, I want to pay this guy well because I really like what he's doing and, uh, and I'm doing very well now. So I just... I, even if it is overpaying him, I, I'm very happy with the work, and, I, and I, I'm not going to try to bargain shop and, and, and get someone cheaper who won't do as good of a job. Oh. The, the way you keep valuable, smart people is you, you pay them a competitive salary, and then you profit share so that they have a vested interest in how well whatever they work on does. Well, that, that might be the best way, but that may not be what Doug is doing. He may just say, you know, I'm, I'm just I'm, – I have no idea what he's doing, but it certainly could be something like that, and – I think that if he is doing that, that's a smart thing to do. I mean, give talented people a vested vested interest in the the product that they're working on, and they're going to be more interested in working on it. 
Yeah, and you can you can definitely see if you have anyone who's familiar with seriously serious in his videos, you can definitely see his influence in in these videos very much. That he's oh yeah, he's very very the, much the before and after was ridiculous. He, he's he's very much involved in this. He's not just uh, you know put, cutting things together and putting up a few titles. Like he's he, he's very right. much involved in the whole production of it, and the, and they're done very well. So it's it's not just Doug Polk's. Name in poker because he's a good player and, and a successful player, and and his personality. It's also the the production of the videos, the scripting of the videos, everything else like that, which I I know seriously serious has a lot to do with. So all right, drop. Let's just say it. The silver play button award is seriously serious award. Really, <laughs> it's a lot of it. I won't I won't give him full credit because it is not only Doug Polk's name and poker accomplishments, which draws people there, but but. Obviously, Doug has a personality that a lot of people enjoy and want to keep coming back and watching it. So, right. I, so that's uh, I have to give him credit for that. Yeah, and that you know the behind the scenes talent is important. The on on screen talent is important. I'm just saying I don't think he's getting no hundred k visitors unless uh, Thomas was involved. Yes, I, I agree. In my in my opinion, I, I don't think so. Either. And and that's nothing against Polk. I'm not saying that. Uh, you know, he never would have gotten anywhere without him or anything like that. I just, I'm just saying that I think he added a lot to it. Yeah, he did. So, yeah, so seriously, serious. Uh, he, obviously, with everything good that happens to Doug Polk, that uh, he he benefits from it, and that it was enough for him to move across the country from Atlanta to Las Vegas. And uh, seriously, serious is married too. So he's. Uh, and by the way, I would agree with Thomas's general statement that 15k a month. Let, let's just say that Thomas was talking about. It's a 15k a month every month, so 180 grand a year, right? Yeah, totally agree that you're not rich making 180 grand. In fact, depending on where you live, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you you may, uh, I mean, you know, you're doing okay, but you know, you live in uh, somewhere out in the valley, you're you're not living that high on the hog. Trust me. Yeah, I mean, must, you, must... you can't get a or you can't get any kind of reasonable house for less than a million bucks. Yeah. So how does that 180 grand look? You know. And that's pre-tax, by the way. So after tax, you know. Now in Las Vegas, goes, in Las Vegas, it goes further. The, the the prices of houses have gone up there, but you can right. get uh, you don't have to spend a million bucks to get a good house. Right. In Vegas. I'm I'm not talking about specifically where he lives. I'm just saying in certain areas of the country, 180 grand, you know, after taxes, yada yada yada. Maybe you got like 110, 120, something like that. That doesn't go that far in some areas of the country, especially you know? if you, especially if you're kind of starting from zero and have to because if you've already got a house and it's already paid off and you've already you know, right. then, That's then, different. then it's different because then that most of that money can be uh, used uh, as disposable income and uh, yeah you know, and you can save a lot of it so that's a different story but if it, if you're having to start from scratch with it then yes uh, by the time you pay off uh, the mortgage and everything else the yeah I know plenty of people that are good friends of mine that they live out. In the uh, Silicon Valley area. Oh yeah, it's super expensive. There. And holy fuck, it's ridiculous. Like, and they have, you know, they they've got high paying jobs. You know, they've got two people working, but they are, I mean, like they can't stop working. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. And if you like, see, if you if you see over the Palo Alto, what you get for a million dollars, the houses there, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> it's a very, shack. You, yeah, get you get a get fucking shack. You get very little. You, you get very little. It's it's very. You get, you get a lawn that you could probably pee. You could probably open your door. And pee onto the sidewalk. That's how much lawn you got. You know what I mean? You pee right over your lawn. But yeah. and, but then again, you know, in other parts of the country, um, 
that amount of money is you're doing pretty well. You know? Yeah, so you'll be doing very well in some are. areas with that, uh, that type of money. But, yeah, so yeah. It, it does dep- depend where you live and uh, and it depends how much money you already have coming into it and what, or what assets you have that uh, right worth it. So, so yeah. And, and also, very few people actually have their house paid off, Drew. Yeah, well, and, I mean, I know, I know you, you know, you got all those gold letters all paid off, but very few people have their house paid off. Into in, and it's not usually until people are in their fifties or sixties, and even then, a lot of people, I think, a majority of people in the in the country, I think, the amount, like the average amount saved or something like that, is like negative a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it, re- it's retarded. There's there's a problem in general. Ah, uh, shit! What? Fuck! I said retarded. Who's that social justice warrior guy that we had on? He's going to be so mad oh, at me oh, if he uh, still listens. Oh, Andrew Barber? Yeah, Andrew Barber. Sorry, Andrew. It slipped out. I, I, you know, I don't think that'll bother him as much. It, it gets him more angry if it's like about black people or women. I think that's what really gets him mad. I think the uh, right. I think the retarded thing would only be a, a minor bone to pick from him. So, All right, so he doesn't care about retarded no, people. No, no. They've, they've got the certain causes that they have to really obsess over. So... Okay. You were going to say, Trader Risky, you were to say something? I was just going to say that he said an act was retarded, wasn't calling a person retarded. I think he'll let it pass. Okay. Okay. All right. Trader Risky, you know what I'm talking about, though, right? 180 grand, depending on where you live, it's almost nothing. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, that's why you're seeing all these Silicon Prairies and all these other places pop up, because right. they can't even afford you know the people they have in the Valley. It's ridiculous. You know, there's also something to be said for you know, how people spend their money. A lot of people are just very irresponsible with money, and even when they think they're being responsible, they're really not. And there's just a uh, with most people, if you looked carefully at how they're spending their money, you could identify a lot of waste, and they could cut out a lot of the waste that wouldn't even affect their lifestyle or what they're enjoying. Like it's one thing to cut out things that you enjoy doing that you don't necessarily have to spend on, but uh, but you want to. I'm talking about there's a lot, a lot of waste, a lot of things that people. Uh, Kind of just do wrong that adds up, right. but uh, right. that's a problem too. And and people also, I think a lot of people have a, a bad attitude or wrong attitude, not bad, a wrong attitude regarding saving money, where they they just feel like if they have money, it just feels weird to save it, that they just have to spend it in some way. And also, credit cards make people feel like they 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 just have extra money they can spend as long as they can pay off the credit, you know, pay the minimum on the credit card. That's all they need to do. And, and this causes a lot of people to have just endless debt, and they don't understand how it's happening. I got I got a funny story about that, Drew. So, as you know, I owned a software company for a long time. And Trader Ruski, you might find this kind of amusing, too. I don't know. And I, I was on a, a kick of not, like, uh, accumulating credit card debt. Like, I thought it was a terrible thing, and, you know, it's just horrible because you can never get out from under it and all that stuff. So, long, long ago, I had... Uh, paid off all my credit cards, and I only kept an Amex card if I needed it. Uh, and then everything else was debit card, right? So, made an offer to uh, all of uh, my employees. I said, "Look, I brought them in one by one, and I said, you tell me how much you owe in credit card debt. We're going to give you a one-time reset, where I'm going to pay off all of your credit card debt." Right? <laughs> that's the, and, dangerous to do there. <laughs> I. I you may have been. Were you surprised with some of them were? That the, well, they were all you know higher than I thought they would be. Yeah. But boy, this one, this one is really funny. Is that one guy came in and he's like, oh, you know, I, I probably have you know 
I, I, I kind of feel bad about it, but I, I probably have about, you know, five grand in credit card debt, right? And understand, we're in upstate New York, so this is not like, you know, L.A. or anything like that. So it's a reasonable amount of, of credit card debt to have, especially when you're talking about, I mean, the, some of the interest rates on these things, especially if you miss payments, they can be over 20%. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yes, it's horrible. Um, so anyway, he comes back in the next day. And he comes in my office and he shuts the door and he's like, look, I, I feel really bad about this. I went home and I talked with, to my wife about it. And uh, it turns out that uh, apparently we have a lot of credit cards that I didn't even know we had. So apparently what his wife was doing was doing that thing where, you know, signing up for credit cards and constantly like shifting the debt around <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Ended up being he had $28,000 in credit card debt. 28,000. And we actually did the math. It would, like, in his lifetime, <laughs> if he made minimum payments, he's never paying it off. Like, well, it's just not happening. I don't know if you've seen, the, there's, a, there's a law now that they actually have to put on these statements, like, uh, if you make yep. the minimum payment only, it'll take this long to pay. And, like, I've even yep. had ones where just one month worth of, of charges, and I'm not talking about, like, where I, where I run up, like, tens of thousands. I mean, it's just like I run a few thousands, and it'll say, uh, if if you pay the minimum payment at this rate with the interest of such and such, it will take you 21 years to pay. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, and, and as part of this deal that I made with them, they had to agree that they were – and they had to show me proof that they had canceled all their credit cards. They could keep you – know, and obviously nothing prevents them from you know, going out and going crazy and doing it again. But you know, the, what I told them is you're getting a one-time reset. Don't fuck it up. You know, you know what I would say. I, is, I'd say this is uh, unfair. I'm getting screwed because the bonus I'm going to get is very, very small compared to the other people who lived irresponsibly and ran up a lot of debt. Yeah. Well, you know, whatever. Or maybe I would have immediately gone out and like just started loading up Ovada with all these like, credit card charges. There, there, I wouldn't care if they skimmed. Say, so, yeah. so someone is making a very generous offer to to you, <laughs> and your first thought is how you're going to fucking hustle them. No, only right. only if I only if I feel like I'm getting the shaft here that someone else who had a lot of debt and is living irresponsibly is going to get like a bonus Bro, that I don't. Nobody get. knew what anyone else had. That's the whole point. We did it individually. But I would just you assume I mean? that if I, if they just chose like let's say just this, I'm walking down the street and and uh, like I'm picked along with nine other people to have their credit card debt paid, I would just assume, and, and let's say we count out the, the anything new that I, any new charges that uh, I, I was planning to pay this month. There's a credit card debt that, that was unpaid at the end of the last cycle. Like, I, I would be convinced that I would be the one who would get the least benefit from it of these random ten people grabbed because I never carry a balance. I always, so you would find some way to turn this into a sour, unhappy moment? Well, okay, if it, not if not if I was selected randomly. If I was selected randomly, I'd if I was selected randomly, I would say, okay, well, I'm just getting stuff for free for for someone who who really I'm not giving any benefit to them. They just uh, so they're giving me something for free. I'm not going to be jealous. Other people get more. But if I was working somewhere and I'm feeling like all of us are getting a bonus for being employees here, and then I'm getting screwed because my bonus was based upon living the most responsibly of of everybody else, and I'm getting the least for that reason. That that would be a case where. I would feel like I'm getting screwed. Even though I'm getting something extra that I wasn't necessarily promised, I would still feel like I'm getting screwed because everyone in the company is getting something and I'm getting the least because I was the most responsible. But you have no idea how much anyone else does or does not have. But I'd be able to guess that I was still getting the least. (laughs) That's the problem. 
How would you know? Because I would figure, just knowing that I don't ever carry credit card debt, that uh, all right, that that's the problem. That that, that that's why I want to get the. Well, then thing. you would just have to earn your bonus by being a, an exemplary employee. Okay. No, I just loaded all. <laughs> the bo- I just load a bunch of a whole lot on Bovada and say, "Oh my gosh, look look at all the the women's clothing I bought from Malta. Look look." <laughs> Look at the home improvement tools that that I bought from Bahrain. Like, wow, I, I can't. Uh, if I just bought Trader all this Roos, stuff. do you believe this shit? I know. I can't say I'm surprised, but I do uh, believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, Druff. Okay. Unbelievable. Well, I, I, look, I don't think Druff would try to run it up to a hundred k, but I think he'd come up with an average in his head. Okay, everybody's getting between nine to twelve k. He'd probably come in at ninety five hundred to ten k. You know, I think I'd put like I I put, put like a bug in the room so I could hear what everybody's saying, and the guy would come in. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, my credit card debt. Yeah, I have about eight uh, k. I go, okay, eight. Okay, the next guy. Yeah, I, I've got uh, sixty five hundred. And like, yeah, I come up with the average. I go, okay, I, I don't deserve more than everybody here, but I don't deserve less. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just. Go on Bovada. Okay, let's see. This will help me at the thirty sixty game. Another one thousand. Another one thousand. Another one thousand. Okay. Yeah, we're up to uh, seventy three hundred. Okay. Druff, you know what I or Trader Ruski, You know what I think Druff did when he was a kid, Christmas time. He probably went all around the neighborhood with a, a piece of paper and a pencil, and he wrote down like the estimated value of the presents that everyone got. <laughs> and then he came home, and if he got something less from his parents, he would bitch about it. Say, hey, you give me this present, it only costs you 50 bucks. The average kid in the neighborhood gets $200, right? Oh, wait. Uh, no, I, okay. I don't know that he would have waited for the chance. I'm sure he... Well, first of all, all he wouldn't research... have done it on Christmas. He wouldn't have done it on right. Christmas. Right. Yeah. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Right. All Whatever. The, first of all, you know, all the, you know all the research was pre-done. And then he accidentally yeah. left a notebook open on the kitchen table or something. Right. Right. With his spreadsheet <laughs> of, how, <laughs> of how he got ripped off. For his Hanukkah presents. <laughs> Did it happen, Druff? Tell the truth. No, but I, I was trying to think in my head, though. I was trying to think about times that uh, I was trying to come up with. Like, a, There have been times involving like businesses where I'm getting the shaft in some way. And, and, and what I say, like when I'm trying to reason with them to do whatever for me that uh, someone else would get... I, I say I'm not looking to be treated special. I'm not looking for you guys to do me any favors or to give me something better than everybody else. I say I'm no better than anybody else, but I at least want to get what everybody else got. I, I have used that argument before when I find something that uh, was somehow inequitable to me in some situation, and I say I just want to get what everybody else got. Like, a, and I've used this sometimes, which there's been like an outright mistake. Like, Use this on any girlfriends. No, no. That, be I a, want to get what everyone else. Yeah, got. Well, I, I, you know what? That, that would have been a good application of it. But, uh, I, <laughs> like, 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 for example, I, I, I thought of when I just said it the most recent time was when, when I AT and T just screwed us with that phone trade in thing, and, and where we just didn't get what was promised, and it was like a major promotion they had. It wasn't, and and when they're trying to like argue with me why all the reasons I can't get it or shouldn't get it, and I'm trying to explain to them, look, I went in for this, I was told I would get it, I didn't get it. I said I said to them, I'm not looking for you guys to give me anything special or anything above what was promised. I just want to get what all the other customers who did this got. I, I don't want anything special, but I want exactly what everybody... So I, I have had that before, both in situations where they just agree to something and don't 
keep to it, or I find out later that there is you know something available that wasn't disclosed to me that I could have had, something like that. So so it's, you're not too far off, but you know, it, it's ex- extending it to the whole dating thing. Uh, that's a good point. You know, you could if if I knew that a girl I was dating like. If, if I she got, she gave her boyfriend the hot Carl in the last one. You'd want that, right? Yeah, you used to you used to blow Joey every Friday. I want at least one blowjob a week. Yeah, yeah, we're, fair. We're say, I like, want to get if, what he got. Yeah, I was gonna say like if if, if I knew like two other guys got a blowjob like on the third date and, and we're like on the third date and she's not even let me take her bra off, I, I'd say, look, you know, I, I'm not looking to be treated special like I'm, I'm better than these guys, but at the very least, I want the equivalent. I, I want. Uh, oh, you're, you're so fucking romantic, Drew. <laughs> I really hope your girlfriend hears this episode. She's probably doing a facepalm right now. Well, I, <laughs> it's hard to ask for anything at this point. We've been together over eight years. It's kind of a, so that's a, I, I can't do that anymore with her. The time to do that was was eight years ago. Well, don't you feel that you've <laughs> don't you feel slighted then that you've missed out? Um, no, see, the bottom line is whatever I have at the moment is just uh, that that's that's where it is. That's uh, that's the, the 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 time for those negotiations was a long time ago. You're not gonna. Here, you know, you're not going to tell her something like, hey, you know, I, I heard you used to dress up in a Tinkerbell outfit for this guy. Why don't you do that for me? Well, I don't want to be treated special. I just want to get what everybody else got. Yeah, but then, then there's actually an answer at this point. If you're with someone eight years ago, oh, I was younger back then. Everything was different. You know, they, they, it's, uh, once enough years pass, then uh, there start to become excuses that can be used. So that's... Uh, that's why this is more applicable to things that are like current, where you can just point to something recent that was done for everybody else and not you. Or at least done for some other people, even if not for everybody else. I mean, you could become a sexual justice warrior, Drew. <laughs> actually, you know, yeah. what I, you know what I found? I actually found that the reverse is actually successful, though. If you, if you actually don't ask for anything and just like act like you don't care, that it's like much more likely stuff's going to happen. Than, than well, if you try to, it's also the whole watch pot thing. You know, if you're thinking about what you're not getting, then you're gonna, it's gonna be on your mind. And it's gonna bother you more. You well, know? you know, it's not only that. It's, it's you, you actually like like girls. If if you don't act like sex is important to you, then they think, oh, you know, he's 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 not with me for sex. He's not, you know, that's not what's on his mind. He likes me for who I am. And then they, then they get excited. And they think, wow, he's not even trying to do this. Well, wow, wow, that really makes me want to do it with him. Like wow. that's 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 what, and also. If you keep expressing that you want it, then it's kind of like a form of desperation too. Whereas if you act, if you if you give the appearance like you don't care either way, it kind of seems like wow, this guy, this guy's so good that he doesn't even uh, he doesn't even feel like he has to beg me for it. He 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 doesn't care either way if if, if I do this with him. That must mean he really uh, has a lot of choices. I think it's even simpler than that. I think that no matter what it is. If someone keeps pestering you for something all the time, it just becomes fucking annoying. That, well, and, that you too, just, yes. and, you, and you just don't want to do it out of principle. Well, yeah, well there's you know? that. There's that. But I'm saying, if, if, even taking away the pestering, if, if if you go the opposite way and act like you just don't care either way, not act like you don't want it, but just like kind of acting like you can go either way. You don't really care. It's not really important to you. It's just a, if it happens, good. If it doesn't, no big deal. If so you, you approach, act like you can go either way. I can go either way with it happening, not either way, yeah, not either way as it happens. That's that's something I, I would not do. But that's that I noticed it really is much more successful. That's that's what I 
typically did, yeah. even even if inside I thought very differently. Even if, if I really wanted to say something or w- wanted to make a move, I thought, you know what? If everything's going well, I'm just going to pretend like, like this isn't on my mind at all. And, and I'm not even thinking about this. And then just kind of let it occur. And, and, and boy, that was much more successful that way. Much, much more successful that way. And like the women feel a lot better when they think it's kind of their idea. And I'm talking about the beginning. Not some, you've been with someone forever. And that's a different story. But uh, like, like at the beginning, if, if if you seem like the opposite of, of a pervert who's just like thinking of that constantly, then you're you're much more likely to get laid. And the funny thing is, like one I, this this '80s uh, like teen teens get laid movie. I remember even seeing that on there where this guy, there's like a 17 year old character. He's like trying to. He's a virgin still. His girlfriend's a virgin. He's trying to get her to yeah. You know, for both of them to have sex put for the first out. time, yeah, and, she, and get her to put and, out, and, and she and she broke up with him and said all he could think about is sex, and just so then they're broken up for a while. Then he almost hooks up with a girl. He decides, you know, he, he actually wants to feel something. You know, that he wants to feel something for the girl, not just have empty sex. So he doesn't do it and goes. So anyway, they get back together towards the end, and for the first time, he doesn't care. He he just you know, he, for the first time, he when, once they get back together, he he just uh, doesn't ask about sex and doesn't bring it up and just seems to you know care about her and that's the night she does it with him and i said that's actually a good lesson that's actually the truth i don't know how we got on this topic but uh somehow we got there well we got on the topic because you wanted uh you wanted to be you didn't want anything more or be treated specially you just wanted what everybody else got i don't know how we got there though okay disposition he's in chat he says uh the fuck did i just double into (laughs) (laughs) At least he, at least he missed the hot Carl stuff. He turns, yeah, you know, this is compared to what we had before. This is a very clean topic. All right, so we're we're almost done with the agenda. But if you are a, <laughs> what's so funny about that? Uh, I, I took that to mean you're you're almost done giving out the agenda. Okay. Which, I mean, I guess it's plausible. Yeah, it would right? surprise people. They, they, I, yeah, imagine if someone just like fast forwards and skips around in the show. They go, "I wonder what they're talking about." Like, like uh, four hours in. Okay, so we're just done with the agenda now. Like, wow, that's yeah. a record. <laughs> okay, so I, I should just have a show which is all the agenda. It's just the agenda, and then after I'm done giving the agenda, I just play the music and it's over. I should, I should do a show like that. Why not? So on. Or shall I say, uh, if you are a Nevada resident, you have a Nevada driver's license, is what's important here. doesn't matter if you're a resident, but if you have a Nevada driver's license, and you have wanted to park at Caesars Properties, up until now, you have been able to do so, that is with self-parking, for free. Even if you did not have a total rewards card, or even if you were a total rewards gold, which is the bottom level, you still would be able to park for free at any of the Caesars properties because they had a grace period for what they called Nevada locals. Well, that is ending. Nevada is going to, or sorry, Caesars properties in Las Vegas are going to start charging locals to park there unless they have a platinum or a higher total rewards card like everybody else needs to park for free. So the special treatment for locals is over. And they they you know they did this also at MGM when they introduced their 
parking fees that they had a grace period for locals and then after several months that was ended so caesars has announced for its las vegas properties only that everything except the rio which means all of their strip properties because the rio is not a strip property it's off strip all of their strip properties are going to start charging for self-parking for everybody now not just those who uh, don't have Nevada IDs. Before, you could just put your Nevada ID in and it would take it. So, uh, this is what it says in the Las Vegas Review Journal. Caesars Entertainment Corporation will start charging Nevada residents for self-parking at seven Las Vegas properties on Thursday, which will be today, now November 2nd, the company said. Nevada residents will be charged fees to park at Caesars Palace, Paris, Bally's, Cromwell, Flamingo, The Link, and Harrah's when the new fee schedule takes effect, which again will be today, November 2nd. Parking will remain free at the Rio and for all Total Rewards loyalty members rated platinum or above. And by the way, if you want to park for free, there is one Caesars parking lot in Vegas besides the Strip that you can do so. That's at the Miracle Mile Shops in Planet Hollywood. That's one way around this. But you're actually not even parking at Caesars, Retro. You're parking at Vici. Oh, that's right. That's right. How can Caesars be talking about this? They don't own it anymore. They should be Vici announcing this. Maybe they got the parking lot. So you'll, you'll like this one. This, they, they put out a statement about this. The new pricing is intended to improve the parking experience for guests and total right. rewards... Loyalty program members. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do they have to say that? It's an insult to people's intelligence. Even if you're not very smart, it's an insult it, to your intelligence. That's the definition of don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. You know what I mean? The new pricing is intended to improve the parking experience. I can tell you I've been to, right. I've been to the Caesars parking lot several times since this charge was put in place for everybody except for Nevada residents. And... Nothing improved. It's identical to before. There's, there's not a bit of improvement. In fact, it's worse because you have to stop and, and, and go through that. Even, even if it's for free, you have to have it scan your card, and it, it's confusing instructions. It was a disaster. Uh, so th- this is what uh, Richard Broom, Executive Vice President of Public Affairs and Communications, said. He says, we have noticed an uptick in people coming to our properties only to park. This has limited the availability of self-parking for actual customers, especially during concerts and sporting events taking place elsewhere on the Las Vegas Strip. Okay, that hardly ever happens. Now, I believe there may have been some people coming to park after MGM started charging for parking, but I did not notice, even when MGM started to charge for parking, that there was a significant difference in the availability of parking spots at Caesars. And by the way, I'm going to give you guys a tip. I think I may have given before. I'm going to give it again. If parking in the self-Caesars or self-park at Caesars, something that you may find surprising is that late at night, I don't mean like really late. I mean like after 11 at night, you can get pretty good spots at Caesars. It's actually in the early evening and during the day that it's tough to get spots. So if you want to, you can park right by the elevator that goes down to the casino on the third, fourth, or fifth floor. The third and fourth are covered. The fifth is, is an open air lot. So depends if you want to be up there. But 
the third, fourth, and fifth lots, you can go all the way up to the elevator and usually find spots after 11 p.m. That's, that's a tip. And uh, before 11 p.m., you'll probably have a hard time. You'll probably have to park uh, farther out. That, that's my tip as far as parking at Caesars Palace. But anyway, I, I haven't noticed anything. They, they weren't. Hey, yeah. How long do you think it's going to be before they put, you know, those little uh, coin things in the bathrooms? You know, <laughs> and they, they're going to say to improve your bathroom experience, we decided to install these special pay toilets. You know, I mean, what's the, what's the difference? The same fucking thing. Maybe you can use your, your rewards credit towards them, too. You can also swipe your total rewards card and only use 25 RCs if you want to take a dump instead of putting a quarter in. Yeah, if you're if you're diamond, you, you get a toilet that doesn't have feces all over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are diamond only stars stalls, and we we actually send bathroom attendants there once every two hours instead of once a day to clean them. So, but the, I mean, seriously, I could definitely see them at some point in the future using uh, the same rationale. You know, we we've noticed that a lot of people are they're not even staying at Caesars and they're going and using the bathroom. So. Now you have to insert your coin to get in there, and it's for you. We're actually doing this for you. It's to improve your experience. A long time ago when the pay toilet, where you dropped the coins in there, was, it was a more common thing when I was a kid. Oh. I was actually proud of myself one time that I, I had to take a dump, and I go in the, in the bathroom, and it's one of these damn pay stall things where you have to you know, drop a dime in there, a quarter, or whatever it was. And I, I didn't have any of that. you got to drop a deuce. Yeah, so I did. So that's... so. <laughs> What I did, I was so proud of myself. I said, "I don't need to pay this," and I got on the floor and I crawled under the stall and I and I, and I went and I and I bragged afterwards. I, I didn't have to pay for this. I got to do it for free. I was. I felt like I got value out of, out of taking a dump. I really did. <laughs> I felt like I got like a quarter's worth without having to pay. I think I see where it all began, Trederski. Oh, uh oh. I think he didn't see where it all began. Oh, he's yeah, here. yeah. I'm fa- I'm fading in and out, fellas. I got an early call tomorrow. Okay. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, and good night. Okay. Two weeks. Have a good two weeks, everybody. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Trader Ruski. All right. So we've lost him, and you still kind of sound awake. I told you, man. I'm on my alt schedule. I'm gonna try and get up early tomorrow, though. I wonder if the Rio is going to start charging for parking at any point and just use that as a new way to squeeze money out of World Series players more than they already have. Like it's not enough to charge six bucks for Gatorade and everything else they rip you off with that they uh, you know raking tournaments thirteen percent for the five hundred dollar events or uh, raking them twenty percent for the three hundred dollar events. Like I wonder if the next thing is to charge for parking at the Rio. I would not be surprised. I'm really wondering what changes I'm going to see at the Rio this year because of the Stephen Paddock shooting. I wonder if... Uh, I, I know for sure they're going to... Or not for sure, but I think there's a high chance that my leaving Do Not Disturb up for 10 days is not going to fly anymore. But, no. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work at all. <laughs> but, in fact, uh, that, might, that might get you a visit from the FBI if you even yeah. ask for it. So they, we, we've identified the, the next mass shooter in Vegas. It's actually someone who has planned to uh, commit violence at the World Series of Poker. Well, how did you know he was going to do that? Well, because he leaves to Do Not Disturb for 10 days. Did you find any guns in his room? No, but he, we assume he just hid them very well. Drew, your profile overlaps pretty well with the uh, the shooter. So, And uh, and how did you? what made you think that he was uh, likely to commit this crime? 
Oh, because he's uh, he's played a lot of video poker. We we have that on record here. That's how he became a seven star. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 what makes you think he has rage? Well, because uh, every time he checks into a room here, he complains about something. <laughs> and um, and he's been bubbling at a lot of World Series events recently, and then coming on Poker Fraud Alert, making angry posts. So uh, we think he he fits the profile. So uh, okay, but but has he said he's going to uh, commit any acts of violence? Well, no, but uh, a lot of people on his forum do, so that's good enough. So, but we we've prevented it though. We have we've we've taken preventative action, and uh, we we've uh, an indictment is pending. He's uh, he's committed the crime of leaving a "Do Not Disturb" sign on his door. Yeah, but I mean, Jeff, in general, it just amazes me the things that these casinos get away with. You know, not not paying guarantees and charging for things they didn't use to charge for. I just wonder at what point people are just gonna be like, "Fuck that!" You know, I don't. It's not even worth going. You know, or is the 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 uh, being compelled to gamble? You think it's just too strong? People are gonna go anyway. Yeah, uh, I, I think. Well, that's why they're yeah they're starting to just push toward having the dumb slash gullible customers or highly addicted customers they're they're like anyone who they're identifying is good at getting value they just kind of don't want them they don't they don't offer them very much they're really trying to go for those who just freely spend money and freely waste money and then just squeeze as much as they can out of them in every way and and oh and by the way uh, cupid stunt in the chat is telling you to check your messages. And the only reason I'm interrupting you is who knows? Maybe it's something timely. Okay, let you me know? see. Check my messages. Well, it could be messages in various ways. Um, uh, uh, okay, so I'm going to go look at my PMs maybe. By messages, do you mean my text messages or do you mean. Let me see here. It kind of logged me out of the forum. So let me. Why does it say it's 8 14 a.m.? Well. Is that the server time? No, this is. I, I think the chat room got corrupt again. This is unfortunately this. This is such a strange thing. The chat room got some kind of corruption. I don't know if it's some database corruption, but it got so bad last time. It started with the clock getting off, and then I couldn't reset it. I couldn't fix the clock because it was so corrupt that when I would go in there, it would get errors. And I, 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 I finally had to just uninstall the whole thing and reinstall it, and it fixed it. But it wasn't. Well, even, it wasn't even that it's simple. It's time to put a bullet in this fucking flash chat. Not only wait, wait, it was even worse than that. It wasn't just like an uninstall reinstall. Like a reinstall failed, so I had to do like a partial uninstall and a partial reinstall. And like a, I had to copy some files over. I, I miraculously got it to work again, but now now that it's it's going to this weird time, like again, like five hours off. That's what it, that was the beginning of the whole thing last time when it got corrupt. So I'm even afraid to go into the into the screen where I administrate it because I'm afraid I'm going to see the bad news. Jeff, at some point, we're going to have to talk about modernizing this thing, man. I, I go on your website, and I love the you know the people and the content and everything, but I feel like I'm in a time warp back in the 1990s. You know, for, you should get Slack, dude. Why don't you use Slack for a chat? It's a matter of integrating it with it with the database here, so it just it just logs in when people click the chat, and that's that's been. Why do you Why do you need to integrate it? Because I because I want uh, I want it to be. A seamless thing. People just click chat, and with their forum account, they're right in there. And this way, I also have control of, of anybody who, who wants to, you know, screw with things. It's just not. It's not just a separate chat you log in. 
Well, what you can do with well, whatever. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk off. Yeah, that's why. Slack that's why lets I you do done. stuff like automatically send invites to people and do all, you, you can do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to see here. But yeah, I, this 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 chat has been it's been difficult to manage to say the least, and it's it's also not supported anymore. It has a lot of bugs. It's it's, it's miraculous that I've. Uh, uh, stretch it as much, and th- this is not something that. For those of you that don't know, these are all not features of, of the forum software. The, you know, the, the forum software, which is vBulletin software, it does not have uh, a platform to be able to do a radio show like this. It does not have a platform to be able to have a chat room there. It doesn't have a platform for an online poker room. These are all things I had to add to it manually, and and some things are more difficult than others. And uh, so the chat room, I took a third party package. This flash chat here, and uh, the reason I chose that one is one of the few that had been written for V Bulletin by a third party, but it's buggy, so that's that's why we have our problems with it. But there really aren't any good options that were integrated with V Bulletin. But the, you know, these things I, I I put together to work. These are not just standard features. You can't just slap up a V Bulletin forum and and have this ready to go. Like you can't just oh I'll put up a V Bulletin forum and I'll do a radio show from there. It, it doesn't work. That way, you have to, uh, you have to. It's, it's it's not a super difficult thing to do, but it you know it doesn't just work that way out of the box. You got to add these things manually. So that's why some of these seem seem a little bit weird and awkward. That's that's why. But uh, are you what percentage of websites do you think use Flash? Oh, at this point, uh, use well. A lot of them never had the reason to use it in the first place, but. Well, let me give you a data point that may help you. In 2011, almost 50% of websites had Flash in one form or another. Uh, at this point, uh, 20? No, it's down to 6%. Oh, wow. And I guarantee you, like, the majority of those are just, like, old sites that people just don't give a fuck, yeah. and they're just well, like, I'm just not going to upload update well, this. Poker fraud alert is, is pretty much uh, it looks identical to five and a half years ago when it went up, so that's that qualifies. But actually, the the chat's the only flash thing I have on here, right? So. Uh, in the the player isn't flash, right? It's an HTML5 player. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. So it's it's just the uh, right. It's only the uh, the chat. So. Anyway, let's uh, let's move on here. I think we have one topic left. Uh, and uh, by the way, Cupid Stunt, I never got your message, so maybe send. I, I see there is a message from you, but then it didn't come up. I think because I was logged off. If you sent it through that little uh, like Facebook-looking chat thing, that's uh, that's another third-party thing I threw on here, and it doesn't work perfectly. So uh, I was logged out. So send it again, or you can send it. You can send a PM through the chat room, or you can uh, you can text me at seven seven five three seven two eight three five five. And let's let's look in fact if what uh, chat did I get any text messages? No. You can text me there. Let's see if there's any updates about five dimes. I'm very curious about that one. It, it's so weird because I I've talked about I just talked about it today with bad guy for the first time. I hadn't talked about five dimes with anybody in a long time, but I was just complaining about them today about how I don't trust them. And they're still down. Hmm. With every hour that passes that they're still down, I, I get to... Like, at this point, I think they went down, like, three and a half hours ago. So that's not exactly a long downtime. I've seen Bovada down longer than that. And they're here. And they weren't down for any nefarious reasons. But uh, 
I'm telling you, I don't trust the guy who runs it. That's totally a site that if it just like closed down and screwed everyone, it wouldn't surprise me. None of them would really, really surprise me, but that one would surprise me less than you would think it would. Okay, so I think we have one left, last topic here. Oh yeah, the your favorite topic, Hal? What the uh, the 2017 Baseball World Series? All right, good night, Drew. <laughs> unless before I get to, it, unless there's something else you want to bring up and discuss, is there any, no. any anything of yours that you want to talk about? No, man, we've already got the the hot Carl. We got this this episode's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's true. There's definitely no no shortage of uh, feces talk on this episode. But seriously, this is like the perfect thing to put me to sleep. Okay, well that's good. Okay, so buenos noches. Okay, good night. So. I want to talk about the Dodgers. He really hung up, by the way. He really just left. I I knew he wasn't going to be part of this segment. So the Dodgers made the World Series, and we already had a caller here who wanted to discuss that. And I will will discuss it uh, some here at the end of the show, because this is all we have left. The Dodgers lost four games, obviously. That's the only way you can be out of the World Series is to lose four games. They took the maximum number, seven games, to do it. So the games they lost were game two, game of game four, game five, and uh, game seven. Two of these games, I'm sorry, they, they won. They won game four. It was it was, they, it was two, three, five, and seven. They lost. So, two of these games, two of these four games, were started by Yu Darvish. They acquired Yu Darvish at the trade deadline, only for the playoffs. On July 31st, the trade deadline, they had a very comfortable lead over the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. And it was very clear the Dodgers were winning the National League West. They had two months left, but they were so far ahead at that point that there was no way they were going to give up the National League West. If they were going to be the division winner, they didn't need help in the regular season. It was likely they were going to finish with the best record, or at least the best record in the National League. They did finish with the best record, despite losing 16 out of 17 games at one point. So, you know, they won 104 regular season games. They could have won more than 110 if it wasn't for that one slump. So they only got you Darvish because they wanted help in the playoffs. They wanted pitching help. They wanted starting pitching help for the playoffs. When they got him, I was skeptical. I don't know if I said it on this show or not, but I know I posted it on Poker Fraud Alert. I was not one who was really excited. Some people said, oh, wow, he's an ace, he's an all-star, he's, uh, you know, he's the type of pitcher you'd have as your number one pitcher, and, and here he'll be the Dodgers' number three pitcher. How's anyone going to beat them? And I said, the problem with you, Darvish, is you never know which one's going to show up. You can have the excellent, unhittable you, Darvish, and you can have just the absolutely awful you, Darvish, and you never know. He can just, he'll just be terrible sometimes. And it's not even that rare. He's just very, very inconsistent, and you don't want a pitcher who just, could be terrible. 
when you're in the playoffs because you don't have in a 162 game regular season then a pitcher who's inconsistent isn't that bad because uh, over the many starts he makes you know 30 plus starts that'll smooth out so even if he has some terrible starts mixed in there if he has enough good and excellent ones then he'll still finish with a good record and your team will still win a lot of games that he starts. But in the playoffs, you don't, you can't afford that. In the playoffs, you always want to still be in it. You don't want to get blown out. There's, there's not a lot of time to correct when you lose. Some game, some one series is five games, the other two series are seven games. Every loss is big. So you don't want a pitcher who has the tendency to get blown out. Now, of course, any pitcher can get blown out. But you really want a pitcher who's likely to keep you in it or who's getting blown out as a rare thing. So I just was afraid that you, Darvish, would just get destroyed at some point in the playoffs. And that time came in the World Series. He had had a decent postseason up until then. But then he got killed in Game 2. Or sorry, Game 3. And, and amazingly, the Dodgers actually had a chance to win that one, despite the fact that he lasted fewer than two innings and, and gave up five runs. He, uh, the Dodgers actually held the Astros down the rest of the time in, the, in their in their uh, ballpark where it's so easy to hit home runs to left field. The Dodgers bullpen held them down, and the, the Dodgers actually came back to five to three. It just couldn't quite get past that. But it was no thanks to you, Darvish. He was uh, he lasted fewer than two innings. So the Dodgers had a Game 7. So Kershaw pitched Game 5, and uh, he didn't do very well. But it was in the Astros' uh, Minute Maid Park where it's so easy to hit home runs. Uh, Alex Wood had started Game 4 and pitched great. He pitched uh, five no-hit innings, and then uh, he did give up a home run after that, but he, he had a great game, Alex Wood. Rich Hill started Game 6, the one I saw in person. So, but they did pull him early. But but Hill was pretty much out of the question. He he pitched almost five innings yesterday, so they, he he was out of the question for Game Seven. Kershaw possibility, you know, he had pitched last on uh, on Sunday, and and he didn't pitch all that long, so he he was a possibility. Alex Wood had not pitched since Saturday, so he was a possibility. So. Hugh Darvish was the one with the most rest, but he got bombed in his only start against the Astros. So Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, chose to start him for Game 7. And that made me very nervous. Now, yes, he was pitching under better circumstances. He was at home. And the Dodgers' park is a lot harder to score runs, especially on cool nights like tonight was, than Minute Maid Park which is where the Astros play. Most notably, left field is very short in Minute Maid Park. So if you hit a high fly ball that doesn't necessarily go that far, as long as it's high, what looks like a routine fly ball in other parks will be a home run in Minute Maid Park. And the ball seems to be juiced this year. It's a different ball. Everyone pretty much knows that, so it's a lot easier to hit home runs in general. There's a record number of home runs this year, even though there's not very much steroid abuse anymore. So combine those factors, it's understandable why some people just can't pitch well at Minute Maid Park. But 
you're back at Dodger Stadium, you may say, okay, Darvish deserves another chance in a stadium which is much more friendly to pitchers, especially when it's not hot anymore. I would not have started him. I would have started Alex Wood tonight. But if you're going to start you, Darvish, you have to do it with a lot of skepticism. You have to say, okay, we saw the really, really bad you, Darvish, in game number three. And he pretty much gave that game away right at the beginning. So we can't afford this to happen in the final and deciding game of the World Series. So if he just doesn't seem to have it, take him out. And it's very easy because in game seven, you're not playing again for the rest of the year. You're not playing again until uh, spring training in March of 2018. So, all right, that's it. You, you can burn all your pitchers tonight. You can, you can tire out every single one of your pitchers, and, it, and it's fine because there's, there's not a game tomorrow. No matter what, there's no game tomorrow. There's no game for several months. So when it's that situation, you can afford to pull pitchers very quickly. You can even afford to trot out pitchers there who don't have the normal rest because this is going to be the last they pitch. So basically, anyone who looks like they are not on, anyone who looks like that they are not doing well in Game 7 of the World Series, you pull them, especially a starter who looked so terrible the previous time he was out. So with you, Darvish, if they're going to start him, if it does not appear to be the good you, Darvish, you pull him very, very quickly. I mean, within like one or two batters. So right away, he gave up a double. And, and it all went downhill from there. And it was very clear he just didn't have it. He wasn't throwing strikes. When he was throwing strikes, they were getting hit. Now, yes, an error caused the run to score. That wasn't his fault. But it was clear that he didn't have it. He took 13 pitches to uh, Yuli Gurriel before he got him out. 13 pitches. That's all you needed to know. In the first inning, you're taking 13 pitches to get a guy. And you're giving up hits and runs. So he should not have been left in there to flail. It's bad enough he gave up two runs in the first. I would have pulled him before that. I would have pulled him after, like, two batters. Not in a normal game, but in Game 7 of the World Series, for sure, you pull him after two batters. And you put someone else in. They could have gone to Kershaw, who they eventually did go to, and he pitched well. They could have gone to Alex Wood. Could have gone to just anyone. Anyone. Except for you, Darvish, when he wasn't doing well. So inexplicably, Dave Roberts left him in to give up five runs before pulling him. How many runs did the Dodgers give up after that? After they pulled him? After an inning of two-thirds? Zero. For the final uh, seven and one-third inning, the Dodgers gave up... Zero point zero. Runs. But they still lost by four. They lost five to one. Now the Dodgers blew it on offense, too. They so many times had men in scoring position, multiple men on base, and did not bring them home. Even when they did score their one run, it was... uh, through, uh, was it a ground out or a sack fly? I don't remember now. It was not through a base hit. So they, they blew it. They they did not have any clutch hitting tonight. They actually could have come back. They they had multiple chances to bring the game 
back into striking position. They could have taken it very close. They could have even caught them. They had enough opportunities. They just didn't capitalize on it. But they never even got close. They didn't have a chance to get close. Well, they had chances to score, but they were always way behind, thanks to you, Darvish, again. And Dave Roberts is going to have to answer why he left him out there to give up five runs. This isn't a regular season game where you you sometimes just have to go with your starter for a while and you don't want to burn the bullpen for the next game. You just kind of give up on this game. You, you can't do that in Game 7 of the World Series. It's also a question of why Cody Bellinger was there batting cleanup when he's been struggling so badly in the postseason. He's had a few good games here and there, but he's had a lot of awful ones, including the one I went to yesterday. He struck out swinging all four times. Can you imagine? He struck out swinging all four times, and then... For good measure, today he struck out the first two times he was up. He's just been terrible. They must have figured something out on how to get him. I mean, I know what they figured out. They were throwing these low and away breaking balls, and he just went after them every time. So he's young. There's a lot of adjustments he needs to do. He had a great rookie year. He's going to be rookie of the year, I'm sure, but they're going to have to work with him because just like most rookies, they found a way to get him out. And then the hitters have to readjust. So you shouldn't have put him in cleanup. Uh, even Justin Turner, who's usually been very, very reliable. In fact, he's one of the best postseason hitters of all time, or at least he was prior to this World Series. If you look at his numbers, he had a terrible World Series. He had that home run in Game 1, the go-ahead home run in the 6th. But since then, he's done like nothing. He hit like 100 in the World Series. And most of the times he was at bat, he didn't even hit the ball hard. He either struck out or popped up. You could tell something was wrong with him. And if you remember before the World Series, he was having some problems. He was having, quote, general soreness. There was some question whether he'd even play game one. And then when he hit that home run in game one, people said, oh, look, he, he must be fine. No, he wasn't. I, I'm pretty convinced he was hurting. And uh, I saw this once before where he slumped during the regular season. Not this year, but... Uh, in a previous year after coming back from injury, where he just wasn't the same. So this can happen even to very good hitters. They they aren't feeling 100%. They become like a different hitter, and they're just not effective anymore. So I think that hurt the Dodgers. I think Turner was hurting, and he, he was not going to say it publicly because he, he didn't want to tip off the Astros that he wasn't 100%. He still wanted the intimidating presence that he had from before, but I think he wasn't the same. So that hurt the Dodgers too. So maybe, you know, I'm sure Dave Roberts knew the truth. So they maybe should have moved Turner elsewhere in the lineup. But definitely Bellinger. So there's also the question in game number two where they took out Rich Hill too early when he was pitching well and they lost that game at Dodger Stadium in extra innings. Dodgers actually lost two extra inning games which is pretty bad considering that they had the better bullpen by far. The Astros didn't have a good bullpen, you you could tell. Tonight they did well, but uh, for the rest of the series, their bullpen struggled. They struggled against other teams in the postseason. The Astros were lucky to have won this World Series, given how bad their bullpen was. But they, they survived it. The Dodgers actually came back from being down a lot of games, you know, in fact, even the one they lost game five, where they lost 13-12 to 12 in this crazy crazy game uh, because their bullpen was so bad. Uh, so 
the uh, Roberts burned all of his pitchers and had to use uh, McCarthy, who just came off of injury and was very, very rusty. And I knew once they brought him in, they were going to lose in game number uh, two in extra innings. So he was criticized for taking out Hill too early. So it's funny, the, the biggest criticisms I think Roberts deserves for this series, and he made a number of mistakes. I really liked Roberts for the regular season. I thought he did a good job, and I thought most of the playoffs he did a good job. But he really made some bad decisions in the World Series, including taking out Hill too early on two different occasions. One time it worked out, one time it didn't. And then also not taking Darvish out fast enough. So you Darvish is going to be a free agent. He's definitely going to lose a lot of money from his poor playoff performance. I think a lot of teams are not going to want to touch him now for big money. I think he'll still get some decent money, but not what he would have if he came out and dominated in the postseason. And I think a lot of people in L.A. are going to be mad at Dave Roberts for not managing the World Series very well. And all the positive feelings people had for him prior to the World Series, they might be eroded a little bit. So it, it was a very competitive series. It really could have gone either way coming into this Game 7. I knew that, and unfortunately it did not go to the Dodgers' way. This is the farthest by far the Dodgers have gotten since 88. They had not even made the World Series since 88. So I guess that's one good that can be taken from this. They even played the World Series. They, they got all the way through seven games. And as I was saying before, this isn't a team that's going to be blown up. They're not going to be sending away key players. A lot of the players are still young. So I think this team will be good for a long time. I would be surprised if the Dodgers don't win the National League West in 2018. Even though the Diamondbacks have improved a lot, uh, I, I think the Dodgers will probably win the West again for the sixth consecutive time in 2018. And then in the playoffs, how far do they get? Well, that's that's always a crapshoot, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the World Series again in 2018. I think the team between its deep pockets and its young core and good farm system I see this team being competitive for a long time. They have a lot of the ingredients that uh, will allow that. But will they win the World Series? You know, you have to, there's a lot of things that have to go right. You have to win three playoff series against tough teams. And as seen like with the Cleveland Indians, who people thought were the favorite to win the whole thing, they went out the first round. So you never know. The Dodgers breezed through the first round. They swept it. And they uh, they dispensed of the Cubs pretty quickly, winning four games to one. But World Series is a different story. They, they faced a very tough Astros team. And I'll tell you with that Astros team, they can really hit. And whenever they're hitting under uh, good conditions meaning like in their own ballpark or on a hot, dry night in Dodger Stadium, boy, they, they can really put runs on the board. So they had the best offense in baseball, and it's a very tough lineup, and that's why the Dodgers had to really make the most of their pitching and not leave a guy in to give up a ton of runs because that's uh, hard to come back from, especially with a team like the Astros. 
Uh, if you play close with the Astros and get into the bullpen, then then you're probably going to beat them, provided you haven't burned all your good relievers, as, as Roberts did in, in game number two. So that was a bit frustrating. I think the Dodgers could have won this series if it was managed better. So, uh, Houston made a mistake today. They they ended up not paying for it, but they they made the same mistake. They left in their starter McCullers way too long. He was also he hit four batters, including Justin Turner twice. He was wild and all over the place, and he was just fortunate that that some Dodgers are slumping so badly, like Bellinger, that they bailed him out of it. And also they got fortunate in a few cases that uh, some very hard hit balls went right to uh, Astros players and uh, did not become hits, or in some cases became double plays. But McCullers could have get, coughed up a lot of runs right back. The Dodgers had a few chances to get right back in it, and a few times, yeah, they they choked somewhat, but they also had some bad luck. Uh, they left McCullers in way too long, and uh, Houston was lucky they didn't pay for that. So both managers made that mistake today, but one got away with it. Anyway, I think the Dodgers are going to be competitive for a long time. So I'm optimistic. But it is very frustrating. I was watching this today. I'm going, I can't believe this. I've followed them the whole year. I've watched so many regular season games. I've kind of put so much time into following this team and rooting for this team. And then I watched all these playoff games. And, you know, here we are. Game seven of the World Series. Here we we finally are. Here, we, like, here the Dodgers are finally in the position to win the World Series just by winning today. All they had to do is win today. It's all come down to this. 162 regular season games. Then they played three games in the first round of the playoffs, five games in the second round of the playoffs. Now this is the seventh one in the World Series. It's all come down to this. All come down to this. Uh, 177 games. Just got to win today. And they lose. <laughs> I go, oh, I'm watching them just lose. They're down 5 nothing late in the game. I go, oh, just had to win today. And they couldn't do it. In their home park. So... There's also some criticism the Dodgers could have had Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander actually wanted to play for the Dodgers when he heard that Detroit wanted to trade him. Why? Because he has a place in Beverly Hills. He's dating uh, Kate Upton, who lives in the L.A. area. So he really would love to be based out of L.A. And he said that. The Dodgers had enough money to take over his high salary. But at the time, on July 31st, they did not want to do it because he was not having a very good year. He was owed a lot of money. He was 34 years old, and they said, we don't want to take in, take in all this dead money of a has-been pitcher. So they didn't do it, even though he had made a few good starts by then. Then, so that was understandable. But then throughout August, he pitched great. And the Astros acquired him anyway after the trade deadline, which isn't as simple, but they managed to do it. The Dodgers could have too. I don't know what Detroit was asking for at that point, but the problem was that the Dodgers had already gotten Darvish by then. They got him on July 31st. So the the sad thing is if they had not gotten Darvish at the last second on July 31st, they may have gotten Verlander at that point. But the front office clearly wanted a pitcher who was – Number one, not going to cost them very important prospects. And, and number two, they weren't going to owe a lot of money to after this year. And Darvish is one that they could just rent for the rest of the year. Verlander would have come with a price tag for uh, a few more years as he gets older. So uh, it's possible that Verlander, and he was great 
ever since the Astros got him, and in fact, before the Astros got him, he had a great month. So will he be great next year, or will he have another terrible year like he did up, you know, for the first uh, three months of the, se- of the season? I don't know. Uh, it was said that he wasn't 100% physically when he wasn't pitching well, but we'll see. He will be uh, turning 35. So, you know, do you really want to owe all that money to a pitcher who's 35? I don't know. But definitely if they had him this year, that you would think they would have changed the whole story for the postseason. Maybe they would have won the World Series behind him instead of someone like uh, Darvish, who was horrible. Darvish pitched fine during the first two rounds, but boy, was he bad in uh, the World Series. He couldn't have been much worse. In fact, I think he was the first pitcher since 1960 to not last two innings in both of his starts in the World Series. So he's been the worst pitcher in the World Series in 57 years. That's uh, pretty bad. So first time, by the way, ever the Dodgers played a game in November. Usually baseball is over in October. And in fact, I don't think we'll be seeing a November game for a long time, if not ever, because they are starting earlier in 2018. They're actually going to have some games in late March, which I think is a mistake because it's cold in some places. Not L.A., but there's some places that late March you don't want to play. So maybe they will notice that this year, especially if some of these areas have a cold spell. <laughs> then maybe they will uh, reconsider this. If they were smart, what they would do is, and they're not doing this, but if they were smart, what they would do is start the first week in baseball in all the warm places. So make sure all the home teams are ones that play in warm climates. But they're they're actually not even doing that. I actually like it better when they start a little later and end a little later. I know it can be cool in some places in November, but I think it's worse in late March. I I would rather take my chances that the World Series is being played in, in, on November 1st somewhere that's cold than, you know, or, or it's kind of cold on November 1st than places that can be just like downright freezing in late March. Late March is colder in most places than November 1st is. So, anyway. That's about it. Let's see if the chat room, if anyone has anything to say there. Oh, Cupid Stunt got some messages over to me. I uh, said, I was just going to call in to shoot, shoot the shit. Didn't have your Skype. and couldn't call in from the UK. So it cost me a shit ton. PM me if you want. This is a fucking fail. Keeps logging me out of it. <laughs> I think he's talking about this messaging system he's using. Let's see if he's in the chat room. I'll try to put him on. There he is. Um, I'll tell him my Skype. Let's see if he wants to call in or a river phone call. I see Tide is in there too. Tide has says he's he's been on the ship. I guess he's Tide is in the chat room from his ship, and he said he's been on there for sixty four days, and he's made uh, twenty one thousand five hundred dollars so far. But he has been on a ship for sixty four days, and he said he has not been drinking during that time. He's been sober. You guys heard a phone call from him when he was sober, which is unusual. 775-FRAUD-55, 775-372-8355 is the number. And if he calls in, then we will 
have our river phone call. Otherwise, I will shut down the show. And we will not have a show again until November 15th. So no show next week, but we're only taking one week off. Only way is if uh, I'm sick or something, then I won't have the show on the 15th either. You never know. Is it going to call me or not? I'm waiting by the phone. I'm waiting by the phone like a teenage girl waiting for a boy to call her. I'm waiting for a Cupid stunt to call me. There we go. Cupid stunt, is that you? Yes. How you doing, Druff? Hello. It feels like I'm talking to Colonel Nigel Faversham, except it's not me. <laughs> Colonel Nigel Faversham here. <laughs> so, so, so what's going How on? You doing, man? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. So where, where are you living right now? I'm in the south coast of England in a minute. Okay. You lived in Colorado, though, for a while, right? No, North Carolina. Oh, North Carolina. I don't know why I thought of Colorado. Yeah, five years, man. Okay, so so what made you go back to England? Well, I had my divorce, obviously, and uh, my dad got my dad had cancer, so I wanted to go back and see him before he passed away, and so I just ended up staying here. Now, were you were you married to a woman from the U.S.? Yeah, I was. I had a kid and everything. Don't you remember all this? I'm forgetting. I think I'm getting old. <laughs> you normally have a good memory. I know. Uh, so lagging. So uh, you you were married to a girl from the U.S. Now, when was the divorce? Oh, God. 2010? Oh, that's a long time ago. No wonder I forgot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so how long were you married? This all feels like new to me. Oh, Jesus. Um, 2005 to 2010. Okay. Did you meet her online? No, no. I met her at um, college. Oh, in college. Okay. So is you... Yeah. Did you go to college in the U.S.? No, over here. She was over here. Oh, she was she doing some there. exchange okay. shit. And, oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter over here. I, I would, I would think the reverse would be more likely because if she, if she, um, if you came there, you'd be the unusual one. She'd say, oh, I, oh, I love your English accent. But over there, there's like everybody had an English accent. She was the unusual one. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, it was failed, uh, destined to fail from the start. To be honest. Yeah, I've had those before. I've, I've had some of these before where I've looked back and said, you know, I, I should have been able to tell like on day one it was never going to work. But, uh, you know, there, there's other ones where, you know, you, you think it really has the high potential to work and then just doesn't. But there's other ones you just go, this had no chance. So Yeah. Well, it's just a shame, you know, um, one of them things. It was a good five years. I don't regret that because, you know, I had a good time in America. And, uh, yeah, I've gotten in after that. I've traveled Europe now. So, but now I've settled down. Got a new place. Moved in last month. And uh, yeah, everything's everything's going good now. Are, are you ever gonna uh, get married again, or are you done with that? I don't know. I'm with a girl. I've been with a girl since 2014. I don't know if it's oh, going okay. to be the marriage thing yet, but let's see how it goes. We we just only really got this house together recently, so we'll see how that goes first. Okay. Are you, are you still playing poker? I am actually. Yeah. Do you do you play on party poker where they just had this uh, collusion thing that happened? I, yeah, but I don't know any of those guys because when they play in like ridiculously, I mean, I don't, I'm not really that into poker. Be playing like hundred dollar tournaments and shit, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know any of those guys, but yeah, I do play on party. 
Didn't it just win like um, Operator of the Year? Or yeah, some it did. I, I I didn't bother covering that, but yeah, they they won some this award called Operator of the Year. I, I don't even know what the criteria is that's used to judge that. All I know is that Poker Stars had a like monopoly on that for like yeah, seven or eight years. Right, they were winning like every year, and then this year they gave yeah. it a party. But like I I read the article, I'm like, should I, should I even bother reporting on this? And like I couldn't even figure out what the criteria was that that went into like really deciding who is operator of the year. Like if it was a big story, like that something was found on stars to be like majorly deficient and then parties was better then I, that would be better worth reporting. But this just seemed like an arbitrary award that someone hands out. And this year they liked party better. So I'm like, uh, who gives a crap? Yeah. Cause the software hasn't changed. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, like what's, 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 what's <laughs> so different? Shit, you know? Yeah. What's, what's so different this year between the two of them is now parties better. So I just said, this is dumb. I'm not going to even report it. Uh, but, but yeah, that's, I, I wish that, uh, you know, we had all this still here and it, it's not just about the software that were the site. It's about the players on there. And I know that, uh, when the Americans were gone, you, you also lost all the American fish, which sucks. So, yeah, well, I left before Black Friday. Yeah. So I, I you know, it was still poker was still there. So I didn't. I, I actually don't know what it's like not to play poker. I must. <laughs> but didn't you notice it got worse? Like when, when the Americans were gone, weren't weren't the games tougher? Well, I know the guarantees went down. Yeah, but what what I've noticed is, is the that, overlays went. You know, the overlays went down properly. Ridiculous. Yeah, what I what I noticed with the American players is that, uh, of course, there were a lot of good ones, but then you had a lot of really bad ones too. And yeah. uh, and and the, the good ones all moved to Mexico and Canada. Yeah. So with the removal of all these bad American players in the pool, then that uh, really hurt things. And what what I found in other countries, it was it was more likely that uh players from there were at least kind of like okay that that uh you got a lot more of the bad players the outright bad ones from the u.s and, and there was a large yeah. number of them so so removing them from the pool kind of really sucked and like, i kind of got used to certain things from I, like i would stereotype players that i didn't know just from their location when i play online poker so like if someone was from northern europe i assumed they were probably good if someone was was from like England, it could like totally go either way. I, I didn't. It could be. They could be great. They could be okay. They could be terrible. It could be any of those. Uh, with the U.S., that was true too. But then it also had to do with the region. So like in the U.S., if they were from uh, Vegas or, or or somewhere in the L.A. area or or in New York, like those those type of areas or by Atlantic City, those those areas tended to produce the good players. Uh, and I, I, there, I'd kind of be more cautious and think they might be good. If, if they were from somewhere that doesn't have a big poker presence, like like in the South or in the Midwest, uh, the, other than Chicago, um, then I would assume they would be bad. Sometimes it would surprise me, and they weren't. But uh, often I was right. So I, I'd see someone, yeah. who, I'd see someone who's from the you know, Oklahoma or Arkansas or something like that, and I'd, I'd say, okay, well, this player probably sucks, and then they usually did. And then I, you know, someone who I see is from the Atlantic City area or, or, or LA, then I immediately think, okay, well, I better watch out. This person could be good. And then I'd, I'd have to wait for evidence that they were bad before thinking they're bad. So, like, I, I got used to all these things, and it was just like second nature to think this stuff as I was playing. So, though I'm trying to picture like back in the old days when I when I did play on Poker Stars and Party, like if we just subtract all the Americans out of there. I'm thinking, yeah, the games probably wouldn't be very good. And 
I do think of some sites I used to play on during the peak of the poker boom where the bad players were from other places, like on the Boss Media Network where there was all these Turkish players who were just horrendous. Like They were, <laughs> they, were they probably were the, the very worst players I've ever played against online in my life. They were, some of them were mind-bogglingly bad. Like they were they actually so bad that it was surprising they could be this bad. I, I don't even – I'm not even exaggerating. Like, like ones who were just cap with no pair, no draw every street and limit hold them or – or uh, or ones that are so passive they like flop top set and they just check call the whole way just things that you, like you wonder like what are they even thinking like what what possible thought processor could there be that makes them do this yeah. uh, it's it's not even like they're not playing perfect strategy or, or not playing a, a skilled poker game you even wonder like what's like you flop the nuts there or the second nuts like. How could you not put in one raise at any point? Like, what player would ever think, okay, I'm still not going to put in a raise even though I have, like, the one of the very pos- best possible hands and it's unlikely someone has better than this? Like, I, I could see a good player, a non, I, I could see a fish getting irrationally scared if they have the second nuts that they don't want to be against the nuts, but even if it's unlikely, but and not putting as many raises as they should. But but I'm like, never raising? Like, how could you ever do that if you flop top set and nothing else is scary on the board? How could you never raise yeah. once? But but some of them did. And then some had the opposite problem where they'd have like 10 high and no draw, and they'd cap every street. And uh, so, like, those, I, I played against some of them from Turkey. So those, on those sites, we didn't need the Americans. On those sites, in fact, I, I tried to keep them secret, and I, I wanted the Americans not to find out because then the good Americans would find them and ruin the games. But... Uh, I, I will say, like on stars, sites like Stars, though, losing the Americans probably made it a lot tougher. And for those that kept playing on Stars after Black Friday, that's what I heard. Like the, I know people who moved to places like Canada and Mexico could play, and a lot of them came back because the games just weren't that good. So. Yeah, and the, the ones that are good are the ones that are still there. And there's a lot of these streamers as well that are just ridiculous as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think but no, nah, it's it's. Uh, Poker's not really, you know, I've been moving a lot so and traveling, so I haven't really been playing online as much. So I'm going to start getting back into it soon, I think. I've settled down a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, something I, 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 I kind of do it in spurts. Like I've, I've had points where I'm like every night just spending hours and hours doing it, and then I take breaks and don't play for a long time. It's, it's not like it used to be. I used to like play almost every night of the year. And uh, now I'll, I'll just, I can go through like long breaks where I just don't play at all. Depends uh, how yeah. the games are, and also it's so hard to get money online. The worst thing is when you when you run bad and bust your account. This is I'm talking about the high, higher limits now, not the lower limits. But at the higher limits, if you bust your account, to get the amount of money back on there to feel comfortable playing is such a freaking pain in the ass because there's no easy way to yeah. do it. You can't. You can do it with Bitcoin, but then you've got to have enough Bitcoin in the first place, and then getting a whole lot of Bitcoin in the first place is tough. And, and then you know. Do you really want to hold a lot of Bitcoin and then possibly have it crash? Like, there's so many different factors to this that to where it's tough to get money online. You could do it with a credit card, but pay all kinds of horrendous fees. So there really isn't a way to get money online yeah. in mass amounts. I'm getting it off. What about getting it off as well? I bet that's a yeah. That's and that's pain a, yeah. That's also a pain in the ass. The Bitcoin does make that easier. Like getting money off is a little easier. Like getting it on is actually tougher because. Getting it off in Bitcoin, you can always just sell the Bitcoin pretty quickly. Uh, getting it on, it's a lot tougher to buy Bitcoin than sell Bitcoin. So it's uh, so like getting the Bitcoin in the first place to load on there is a pain in the ass. It's just a that's that's really just 
when I bust my account on any of these sites, if I run bad and bust my account, I go, you know, I, I just don't feel like going through all the effort to load money back yeah. on there only to continue running bad and lose and have to go through more effort to get it back on there. It just seems like so unappealing. And then I'll go yeah. through the courage where I don't play. And then finally what I'll do is I'll go, okay, I'll take a shot. I'll put a thousand back on and see if I can run it up. And then, uh, you know, sometimes it just busts right away. Sometimes I do run it up. It depends how I run when I put it back on there. But yeah, that's, it's, it's still a problem. I, w- I would love, I would love just to have a legalized, regulated room that's not a fail site that has a lot of people on there that I can just easily load money on as much as I want to load on, and and just play. So. Yeah. Well, one day. Yeah, maybe one day when I'm like seventy-five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's. I mean, it could be. I I I first started playing online poker almost seventeen years ago. So if we. If we add another 17 years to that, I'll be in my early 60s. Jesus. Yep. So I, I think you know, the, the funny thing, though, I, I bet if if I'm still doing this show in 17 years, I bet I will sound the exact same. <laughs> I'll sound the exact same. You won't be able to tell. I'll, I'll be the ex- people will be surprised. Say, I can't believe that guy's 62. Say, yeah, I'm 62. And when they see me, they'll believe I'm 62. But uh, when they hear me, they won't. I sound the exact same as I did uh, 25 years ago. That's that's that's. Well, you've got that. Um, what was it? Didn't you have? I remember you having an old man filter. Oh yeah, the on, old on yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> but I don't think I'm gonna, I would. Th- I don't think I'm going to really sound like that though. I th- I think I'm just going to sound the same way. I think uh, even I'm like 80, I'm going to sound the same way. So. Well, for some reason, my, my voice. I mean, the, the thing is that all the old people I've heard, you can really tell that their voices of, of like their voice muscles have gone. Yeah, well, it may happen and at some struggle. point, but but there's a lot of people my age that I can tell that they're older. But with me, you really can't. I mean, if you know I'm older already, or you hear me talking about the, the '80s and stuff, then you can tell I'm older. But but you couldn't tell just by hearing me if you didn't know me, and you didn't hear me talking about things from a long time ago. Uh, you wouldn't be able to tell that I'm in my mid 40s. So. Uh, no, yeah. I yeah. Mean, so, so, so you, but like, like in, in 20- but you're still you're still relatively young, you know, <laughs> in your forties. Well, yeah, sort of. How old are you? I just turned thirty-three last week. Thirty-three. Okay. So, yeah, thirty-three is a long time ago to me. When I think of thirty-three, yeah. that 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 seems young. Like that seems like uh, that's actually how old I was when when I won my bracelet. I was thirty-three. That's the thing. I, when I think about it, when I first started registering for the forums and stuff, it was like over ten years ago. Now it's ridiculous. It's got yeah. so old. Yeah. Well, what's what's <laughs> long time, man? Ten years. I know. Well, what sucks though is like when when I was like when I first got on Everyone Poker, I, I was thirty two, and a lot of the people now are just turning thirty two or the young guys back then, and they're like, "Oh, I'm so old." I'm like, "No, but back back in what you consider the old days, that's when I was I was that age." I actually didn't realize this when I was playing online poker back in those days. I just assumed they were all my age. And like I, I when I met them all for the first time, I couldn't believe it. That I was the old guy. Because I'm meeting all these yeah. kids who are like 22. I'm like, oh, I, I, I just assumed you guys were all in your 30s too. But they were not. <laughs> so, it, it just, was it, that like 2005, 2006? Yeah, around that time. I was really like, even, yeah. in my, even being like... Well, that 30, was after all the internet t- uh, poker took off, so... Yeah, with like, with no like, wonder. like in 05 when I was 33, uh, I, I wasn't old then, but uh, in online poker I was old. 
and and uh, I, I thought it was interesting this year at the World Series though that there were so few players in their early twenties. Like just about nobody was under twenty five, and most people were not, were were over thirty in the main event, and uh, that made it clear that poker is aging, that the young people are not getting into it because of Black Friday. So yeah. So it's, it's really st- the game starting to age off, and if that continues, and kids in college are not excited about playing poker like they used to be, then it's going to keep aging off, and uh, pretty soon every event's going to be the seniors' event. <laughs> well, you know, you never know. It might change. I mean, aren't, aren't they legalizing it in uh, what was it? What state was it? Yeah, Pennsylvania. Uh, yes. Pennsylvania. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Pennsylvania. So they're, they're they're slowly doing it. We'll see if by the time they're done with it and getting enough large states into it that like people even have an interest to play anymore every year that passes that they don't do this that uh more people leave the well, game they've got to realize how much money they can make off it and then they'll change their mind yeah there, there does seem to be a little bit of a renaissance in poker is that what i've noticed is, is some of these omaha games are now getting uh more popular so plo of course is, is, has become big and then uh and then quickly growing our uh, Omaha Eight or better, and 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 Big O, and uh, so and PLO Eight. So those those are rapidly growing at the World Series the, in numbers, and even, even I am, am playing those now. So that I, I don't know if it has to do much with online. Online, there's not much of a presence of these yet, but there's some like a Bovada. But but uh, what I'm saying here is that. That may help somewhat with the growth of poker if people kind of have newer games, even if they're not new, but kind of new to them, new, more popular yeah, games. Yeah, something new to learn. Yeah, new to learn. Because I, I think some people feel some frustration with no limit that they sit down and, and everyone pretty much has an idea of what to do except for a few mega fish that there aren't that many of anymore. So yeah. it, 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 people can get frustrated when it just seems like no one at the table is making egregious mistakes. So uh, yeah, that that can be disheartening, for especially those who want to make money. So I think these new games that have gotten more popular recently can people can get that feeling like, oh, I can have a big edge again if I if I learn to play this well. So uh, that, that's kind of that's kind of the feeling I had playing some of these, even just at the World Series, uh, just noticing how some of these players just made horrendous mistakes that uh, you don't really see at other games. These days, where people have gotten so much experience, especially at No Limit Hold'em, so. Uh, oh, so you're going to start taking up PLO now? No, no, I already has. I, 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 <laughs> I, I didn't play any PLO at the World Series just because I made day two of something else that the event I was going to play. But I, I, I don't like PLO that much. I actually like uh, 08 and PLO 08 and, and and Big O better than, than PLO itself. And I, I like you know Limit Omaha Eight the best of all these, uh, probably because. Me being a limit hold'em player, that's kind of like the closest game to limit hold'em. Yeah. So, so that's. Uh, but, I, but yeah, I started playing all those, and if I'm going to play even more of them next year. I may even play a 10k of one of them next year. So, uh, one or two of them, I may play a, ten, a 10k version. So, that's a newer thing. I used to only play hold'em at the World Series, and then starting last year, I I played uh, one Omaha event, and this this year I played. Uh, Two Omaha events, so, and then next year I probably play even more. So, I'm noticing that that's, that that could 
help fuel a comeback in poker, but but who knows? But the fact that there's not young people, the young people were really the ones who drove it last time. Yeah. So the the fact that that's not happening right now is not a good sign. So I don't know. You know, all all fads, all things come to an end, and this could be one of them, and it could be something that kind of slowly dies off. Though it, it's a worldwide thing, so if it's growing in other parts of the world or at least maintaining, then it's not going to completely die. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I, I think a lot of people still have this fantasy that one day there will be a large legalized U.S. online poker market that will have like great games like back in the mid-2000s. And I don't think we'll ever see that again. But there, there, there is there is room for improvement over the current situation for sure, and, and uh, if it's just got to get enough big states in it that then cooperate and all share the same player pool, and then you can have some uh, some good games going. You just can't have it to where there's the, the the number of good and excellent players greatly outnumber the fish. Then the games are all going to suffer. Yeah. That that's what you can't have. So one one problem with the poker boom is a certain percentage of all these new players became good. And there's a lot more good players now in poker than there were 15 years ago. Well, so, everyone's got a hard as well. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the, so with all these good players that are there or even ones that are potentially there that could come back if, if a lot more fish come back, then you need a lot more fish to support them. It's, it's like, it's like dropping a lot more predators in, into any environment, and then there needs to be more prey, or someone's going to starve. So yeah, that's that's kind of the way the poker world is now. And unfortunately, more predators were created just from the sheer the sheer number of additional players that would not have found poker had there not been that boom. Some 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 of today's very good players only found it because of the boom in some way, and then they rose up to get better because they just had the potential to do so, where otherwise they would have never even thought of playing. Like like. For example, I would not have thought of playing at all. I, I came before the boom. I started playing in the beginning of 01. But I only started playing because uh, my brother and, and a mutual friend that both me and my brother had uh, started playing. So they played first, and then I decided to play for that reason. So that's that's why I got into it. Otherwise, I'm, yeah. I, I would not have been playing then. And then if there was no boom. Now, had I not entered then, then I, pro- I I may have been exposed to it from the poker boom. At least I would have been aware of it. But, you know, had the poker boom not happened and had I not personally known people who were playing before it, then I, I would have never been in poker. So, you know, people find it in, in various ways. There's a, there's a lot of people out there that have never played a hand of poker that if they were to play and were to put the effort in could be excellent. It's, it's not like every great poker player in, in, in the world is uh, is someone that... It's not like we've, we've already discovered every great poker player in the world, and then anybody who's not playing now probably sucks. That's not true. There's a lot of people who just haven't played that could be very good at it if they if they were to play, if they were to put the effort in. They wouldn't be they wouldn't be great on their first session, obviously, but they there are people who have the potential to be really good at it and yeah. they just haven't found it yet or haven't... Or haven't I mean, when I say they haven't found it, I mean they haven't really made an attempt to play or they played once or twice and didn't really bother to uh, research the correct strategy. Like, for example, there's there's some very smart people who only play once in a while in poker, and maybe they they don't have much time to put into learning how to play skillfully. And 
they 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 suck and they it's it's easy to think of these people as stupid or, or inept but the truth is they just haven't really learned the game and just want to play recreationally and don't want to put the effort into learning the time and effort into, into learning how to play much better but these are people if if all they were doing was playing poker or if they put serious effort into focusing on it, some of these same fish could actually become very good players. So it's a little different than something like uh, athletics where if you have the natural ability, then that's very clear right from the beginning. Yeah. So. Well, maybe they legalize it soon. It's, um, I mean, it's stupid that <laughs> I can't believe that that happened. Actually, Black Friday. I was glad that I, I was away when that happened. That would have been something to wake up to. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the frustrating thing. Since, <laughs> All your money gone. <laughs> yeah, the frustrating thing since then is that uh, it's been so slow with the legalization process. I understood why Black Friday happened. These 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 sites were running illegally. It turns out two of the three that were busted actually had stolen all the money. So obviously, it wasn't incorrect to have busted them. <laughs> Uh, so yeah. uh, it wasn't so much that it happened. It was the fact that since it happened, w- why not just quickly legalize and regulate it as they have with uh, daily fantasy sports in many markets? They, For some reason with poker, it's just been so slow and painful. And in the meantime, people keep falling out of the game and losing interest while all this time's taking. So that, that's been very frustrating to me. And I just look at the potential to make money from poker back during the boom versus now and it's just it's just unbelievably different i i i sometimes look back and go oh i was so lucky back then to have that like i was so fortunate back then to just be able to sit down and just make so many thousands of dollars so quickly at all these good games i go that's it's to do the same thing today is so hard and, well, you're lucky you kept some of the money back yeah well that's uh i i did know this you know like i First of all, I'm just a cheap Jew to begin with. But second, at least I was at least I was older coming into it and had the maturity to to know that this may not last forever, and that uh, and that I can't just uh, approach it in, in a cavalier fashion and, and risk it all and to say, okay, well, I can just make it back someday. I gotta, you know, I gotta make sure to hold on to it. And and that when I did lose a lot of money in a short time playing at high limits, I would put the brakes on and say, whoa, 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 well, that's 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 reevaluate what's happening here. I don't want this to get any worse. And I, yeah, I'd shut down whatever was going on there. I'd either change something or stop playing as high or take a break or, yeah, I was, uh, I just wouldn't let it get very far if I was starting to, to lose badly. So, so yeah, fortunately I I held on to it. A lot of people didn't. That's the thing. And then look what's happened to them now. Yeah. It's, it's, you're you're lucky that you put it by. That's all I'm saying. That's, uh, Oh yeah, I saw so many people who were very good players that uh, they were broke and then kind of just gone from poker. And I've even, you know, I even hear from some of them or hear about some of them, and, and you know, they they just don't have much. Even ones that are still playing, they're like playing at much, much, much lower limits and still kind of like scrounging to just barely get by, or their parents are supporting them or whatever. Like they, it, it, and I think these are people who had millions of dollars at one point. Exactly. How? And, and I, don't, just, I don't get how you can do that. Yeah, they just let yeah, they just let it all go, and that's the. Uh, some people just don't have they they can't put the brakes on. They just they run it up fast, and then they if they're running down, they they can't just stop and say, okay, I just have to accept I've lost this, and I, I'm not going to try to chase to get it back or, or keep playing as high. I'm just going to 
slow down and be happy I've won this much. And yes, it sucks that I had more before, but uh, at least I still have this. At least I'm still up. At least I've still made a lot of money in this game. And, uh, you know, I'm going to step back a bit and uh, play games that are not going to destroy my bankroll if I continue running bad and try to run it back up and, uh, you know, get back that way. Instead, they just uh, play higher and higher until they're gone. So that's that's unfortunately what's happened to a lot of people who didn't have uh, very good money management skills or they, they shot off the money in a different way just from uh, losing in other, in other gambling or, or poor expenditures or whatever. So, yeah, it's, it's sad, but that's everybody, everybody's responsible for themselves. So yeah. That's uh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't imagine having that much money and just shooting it all off like that. That's no, just I, ridiculous. I, I, I but, couldn't you either. Know, I couldn't either. That's I, just me. I know. I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. I would just every day. I would just be super depressed about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I really would. Like, I, I would think the uh, you, you you can look at things in your life and say, okay, you know, uh, well, I'm still healthy. Well, you know, I, I still have my kid that I love very much. Yeah, you know, yeah. You can come up with things that are positive. That. Uh, even without money, are still positive, but it's still very hard. It's still, you know, thinking about yeah. how, how hard you have to you, work. I mean, money is essential. You know, I mean, you need money to to live. You need money to eat. You know, it's, and, and you also, need it to be secure. Yeah, and if, and if you have, if you had millions of dollars at one point, then you have to work some crappy job that pays very little. Exactly. To, and to, to, you know, to work all those hours is something you don't like doing, and then you think, I I used to win this in two days. What I took from it, it takes me a year to earn now, and 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 you know if I just held on, if I just didn't waste all this, I could just be sitting around and not doing anything, and just or, or be doing what I want and not working this crappy job. If I had just held on, like a, if I had just <laughs> that that that's what would kill me is that I would have to think about what I have to do you have to, to motivate yourself to do that every day as well. <laughs> yeah, motivate yourself and also think about. Uh, and I, I don't want to depress the people who are listening that 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 are in this situation. And there probably are some, but. I, I'm just saying this. This is what was really stopping me from chunking it all off at times when things weren't going as well. Is is the thought that if if I were to have to start it all over and or, or have no bankroll to continue playing and and then just uh, uh, have to earn this all again through, through working, this would be uh, very very disheartening to, to just know all the work I have to do to accumulate a fraction of the money I once had and threw away. And I, I don't, that, that, that's what would be on my mind when I would be losing. And that's, uh, that, that's what stopped me from ever having that occur. But, uh, you know, everybody's different. So yeah, I, I see you. Yeah, some people don't care. Some people are just short term, just, you know, for the thrill. Yeah, yeah. Some people just don't care about money at all, and just they, they don't care if they're broke. They just want the the action or the excitement. But I, I yeah, exactly. But I, I see the money is like something that you can utilize to 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 buy things that that make you happy or that uh, make your you life need like, <laughs> you need or make your life better. And to not have that, to not have money is just so stressful too. It just really is. So yeah. That's if you had it. If you never had it, and you're struggling, you know, the whole time to make money, and you never, you just can't seem to accumulate it. That's one thing. But if you had so much at one point and threw it all away, that's where it's really bad. Yeah, that's gonna it's, kick in the balls. That is. You know what I thought? You know, what I thought by the way, 
uh, I, I've had this thought before. Okay, let's Go say on. let's say you get a great start in poker and you, you win, just, you run up three million dollars very quickly. Okay, yeah, and you, you don't chunk it off, uh, but then you stop winning, and every year you're playing, you're losing about like fifty k. Okay, yeah, um, and. And then let's say you're spending 50k each year too. So every year you're you're going down about 100,000. You're losing 50,000 playing, and you're spending about 50,000. So you're, each year you're going down about 100,000. Uh, yeah. 20 years later, you you have a million dollars in savings. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's a long time, 20 years, and you still have a million dollars. Okay. So, so if you look at the, now somebody else who is uh, playing, they're like a grinder. And every year they're reliably winning uh, one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and let's say they're spending the same fifty. Um, and uh, ten years into it, they've saved a million dollars. Okay, right. They, 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 both these people have a million dollars, but one of them is probably feeling like crap. That uh, yeah, that, because that, he's that, gone from three to one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the other one is feeling great, like everything, like everything's wonderful. Like I, I've, I've also thought about like a similar way, like someone who scores a big tournament, like once for for a whole lot, and then doesn't win for the next like several years, and someone who's just kind of grinding and, and winning a certain like flat amount, much less than that each year. Even if you after a ten year period, they've made the same. The guy who's been grinding yeah. on the way up feels way better than the guy who won the big thing and and. Uh, and then it's kind of like slowly been going down, even if he hasn't shot it all off. Like it's just a, it's just the the mo- the feeling of momentum of what feels. Uh, if you, well, he's achieved that. He hasn't lost it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. You're not. You're not. It, it's a matter of of going up versus going down. And I remember when I was on the cross country team in high school, it was a similar feeling. Like I one time was in a race that I started out in front and I was in first place, and I felt so good. I was in first place. There was no one behind me. I just pictured myself you know, running across the finish line. I'm at first. Everybody's cheering. I finished like one of the last few spots on that one. Why? Because once, pe- once people passed me, it was so demoralizing. Like, oh, crap, one guy just passed me. Okay, that's okay. Ten seconds not going to be bad. Another person passes me. Another person passes me. Like, I'm not passing anyone. They're all passing me. And it was just so deflating that uh, it actually like sapped my energy and I, and I finished near last. I had another. Yeah. I had another race not too long from then, where as soon as we start, I fell and and banged my knee on the ground and my knee was bleeding, so and, and my my hands were hurting. I slammed on the ground, so I get up, I shake myself off. I'm I'm kind of stinging from from the and I, my my knee was bleeding, but I said okay, well, and I said look, and everybody's way in the distance because they're all they were all running and I was just still getting up, so I got up, and then I started running. And I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if I can catch anybody. I wonder if I can avoid finishing last here. So I, I got closer and closer to like the slowest guy who's like in the back. Then I catch up to him and I pass him. Like there's some like fat guy who's on the team just he's trying to lose weight or something, but that never gonna be competitive. So, <laughs> so I pass the fat guy there. I go, okay, I pass the fat guy, but but uh, you know, of, of course I'm gonna beat him. But then I catch up to the second to last person. And I'm thinking, oh wow! I fell at the beginning, and I and I got all cut up, and and yet still, I've I've just passed two people. I've, they got a way head start on me. Then I pass another person. I pass another, and every time I'm feeling better and better that I'm passing another person, another person, another person, and no one's passing me. I finished fifth in that one, 
when it was all over, I finished fifth out of like a lot of people. And I compared the two. They were only a few weeks apart. And I said, that's so weird that I did so much better on the where I fall at the beginning and hurt myself and then have to get up and catch everybody than the one where I start off in first. And it's because one of them, everyone's passing me and I fall my, feel myself kind of sinking and falling. And the other one, I'm feeling the, the excitement of moving up and, and passing people. So that's, uh, I've noticed similar feelings in poker that when when you're starting to win, even if you were coming from a bad place, it feels good. And if you're, and if you're starting to lose and you, and you were coming from a good place, it feels worse. So, yeah. Well, that's one of them things. I think you've learned to deal with that. Other people haven't, but you know, that's their problem. Like you say, Yep. I, I don't, I, and you know what? I don't ever feel bad for my opponents. I, sometimes I almost do. And then I think, oh, no. then, and then I think, you know what? No one feels bad for me when I lose, when I'm on a big losing streak, no one ever feels bad for me. Like, Oh, this guy is losing. They, they, they're just happy. They're winning my money. So I go, you know what? I, you, you can't feel bad for any opponents in poker. You just gotta, you just gotta play. You know, there's going to have periods where you have good luck and, and the, your opponent gets screwed. And there's periods where you're going to have, you're going to have the bad luck and your opponent has the good luck and you're getting screwed. So you just got to, be, just be happy. You got to enjoy your wins. You're, you're, if you're having good luck, it's not going to last. There's going to be a point where it turns around. So you got to enjoy the the good times that they last. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you for calling in. I'm going to shut down the show, and uh, we'll be on in two weeks. And uh, good to hear from you again. It's been a while since we talked. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah, like I say, I've settled down now, so I'll probably start posting more. That's good. Yeah, I wondered where you were. <laughs> I noticed you came back. Yeah, no, it's just been, I've been traveling, moving, just, you know, getting things sorted. And yeah, I've just now done it. So settled down now. So yeah, should be more active now. Okay. Well, very good. Thank you for calling in and uh, glad to see you back on the site. No problem. Chat right. to you soon, right. man. Bye. That was a Cupid stunt. <laughs> By the way, I want a preliminary, I want to make a preliminary announcement of a possible radio show on this site, a one-time show that does not involve me. I may be on it. I may appear as a guest, but it will not be my show. Brandon and a Norwegian user on Poker Fraud Alert who goes by Adam Antium are planning to host a show together, like a one-time long, long show. Like It may be like a 24-hour show or something. Some crazy like that. Something crazy like that. It'll be from Poker Fraud Alert. It'll be. It's planned for December. I don't know what date in December, but uh, they were uh, pitching that to me. I said it sounds like a good idea. So if you miss hearing Brandon on here and you want to hear something a bit different and you like these super long shows, they, they're going to have some super marathon show. Should be coming sometime in December, and I'll probably be part of it but uh, as a guest, not as a host. So I'll give you more information as that comes. Let me take a look at the chat room and the text messages, and then uh, we'll shut this down. Um, After 10 years, this is from uh, 773, after 10 years, the drop-down menu, which I'm told is Flash, just stopped working on my website. Is that possible? Um, 
it could be that the browsers have changed and uh, don't support Flash anymore. So you might want to look into that. Yeah, Flash is uh, quickly becoming obsolete. And uh, Calwatt will be very happy to hear me say that. He's, he's very anti-Flash. Let me see if we... That was That was a text message. Let's see if we have anything in the chat room. No, the chat room was pretty dead tonight. Indy Rick asked, is this the Dodgers lose and Druff is on life tilt show? No. I uh, I think I handled it pretty well. Disposition said in chat, if stars were to come back, another surge of all ages could come about. He's talking about poker, of course. Uh Easy banking transfer and advertising, you would be off. So he's trying to say that if poker stars could come back to the U.S. and it was easy to load money on there, and if they advertised a lot, then there could be another poker boom. I agree with that. But uh, even depositing on the legalized sites is kind of tough. There's a lot of credit card companies that just don't want to do it. They they know it's legal, but they just don't want to do it. They don't want the hassle. Well, thank you for listening to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff and Friends show. I did that on purpose. We'll be back on November 15th, 2017. And hopefully we'll start earlier. We got Calwatt anyway, so that's good. It's good he's on a late schedule. He's kind of... I think his life is starting to conform to this show. He used to go to sleep and fall asleep, and... Now he stays up so late with me. It's like I don't have to feel guilty anymore about starting the show so late, because Calwatt, he's here anyway. I'm a bad influence on him. But I can blame the dogs. It's more of the dogs causing this, honestly. I think I have to wish for more dogs in his life Then I can start the show really late And he'll still be here Because that's a downside to starting the show After 9 o'clock pacific time That There's no Calwatt But tonight there is a Calwatt Just like last week We just kind of pick him up Late, in the, late into the night But we'll, we'll try to get back early We'll try to start again at uh, Close at 8 o'clock pacific time That'll be on November 15th Hopefully we'll have our uh, Jow Poker-related guest who can expose some things. I'm looking forward to that if it happens. Always check the Poker Fraud Alert Twitter for those type of announcements. That's twitter.com slash pokerfraudalert. Also, you can follow me on my personal Twitter, which is twitter.com slash toddwittelis. W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S. There's no H. It's not Whittles. It's not W-H-I-T-T anything. It's There's no H anywhere in my name. Todd Wittelis, W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S. There's no spaces, no underscores, just twitter.com slash Todd Wittelis. You can always text me, by the way, in the next two weeks. I will respond to you, 775-372-8355. Any time of the day or night, I'm fine. I will not get mad at you for texting me at a funny time. That is my promise to you. 
And that is it. That is all for tonight. And thank you to sponsor Eric Benzamokin, our attorney who helps out in mediation and arbitration disputes. Good night. See you in two weeks. And shalom.